This podcast replay is brought to you by Cutter's Edge Total Landscape Solutions. With decades of experience here in South Florida, Cutter'sEdge.com provides fantastic results. Call 954-472-0622. Oh, yes. Good morning, boys and girls. Hope you all are, are feeling well. Hope uh, you took the canes plus two and a half and you took the money line like we said yesterday and feeling good. And then you win and then move it over to a little Bitcoin is what you do. You know, that's kind of what you do. You get your winnings from it and you say, ah, you know what? Bitcoin went on a little dip here. I'm just going to buy that dip and and put it in there. So thank you, Keynes, for getting me some more Bitcoin last night on a, on a double deucage. Yes, I love it. That was a steal last night. That was an absolute steal. God. That was like the easiest. I know it got tight towards the end, and uh, I like the Omer kid. He's he's fun to watch, dude. Uh, I will say that. So, uh, but hey, Canes uh, basketball. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. I saw that yesterday in the morning. I said I'm, I'm jumping on it right now before uh, Vegas wakes up and and says, yeah, no, that's uh, that's not right or something. So uh, good stuff there, man. Enjoyed that. So good job by the uh, Canes. Getting the, the number 13 team in the country, uh, getting the victory. Now, I am, uh, I'm not frozen on the live, but I'm frozen on the recording. Is that what's going on? Like, uh, that's kind of weird. I'm not sure. It's uh, okay. Uh, it looks like it's getting a little unfrozen on there. Is, it, is that just my computer or is it on you? Is it freezing on you too? There, uh, the, the live portion of it because. I'm like, I, I usually watch it, but, you know, it's kind of weird there. Yeah, no, you're coming in real greeny on the live feed, so I don't know right. what, uh, where. Right. By the way, it says Crypto Bro Show underneath. <laughs> I got to change that. What happened? Because, <laughs> yeah, see, it says Big O Show, and then under it oh, says you Crypto put Bro in that, Show. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. Because I did that from yesterday yeah. when I was. <laughs> got you. <laughs> so. I guess I got to uh, change that, uh, but okay, all right. But it's funny because on the live, you're coming out crystal clear, and then I'm hazy and frozen. How weird is that, dude? Okay. Now, that same thing for you, right? On the live, you're fine, and on the two-shot, and then on mine, I'm frozen. Yeah, I have you frozen. That's why I'm trying to check the live right now. Yeah, that is weird, dude. It's absolutely weird. Can you guys at least hear us? Yeah, uh, you, you, your audio is fantastic. It's just the okay. video. Okay. Your audio yeah. has been fine. Yeah, you're a little frozen, too. You're moving slowly on the live, live on YouTube. I mean, I normally move slowly because I'm already in my 50s. But, yeah, I mean, but that's yeah, just, yeah. that has nothing to do with it. I mean, that's yeah. just, you know, normal getting old. By the way, it's really cool. To see when you go to download on our shows there, you'll see Square Circle Digest logos. You'll see the Big O Show logo. And then you'll see the Crypto Bro Show logo, giving you guys a variety of things to listen to, whether it's general sports talk and dolphins, canes, dolphin heat, whatever, and uh, national stuff. And then you've got, obviously, yesterday the wrestling show was going on. I was watching uh, Sean yesterday. And um, and then uh, and then the Crypto Bro Show, which, again, thank you very much. Downloads, uh, audio downloads have been very, very good. We got to pick up on the video side. 
but you know, that's, it is what it is. Hopefully this video thing will, uh, will clear up or something. I don't know. Uh, why don't we do this, Sean, give me 30 seconds and let me see if I can, uh, reset and maybe it comes back better. So let's do that. Go ahead, play. Give me 30 seconds here real quick and let me see what I can do. Okay. Welton Rayom has more than 62 years of litigation experience handling insurance disputes. They're committed to resolving even the toughest insurance claims quickly. Call them for a free consultation. 954-966-4646. At Welton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. Property damage claims to your home, business, or condo as a result of a hurricane. Welton Rayom can help. Water, mold, fire, smoke damage, Welton Rayom can help. Call 954-966-4646. If you're a Miami sports fan, then there's only one store to go to. And that's Caneswear at Miami Fanware in Davie. They're your one-stop shop for all your inner Miami CF, Canes, Dolphins, Panthers, and Marlins merchandise. They have hats, t-shirts, game day jerseys, and so much more. Located at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. And open 24-7 online at caneswear.com or innermiamiware.com. Call them at 954-835-5597. Caneswear, the spot where inner Miami and all Miami sports fans shop. When it comes to South Florida sports teams, very few in the media have witnessed, lived, and covered it like the Big O. Let's start the program dedicated to your favorite South Florida teams with a passion that's unmatched. The Big O Radio Show is on. Here's the Big O. Uh, let's see. Okay. Well, so far, I mean, well, that's live. I'm looking at the live. I got to see the, the YouTube one. No, still kind of freezing. You know what I'm going to have to do? Uh, when we uh, toss it over to the guys, I'll restart or something. Uh, my computer or something. I don't know. Uh, but it's kind of funky what's going on there. But, yeah, a little a little, uh, little freezing going on. I don't know what it is. Uh, Control-Alt-Delete to soft reboot, says Brett. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to restart the, the whole feed. But what we'll do is uh, we'll get the guys on now. You guys can hear me audio-wise, and hopefully it'll clear up for a couple of minutes. And then we'll get the guys on. I'm not going to restart now, restart during the hour that they're on, because uh, that'll take a couple minutes. That'll take up the rest of this uh, segment that's left if I do it now. What do you got? No, no, I was going to say I think that'll work if you reboot, because you're coming in better yeah, it's now, better, but it's but, still freezing now. You're not as grainy, but now it's still freezing a little bit here and there. So this might right. be a little bit. No, I'm with you. I see, I see it. I see it. I have I have the live shot here. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of times when I'm talking to somebody, I might be looking this way. I'm really looking at them, but it's kind of there's the camera. Mm-hmm. There's my live and here's my recorded. That's kind of the way it is. So that, you know, when I'm looking up like that, I look directly at you guys right into the camera. When I go this way, I'm looking at the live feed. Sometimes I'm looking that way when when I'm when I'm you know talking to somebody because that's the live feed right there. But then I've got my iPad right in front of me because that's where I have the chat board up and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and so just to see how it's going on over the internet, you know, and, and then I can tell it's a little bit uh, frozen. But we'll restart it now. We'll get uh, Ira and Kurt on. And we'll have a little fun, and uh, and we'll get it uh, we'll get it corrected like always. I'm not worried about it. Jay Gelfin is in the house. He says, "Good morning, Orlando Shot and Chat Crew. Looking forward to Ira and Kurt talking basketball." By the way, 
How about them Canes? Yeah, I was just talking about it. I, I loved it because they, they won me some money yesterday. <laughs> so, you know, I, I to, they were, to me, they were the easiest two bets of the night. Take the Canes plus two and a half. Take the Canes plus 120 on the money line. You, you want to give me that? They're better than Virginia Tech? Let's go. So uh, I was uh, specifically interested in that game yesterday uh, because I ended up putting a, a little interest in that game. So I, I, I love it. George says he loves the heat cap. Uh, got tickets to Depeche Mode at the arena on October. Nice. Very nice. I've seen Depeche Mode a uh, hundred times. I may, go, I may go to that concert. What I'm going to do is wait to see the uh, set list. I want to see what set list they're playing. I want to see how many uh, classic songs. The last time they came to town, they played only eight classic songs out of their, I think it was like a 15, 16, 17 song set. And so I, I chose not to go to the last Apeche Mode concert because there wasn't enough classics. And, um, you know, some sometimes with bands uh, listen maybe you've never seen Depeche Mode so you you know obviously you should go like one of my buddies had never seen Depeche Mode and he went had a good time uh but when you've seen them you know I don't know 10 12 times and and you've seen them in their heyday and you've seen them sing all their hits what sometimes it's like watching well Bon Jovi can't even sing anymore Right. But it's it sucks to go see Bon Jovi anyway. The last time I went to see him, which was about he could still sing. It was somewhere like around eight, nine years ago. And he he must have played like a 20 song set, 22 song set. And he must have played six classics. And I'm like, yo, dude, your new album suck. And some of these artists got to understand, I get it. You're making new music, but bro, there's a reason why they're not on the billboard charts and they're not hits and they're at platinum and multi-platinum and all that. Cause they're not hits. So stop playing the music from those, you know, go back to what made you. That's why the people walking into that arena or a stadium might be their first time and they want to hear some classics and you don't play them, you know? So that, that person like me that has seen them a whole bunch of times, I can kind of take that approach. If you've never seen them, obviously, then, you know, and you love the band, whatever it is, then you go check them out. But I'm going to wait to see once Depeche starts the tour to see how many classics they're playing before I shell out any money to, to go see Depeche. All right. Well, we got Morning Big O. Easy money yesterday going with the Canes. Uh, yeah, man, that was so stupid. I don't know what Can I don't know what what Vegas was thinking, giving the Canes two and a half and making Virginia the favorite just because they're decent at home. Miami was way better, and uh, I knew that that was that was those were two easy bets last night we won, and so if you went with us, there you go, there you go, a little more in the dip on Bitcoin. I like it. The Dow went down like seven hundred points. Liquidity is very important in every market, including crypto. If there isn't any liquidity, you're not going to have any kind of run. All right, let's uh, get to a little hardcore basketball talk. Little Miami Heat and NBA with the boys. Let's bring aboard Ira and Kurt. They are ready to go. Good morning, boys. How are you doing? Good. Uh, just recovering Good. from the buyout deadline. So uh, Kurt and I will discuss that. The league pretty much looks like what it'll look like the rest of the season. And uh, like Eric Spolster said, the sprint to the finish is about to begin. Do what, One of the things that pisses me off now about the NBA season more than ever 
you know, I've always said that the NBA season isn't necessarily that important like the NFL and all that. And now with players missing so much and and load management and all that crap, you know, what's also harder for all of us to do is to get a really good feel for what a team is. And and it's, yeah. it's almost like we're going to get surprised when we get to the playoffs that there might be a team that looked decent in the regular season and they're not going to look good in the in the in the postseason and then there's going to be a, a team or two that is going to look average to mediocre throughout the regular season and all of a sudden you know they they put all the ingredients together and they're going to look better in the in the postseason this is also now making it harder to assess what the hell you're watching with all these players missing I think that's true of some teams and not of others I, I think we know who the Bucks are who the Celtics are uh, Den- Denver to a degree are maybe even our Miami Heat. I think it's the team's heavy on load management. And I'll talk to Kurt about this during our redrecover.com inside the paint show, a team like the Clippers. When Paul George and Kawhi Leonard show up every game, what are they really? Do they have this point guard deficit? Yeah. Are they more set for who they are? So I think there are some teams that are sort of sandbagging, maybe not intentionally, maybe because ah, of load management. Paul George show up in the playoffs. You know well, what? He's got Russell Westbrook. Now. I had, he doesn't I, I need had to. to take a shot. I'm sorry. I had to take a <laughs> shot. You know what? I, I think all these guys, there's no load management in the playoffs. Guys will show up. Now, if you're the Heat and you get up 3-0 on the Hawks, like last season, and you feel you can rest a Kyle Lowry or someone, you might do that. But that's when it, it becomes for real. What I liked about this weekend is load management became a talking point. Adam Silver couldn't talk his way out of it. The players didn't, didn't give a crap about the All-Star game. I think there almost has to be a summit of NBA players do you care about the look of our sport? Or else you're right, Big O. Next season, you might just say, hey, NBA season starts April 10th. Let's get to yeah. it. Because they are devaluing so much of their product that it's hard to take it serious. I think the All-Star game is just the later ex- latest example of that. Don't you take pride in what you it's do? A slap in the face of every season ticket holder in the NBA. Every You are, you are just flat out, excuse my French, you're just shitting on the people paying for the tickets, bro. And yet television rights going through the roof. People want to pay for the regular season, so you still have that. You know, to me, it's the equivalent of this. Big O, you do some shows on holidays. You know you're not going to have as many viewers live, but you still take pride in what you do because it's what you do. Kurt and I are the right. same way. We might write weekend stories. Our bosses will say, ah, there's no traffic on the weekend. The clicks are down. But you have a pride in what you do. And if there's breaking news, you go ahead and do it. With NBA players, it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter to the playoffs. That has never become more apparent than this season. Yeah, it's uh, pretty sad. All right, let's get ready for a hardcore hour of Miami Heat and NBA talk. It is the redrecover.com where you can get 30% off. We don't know how long it's going to last. Go to redrecover.com. Check out Red Light Therapy. It can help you out in so many different ways with pains, with uh, new surgeries, scars, all kinds of things, wrinkles, you name it. Red Light Therapy has been proven to work in many ways. Go to redrecover.com, save 30%. Let's get to a little hardcore basketball talk right now. This podcast replay is brought to you by redrecover.com. From NFL stars like Hayden Hurst to daily warriors like yourself. Their wraps and pads are designed to deliver maximum benefits with each treatment anywhere you go. And welcome back into our All-Star Break edition of RedRecover.com Inside the Paint. I'm Ira Winderman from the South Florida Sun Sentinel here in Fort Lauderdale. He's Kurt Heelan from Pro Basketball Talk, NBCSports.com. 
out in the Los Angeles area. Kurt, we get to take an exhale this week. No games. Don't have to worry about what happened last yeah. night. Not wondering what happens tonight. But but get a reset on the league. And we're going to get into All-Star Game maybe a little bit later. Again, it's All-Star Game. I want to get to the news of the day. But I want to start with the buyout market and impacts on teams. And it's really interesting. This is the classic example about how one team's junk could be perceived as another team's treasure, usually out of desperation, out of who a player used to be on the buyout market, and sort of what they think that the player might resurrect his career or not. So I want to start at home here with the Miami Heat and what they did. They traded Dwayne Dedman to open two roster spots. They filled one with Kevin Love. Everyone knows who Kevin Love is. Everyone knows the champion. What he's done was pushing Tyler Hero last season for the NBA Sixth Man Award. And then out of nowhere, you've seen him a little bit more. He played in Portland last season, Cody Zeller, for another big man to at least get another big body in there. I'm not going to rate and go through that. I know, Kurt, you do that more pro basketball talk. But just to talk about what the Heat added. When you look from afar and you say, okay, the Miami Heat are in seventh place in the East, half a game out of a regular playoff spot, competitive all the way up to the number five seed with New York and with Brooklyn. When you saw the Heat's moves, what was your reaction, Kurt Heelan? Um, Cody's a nice addition. He's fine. But I thought Kevin Love was probably the best addition of any team at the All-Star break. I mean, at the at the buyout market. Just because he can still play a little. He's he's taken a step back from even where he was last year. Like you said, he, was, he finished second in six-man of the year voting, if I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, a distant second, but a second. Um but he's still got a lot to contribute. He just had fallen out of the rotation with all the young guys and bodies they had in, in Cleveland. I think in a limited role here, look, he doesn't bring PJ Tucker's defense, but he brings shooting floor spacing. Good. Still a very good passer, still a very good rebounder slat and outlet passer. Like I just think his veteran presence, I just think culturally he fits too. He's just going to walk in the locker room, and be able to play. And I, I, I think, like I said, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. A lot of these teams pick up guys thinking, Oh, you know, if we can just get him to play like his old self a little, or if we can fit player into this box that he doesn't really fit into anymore, but love, love can still play. He's still looking for, he just wants minutes. He wants a role and Miami can give it to him. So I think it's a great pickup. Yeah. After the trades were done and we saw who fits, who doesn't fit in, who might be an expiring contract. The original name I went out and looked at, and I said, Dario Saric would be the perfect heat buyout market guy if they could get him. Big body, outside shooter, yeah. stretch four, maybe play with Bam, maybe replace Bam. The Thunder actually are good, and they're going to keep Dario, and they're going to make their playoff or at least play and push, and they certainly yeah. are right there. He didn't shake free. So I guess for a plan B, outside stretch four, maybe backup center, I could see how it makes sense. I certainly can see the heat uh, hiding Kevin Love in their zone defense. They play more zone yeah. defense than really, I think, any by the end of the season. Than any, statistically than anybody, yeah. It's pretty, yeah. It's so, actually so by pretty the end of the season, out. he might fit in there. I mean, they certainly already try to hide the likes of Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, and some others, and have found a degree of success with that. So I can see that also. The problem is he had the thumb injury early in the season. His three-point shooting went down. So is he healed and he's back to the three-point shooter? Or is it just another guy who keeps this Miami Heat three-point shooting percentage way down this season? So we'll get a read on that. Can understand that. Cody Zeller sort of caught me by surprise. So I called a friend who's a scout in another team, and they said, look, we had him in for a workout. He looked good. 
He's NBA ready to go right now. He's in condition. He's kept himself in shape. He's sort of the big body you guys didn't have behind Bam Adebayo when Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade, I wish, when Dwayne Dedman was out <laughs> with his foot injury and then his play that fell off. But I got to ask you, Kurt, because I know you put together a list of buyout guys. You ranked them. You said who's available. We mentioned guys who weren't in the league this year could still be signed. Honestly, Kurt, was there anything at Pro Basketball Talk at NBCSports.com that had you put Cody Zeller on your list of available possible buyout market guys? No, I, I didn't expect it at all. That, you're right. I think it was a surprise to a lot of people. But I also think, like you said, for the role he's being asked to play, if he's in shape and focused, he's perfectly fine. Like he's not going to be asked. Bam's the center, right? You're asking for during the regular season, some rest minutes. And then possibly when you get to the playoffs and you run into a Joel Embiid or Brooke Lopez, where you're going to want a true big body out there for stretches, you can be that guy. Like I actually think the fit's pretty good, and I, but no, he wasn't on any list. I didn't see this one coming. Yeah, I'm surprised by it. I'm going to fill people in here a little bit. The Heat and Andy Ellisberg, who's as sharp as this as anyone. By the way, if you want to, you can chime in on our chat board, our YouTube chat board. So give us your thoughts on what you think about the buyouts, maybe the direction you thought the Heat could have gone. I'll read some of the comments in a little while. So we'll get to that also. The Heat still have the ability to crack, carve out one more roster spot under the luxury tax. Andy Ellisberg, who's a whiz at this kind of stuff, the Heat's general manager, decided he would pay Kevin Love out of his biannual exception, gave him $3.1 million. The reason for that was the biannual exception can only be used when you're below the, the um, luxury tax threshold, the hard cap threshold, the apron. The Heat will not be that in the offseason once Tyler Hero's extension kicks in, is added to Bam Adebayo's deal, is added to Kyle Lowry's deal, is added to Duncan Robinson's deal. So because of that, they couldn't use their biannual. They could use it once every other year, as the name signifies. So they put it on that. What they did is they set, they saved the remainder of their mid-level exception. They gave a portion of it to Caleb Martin. They still have about a $4 million chunk left. That can be offered for up to four years. Most often, it's offered for three years. What the Heat can do with that now is cut a player on the current roster, bring in another player. If it's a veteran, assign him to the money, whatever he wants. If it's a prospect, they can craft a three-year contract not fully guaranteed and have the player in their program. That's what they did last season with Hayward Highsmith, is they gave him that three-year deal, which has annual guarantee dates. So there's a bunch of directions that he can still go with this. The Heat, at the end of the year, should they craft the roster space, which they would need for that extra exception money, can take the two-way contracts of Orlando Robinson and Jamal Cain, convert them to a standard deal, make those players playoff eligible, and lock in those players in their program like they did with Hayward Highsmith for one or two more additional years and sort of have them there with the players saying, you know what, if I can get $5 million guaranteed, it's more than I had in a two-way, I can do that. They can also find an outside player who's excelling in the G League. That's what they did four years ago with Kendrick Nunn when they waived Rodney Magruder two days before the end of the season, and on the last day of the season, they brought in Kendrick Nunn for that kind of contract. That's an option. The other option is this. They could simply give Cody Zeller a tryout. And after they have him on the roster for a month, go, yep, we don't need him. Or he's not what we thought. Can cut him and bring in another player as long as he was waived by a team by March 1st and make, make that player playoff eligible. 
So the other part of this equation is, well, Ira, you said we have a full 15. We don't have a roster spot. Obviously, you can cut Udonis Haslam, but that's not going to happen because he's heat person for life. couple of things. One, if Cody Zeller doesn't work out, roster spot still can offer the contract. Two, it seems to me that Cody Zeller is going to be competing for time with Omar Yurtsevin, who hasn't played this season, is coming off a November ankle surgery. If Cody Zeller beats out Omar Yurtsevin, and Omar Yurtsevin is not what people thought, they can always cut Omar Yurtsevin and bring in Orlando Robinson on a longer-term deal and have a backup center available. Omar Yurtsevin is going to be a free agent. Or honestly, they could cut Haywood Highsmith, who's been getting minutes because he's been an undersized big man, that he could wind up cutting Haywood Highsmith and do that also. So the Heat aren't done. The only rule is this. If you were on an NBA roster this season, you must have been waived by March 1st to be playoff eligible. If you're not on an NBA roster this season or, or have already been cut, right. player like DeMarcus Cousin, player like Dwight Howard coming back from overseas, player like Cody Zeller was who wasn't on a roster, you can get signed anytime to the last day of the season and become playoff eligible. So basically the Heat not only set themselves up with their maximum of two additions, they left open the spot for another one. Which brings me to this. There's always questions about whether your team acted in haste or not. There's some consternation right now. The Sixers went out. They signed Dwayne Dedman after he was cut by the Sixers. Yesterday, Chicago cut Tony Bradley, a nice prospect for a big man who might have been a better fit long-term for Philly. Philly fans are, why are you rushing to Dwayne Dedman? Yesterday, the Washington Wizards agreed with a Will Barton buyout, and he's available. He's a name I like for the Heat. I think that he bench scoring yes. last in offense in the league by points per game, fourth worst by offensive rating, might use another player. A player like that becomes available. So I'm going to put you on the spot, Kurt Healing, because you do all your lists and everyone should go to Pro Basketball Talk. Is there anyone still out there on the buyout market besides a Will Barton who you see out there? Because they no. move quick. I mean, RJ Hampton yeah. got cut yesterday by Orlando, signed today by Detroit. The teams know who they are. Do you think we've pretty much settled down except for Will Barton on the buyout market and sort of, okay, trading deadline February 9th, buyout deadline seems to be done by about February 22nd. Do you think mostly the buyout market has settled? Do you think Utah might set another player or two free? Or do you think teams have sort of indicated we got who we have, we want right now, the Patrick Beverly move, the Russell Westbrook yeah. move that was settled in? So to give me your state of the buyout market, from a heat perspective and league-wide perspective. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get anybody on the buyout market left who is of outside of Will Barton who can actually help you. I think that there's there's always some end-of-the-roster juggling, kind of like you talked about, like, hey, this guy hasn't really worked out for us. If we wave him, cut him, we can bring in another prospect. There's teams looking at that kind of 14th, 15th guy on the roster, a converted two-way guy they like. It's that kind of stuff. There's the Will Barton's the only guy left out there who I think could see mi serious minutes the rest. Of, well, I mean, uh, serious minutes with a decent team the rest of the season and potentially actually help a team in the playoffs. Everybody else, I think it's just into the bench. I don't think there's another name player out there now that the, like you said, the Beverly's and the Westbrooks are off the board. You know, I could see a team like a Detroit, maybe with a Corey Joseph, or just when they get worse and worse that a veteran might go, whoa, it's almost March 1st here. You know, get me out of here. We are going nowhere. You brought in R.J. Hampton. We're going younger. Give me a chance. Nerlens Noel is another guy who's been mentioned. Maybe, maybe one of your bigs gets hurt. Maybe Cody Zeller. Honestly, 
by March 1st, you know, we're still talking a week. They look at Cody Zeller and go, whoa, now I know why this guy wasn't in the league. And they do make another move. So there could be some ancillary moves. That's why I like how the Heat gave themselves flexibility under the tax. They could still make another move. Um, there's one more out there. I know at some point in your career, you're just riding the wave. And you might as well be in the location you want with the coach you want. There used to be a player in the NBA who at one point was a fantastic rookie, uh, MVP candidate, had some great seasons in another city, and now disappears. So I don't know if you're familiar with this name. I don't mean to put you on the spot, Kurt. Is Derrick Rose just going to fade into the sunset oh. in New York? And just, I know you were for a second, you were like, where the hell is he going? What am I going to have to think <laughs> of? Is Derrick Rose just going to fade into the sunset? I thought he was a possible buyout guy also. There was a little of that, but he has such a great relationship with Tibbs still, even though he's um, kind of out of the rotation, really not playing in New York much. Um, I don't know that he's, I don't know that he's looking to move on. I don't know that he's looking unless without a Patrick Beverly return home to Chicago kind of situation. And Beverly's just better than Rose right now. Um I don't know that he would leave that situation, but maybe, I mean, maybe if he thought there were minutes, if, if it seemed more like, like the heat or someone else said, Hey, come here and there's minutes and you know, on a team like my, the Knicks are headed to the postseason. If he could get minutes on a team that was out of the postseason, he'd consider it, but he's also fallen out of Tom Thibodeau's rotation, right, which is a sign coach. that, yeah. yeah like Tom Thibodeau loves him and he's not playing him, which, which kind of a sign. Yeah, no, and Vic goes in the chat on the chat board here and he says Rose already said he wants to mentor the young guys in New York. I gotta be honest. Yeah. That's what you say when you're not playing. That's yeah, how you exactly. try to sort of, you know, put put lipstick on, you know, the situation you're in right now, because you're not gonna get the chance. You might as well say you're gonna mentor, just like Udonis Haslam does, just like because you know you're not gonna get in the rotation. And it is interesting. Yeah. For anyone who thought that he'd actually had faith that UD could play and be a factor they would not have added all these big men. I mean, let's be candid. We love UD. He went to All-Star Weekend with his children because he wanted to celebrate yep. his final season. We know this is the end game, but this tells you all you need to know. Eric Spolstra can tell you all you want. I have all the confidence in the world to put UD in there. I know we can still get it done. Well, you don't go out and add a Cody Zeller then and add a Kevin Love and know that an Omar Yurtsevin is coming back if you actually saw that. So that really does become the placeholder roster spot. So I wanted to get you in this first segment. I got a feeling it'll bleed into the second. Some thoughts on some of the other buyout guys. There was a lot of interest down here from fandom about Russell Westbrook. I can tell you there was almost no interest from the front office here, Miami Heat, with Russell Westbrook. I know we've seen the reports he's been in contact with that often is agent-driven to set up a market to say almost the agent calling the Heat and saying, hey, let's talk about Russell Westbrook. And then it comes out on one of our great sources. Russell Westbrook has been in conversations with the – no, no, they made a phone call. Who even knows yeah. if Pat Riley picked it up? Probably not. Andy Ellisberg, maybe. Adam Simon, possibly. Eric Amsler, you don't know what level they spoke to yeah. because it's just getting it out there. I think the Clippers are good. I think the man situation of point guard has actually worked out okay because yeah. it gives them length and possibilities, and they played very well lately. So I want you, Kurt, to sort of crystallize this as we end our first segment. We'll talk about some of the other buyout guys after our redrecover.com first intermission here on Inside the Paint. Your honest interpretation of the Clippers going for Russell Westbrook based on what you've seen in Los Angeles with the Lakers, sort of give me your take 
How did you rate that acquisition, that move for the Clippers? Oh, there's two parts to this. First off, I sat in a pregame press conference, you know, around the trade deadline when we're talking about buyout market guys with Ty Lue's pregame ramble. And they're like, what are you looking for? He's like, well, what we really need is, and he starts going through, we really need a guy who can work a little off the ball, who's a good shooter, who's a good defender, because Kawhi and Paul George are going to theoretically have the ball the most, but we need a guy who can do some secondary playmaking and help with that and be a floor general. And then he went on to praise Russell Westbrook and kind of look at each other in the press room like, you know, he just described the anti-Russell Westbrook. I'm not sure. Um, But I will say this, the guys in the locker room wanted him. And it wasn't just Paul George. I used to play with him way all the way down the roster. Everybody wanted to bring him in. It's kind of a play. And I think Ty Lue has a soft spot for him uh, going back to their previous relationship. I just think there was a lot of pressure from that end and they need a spark. They do need something there. They talked about their people are talking about, well, here he can just fit in our system and do this. And I'm like, when right. does he fit in? When does he last <laughs> yeah. fit in anyway? Yeah. I, you, the Lakers did this. Other teams have done this where you're like, well, if Russ just conforms his game to this box, it'll be, no, it's not going to happen. I think it's, a, I, I think it's going to end poorly, but there, but I also think they were in a situation where they realize even with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard back and they're playing kind of well, they're not, they're certainly not Phoenix. They're not as talented, even though they haven't come play together. They're not Denver. They probably can't beat Memphis. And they're like, we got to do something. And so they rolled the dice. Started or off the bench for Russell Westbrook with the Clippers? I bet he's starting within, within a few games. And just, I want you to sort of put Heat Nation fan down here from your perspective. So to close out this opening segment on redrecover.com, Inside the Paint, is there any degree that Kurt Heelan, when he looks at the Heat roster, who they have at a point guard with Kyle Lowry struggling with that knee injury, yeah. with Gabe Vincent starting instead, with no true third-string point guard, is there any sense from what you've seen watching Russell Westbrook for two years with the Lakers that he's one that got away from the Heat? No. I just I, – I don't think it's – the upgrade is worth the challenges that come with it because it's not that much of an upgrade over what Kyle's even the limited Kyle is going to do. He Russ pushes the pace. He can still get to the rim and finish a little. He still, he, he racks up numbers, but guy is shooting. I mean, it's true shooting below percentages below 50%. Like he doesn't generate efficient points at all. He mucks up the spacing is everybody just begs him to shoot from the outside. And right. the, the best part is at Laker games, when he would stop and line up his feet for a three or even a kind of long two and the other teams letting him have it, there's like audible gasps in Staples Center where you're like, you hear the whole crowd going, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I don't see it being, like, it's just, he's not that much better than Kyle Lowry, if at all. And the challenges uh, are considerable. Fair enough. When we come back after our first break here in redrecover.com inside the paint, We'll round up the rest of the buyout market. We'll go through the Heat roster and what we expect sort of on the rise or on the fall for Heat players over the final 23 games of the season. We'll look at the Eastern Conference playoff race. We'll size up the Heat schedule ahead. we got a lot of work ahead of us, Kurt Heelan. That's after this break on redrecover.com, Inside the Paint. You're listening to the redrecover.com, Inside the Paint show with Ira Winderman and Kurt Heelan. RedRecover.com's wraps and pads are designed to deliver maximum benefits with each treatment anywhere you go. Use the code BIG O to get a 10% discount. 
There is no need to drive around South Florida wasting valuable time looking for a new or certified pre-owned Acura. Go to the number one volume sales dealership in the Southeast United States. Craig Zins Acura of Pembroke Pines. Purchase with pace and space in a dealership tailored to your needs. From home buying to providing that personal touch. Contact the 2020 Satisfaction Award winner Craig Zins Acura of Pembroke Pines. 888-776-5123. That's 888-776-5123. Or visit them at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. When you move, you need a reliable company led by passionate folks eager to assist its customers during a transitional process that needs to be smooth. Call Essential Moving Experts at 844-368-5750 for all your local and long-distance moving needs. You can rely on Essential Moving Experts. Mention the Big O Show and get $150 off. Family-owned and operated, they offer free 30-day storage, full-service moving, fully licensed, bonded, and insured. Moving was never so easy. EssentialMovingExperts.com Hey guys, this is Hayden Hurst, NFL tight end. I'm partnering today with Red Recover. We're going to run you guys through some drills. I started using Red Recover last year, my fourth year in the NFL. It just helps me on Mondays after games, get my recovery process started, get back into the fold of the week, and get ready for the following Sunday. If you want to recover like me, use Red Recover. Welcome back to the RedRecover.com Inside the Paint program with Ira Winderman and Kurt Heelan. Go to RedRecover.com to learn more about Red Light with videos, blog posts, and 40 years of medical research to treat pain, inflammation, and overall well-being. Use code BIGO to receive 10% off your order. Here's Ira Winderman and Kurt Heelan. And welcome back to RedRecover.com, Inside the Paint, our weekly 9 a.m. Eastern show. Uh, we talk about the Miami Heat and go around the league. I'm Ira Winderman from the South Florida Sun-Sentinel. He's Kurt Heelan from Pro Basketball Talk, NBCSports.com. If you missed our first segment, we spoke about the Kevin Love impact, the Cody Zeller impact, the NBA buyout market. You can find that anywhere. You can find the Big O Show podcast. Want to continue just a little bit. Buyout market, Kurt Heelan. We know Danny Green went to the Cavaliers. We know there have been some other subtle moves. Terrence Ross to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, R.J. Hampton yesterday, more of a developmental move, went to the Detroit Pistons. Do you see the buyout market in any way altering the NBA landscape? In other words, were there any moves that you saw and you said, ah, now that the Clippers have Bones Highland, it's a different world. Now that the Nuggets have Reggie Jackson, things are different. Uh, Danny Green, we haven't seen seemingly in two years going to the Cavs. Do you think anywhere where you were doing your power rankings at Pro Basketball Talk, you said, ah, because they got this guy, this moves this team up? I I think the only two moves that I thought were positives were Kevin Love to the Heat, which I think, like, again, we've talked fits a need, just fits a spot in the roster, that kind of a hole. Um, I do think with Lonzo Ball out for the season in Chicago, bringing in Patrick Beverly, bringing him home to Chicago where – He'll talk even more, I guess. <laughs> but I think that they're, I mean, they're going with Io, um, up, you know, a good defensive point guard up top, giving a lot of minutes to Cody Zeller. 
you could throw Patrick Beverly in that mix and and get a little more veteran professionalism. So maybe they can actually make the postseason. I mean, they're I think the 11 seed now. That's a, yeah, a struggling they're, team. They're sort of that that might be our NBA sort of lost in the sauce team this season. I mean, they were waiting yeah. for Lonzo Ball, waiting for Lonzo Ball. I know Heat fans were interested here because when they made the Patrick Beverly edition, there was some thought that Goran Dragic would shake free. And honestly, yeah. like I described, if you missed it, you can catch it on our podcast. If they would have used that extra roster spot, that might have been the perfect place for it. So I thought that sort of created an interest level there. I don't really see anything particular around the league. I think Danny Green shooting will help the Cavaliers. Yeah. Maybe in spot moments as a playoff savvy player who's living in the moment. So I could see that to a degree also. Otherwise, it, again, it is what it is. There's a reason these players are bought out. There's a yes. reason their team thought that it. they couldn't add something to it. So they move on. The Russell Westbrook is an outlier. That you simply do not have a $40 million-plus player shake free like that at this time of the season. You have to be really bad to get a buyout with that type of salary, which tells you you're more of what used to be a name than who's a player right now. And it really is interesting because a lot of these teams that got rid of these guys are now adding 10-day contracts, two-way contracts. They're realizing they would rather have a young player for the future rather than this salary that's sort of sitting there as salary cap ballast along the way. want to go to one other name. And again, sometimes people can confuse the buyout market with the 10-day market because they do overlap and interlink. But we know there was an unusual situation here. Because of the anti-Semitic comment made while he was on a video stream, and he has absolutely been atoning, the perfect word in this situation, for two years since. The Milwaukee Bucks and Myers Leonard, do you see this more as just stopgap? Because Giannis is out. He announced at the All-Star game he's going to deal with that wrist injury because Bobby Portis is still out. What was your thought, one, when you saw, hey, that used to be Myers Leonard, number one. What's your thought as far as the Bucks going for the 10-day here? Knowing the degree of heat, they will take also bringing a player back in that situation. The Miami Heat play in Milwaukee ESPN national game on Friday. When you saw Myers Leonard was back, what was your thought, Kurt Heelan? Yeah, I thought it was a stopgap. I think it was just that it's with with Brooke Lopez taking up most of the minutes. They do miss Bobby Portis. And so, yeah, Giannis can play some five. But like you said, he's out. So now you bring in for these 10 days for people. You get in for 10 calendar days and that's what three games give or take usually Um, the league rule is a minimum of three so if your team because of all-star break or whatever doesn't play three in 10 day span they let you have a 10 day contract for 11 or 12 days but you have to get at least three days that's what happened uh, with Damari Bouye with the heat it was over the all-star break but he got a chance to play in three games so you don't waive a player your 10 day simply expires and you just go into the ether yeah. Um, and you can extend him for a second 10 day before you have to sign him or cut him or not cut yes. him, but let him go. So I think that that's that with the box, man. Hey, we can get 20 days of Myers Leonard. And if we, Hey, if it works out, we can sign him for the rest of the year. But I think it's, I think it's just a short, I think it's just a stop gap and it's somebody they thought could step in and play a very limited role for them. Yeah. I think it's really good for Myers for this reason. It's hard to be the first team to bring a quote-unquote controversial player back. But once you get to break the ice, I think it'll be easier for the next team, whether it's Summer League, whether it's in the offseason, in free agency. So I think it's a nice spot for Myers. Show what you could do or can't. Everyone will do the Myers-Lennon story. I'm so sorry. I said the wrong thing. I misspoke. I didn't understand the word. Let that all get out there in the ether for the 10 days. And then when he goes to his next team, 
with a more bona fide role. He's still relatively young at 30 that he can move forward. So I think this is very helpful to Myers. Could be helpful to the Bucks. Not that they need much help. And then he can sort of move on there. You will see some more of these. There are the 10-day options. The Heat, honestly, if a player doesn't work out, they can cycle through 10-day guys also. 10-day contracts mean this. As Kurt mentioned, you can sign up to two 10-day contracts with the same team. They don't have to be consecutive. It's not unusual for a team to sign a player to a 10-day, have a two-day break, let the player sort of work out with them for two days, sign them back for another 10-day. After two 10-days with the team, you must either be signed for the rest of the season or be released. You can have unlimited 10 days with as many teams as you want through the season. And this is sort of where it humbles all of us. A 10-day contract pays about $100,000 in actual cash. Counts less against the cap because of the way the cap works for veteran salaries. So it's not, it, you know, for, the, for a Myers Leonard, who's made millions in his career, not as big a deal. But when you see the guy come up from the G League, like Jamari Bouye, Jamari yeah. Bouye, in his 10-day contract with the Heat, made more money than an entire single-season salary in the G League. So it is meaningful to a certain level of guys. I know our first segment went long, so we're going to go long on this one also because I wanted to touch next here and have this open on a browser on my computer. Kurt Eland, I want to talk to you about the Eastern Conference playoff race, and I want to talk to you about maximum upside and downside for the Heat. So right now the Heat reside with a record of 32-27 and at the All-Star break. They're 10 games out of first place. Based on 23 games remaining, I sort of – I think you say they're going to count the 10 games ahead, the Bucks who are nine and a half ahead, or even the Philadelphia 76ers who are seven games ahead, although it is interesting. The Heat had still have four head-to-head meetings with the 76ers. But I did a story at the Sun Sentinel looking at all the three teams above the Heat and the three teams below the Heat. And Kurt Heelan, I want to get your thoughts on this. I'll mention the tiebreakers as we go through this exercise. Basically, what I want to know from you, Kurt Heelan, is this. Do you think these teams are catchable, either because the Heat will be good enough to catch or because these teams have sort of level, le- reached their level and might come down a little? So, again, it's a lot to make up in 23 games. The Heat do have a game remaining, two games remaining against them. Cleveland Cavaliers are number four right now in the NBA at 38 and 20. I think he says 23, and 38 and 23. Do you see the Heat possibly making up five games on the Cavaliers, or do you more see the Cavaliers hitting their stride and maybe challenging the 76ers? They're two games behind for third place in the East. More of the latter. I just I think that they're that's a lot of ground to make up with 20, with 23 games, whatever, whatever the number is the rest of the way. Five games is a lot to make up um, for a team, but it, they're good. And they're actually playing well again after kind of a, a rough stretch. Uh They've got Danny Green. No, uh, they've got um, – but they're, they're, I just think that for a team that's kind of settled and is going to win a fair chunk of games the rest of the way uh, – um, and by the way, Philly's catchable. Philly's got a like the toughest schedule left in the NBA. They right. have a brutally tough schedule the rest of the way. Like <clears throat> I think Cleveland's – I think that's the target, and I just don't think – even if Miami's playing well, I just don't – that's a lot of ground to make up. They, they, you've got to get some help, and I'm not sure they're going to get enough. So if Cleveland can catch Philadelphia, that would put Cleveland at number three. The Heat are probably looking at number six. We'll get to that. Let me ask you this. Is Cleveland a team you would fear in the first round or a team, all things being equal, of the other options you might figure you have a puncher's chance or better against in the first round? I think of the big – of the top four, of you know, I think Philly, 
for all its potential playoff flaws and Milwaukee and Boston are going to probably advance the second round. Like those are just really top flight teams. And frankly, I think all three of them are better than anybody in the West. Um, Cleveland is the one I'd want just because as talented as they are, I just think they haven't, a lot of their guys just haven't been through the playoffs yet. Right. Yeah. Like Gar- Garland and Mobley really haven't had a good playoff. No, they were just a, experience. they were just a play in team last season. So they yeah, didn't get so. the whole, what's it like to have to win four games in the seven game series so, exactly. bounce between cities. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Here's the curiosity point I have. And, and, and I didn't have a chance to talk to you because you did the show uh, a day earlier last week. Cause I was traveling in Brooklyn the Nets are number five in the East, are two and a half games up on the Heat. And the Heat totally effed up last week's game yes. from this perspective. It's a three-game season series. The Nets now have won the first two games. <coughs> Excuse me. So the Nets right now have won the season series already. No tiebreaker there. It's an odd number of games. No Heat winning a division, moving ahead of them. The Heat really blew that. But the Nets, who built their 34-24 and 24 record, were mostly a different team. I like Mikhail Bridges. The Heat saw he's a 40-point player. I like Cameron Johnson. You know we can hit threes. They, they have a very nice roster of scorers. Uh, Claxton, obviously more of a complimentary player to what they had before than, than what they have now. Looking at the Nets at 34 and 24 and where they stand right now with their 24 games remaining in the season, they're at number five right now. Where do you see them trending, Kurt Heelan? I I think that they're catchable, which is why I, that loss last Wednesday was a punch to the gut. That yes. was, uh, you, you really did kind of, I don't know if you needed that one, but, it, but you just made your life a whole lot harder yes. than it, than it had to be. Um, <coughs> but I don't think that they're going to fall off a cliff. And I think that that's the problem for the Nets and uh, the Clinton, the Knicks and the heat who are the teams trying to get past them and into the top six is they're not going to, they're not, they didn't like just go get nobodies. Like you said, right. I mean, they, they got Spencer Dinwiddie there. Now they've got like some guys who can play a little Dorian Finney Smith. They have guys yeah. who are competent. They have guys yeah. who are at least 500 team level. It's not like they went down and did the tear down because they don't have their own picks. They right. traded them in the hardened trade. So it's of no benefit for them to tank for Wimbanyana because they're not going to get him anyway. They just extended their coach in very much of a win now mode in Jock Vaughn. So yeah. let me ask you this. Let's be honest, Kurt Heelan. The Nets are five now. If you had to pick a number and say, I'm putting the Nets, and you did one of those sort of movable ESPN boards, what's the lowest sinking point you see for the Nets? Seven. But I'm not I, I'm not sure they get there, but I think the lowest they go is seven. I don't think they fall below that. I think the Knicks and, and Heat could pass them. The Knicks right now are half a game up on the Heat. The Heat have ample opportunity with three games left against the Knicks to change that thought. The Heat are down 1-0 in the season series, so obviously they're playing from behind there. Knicks trending up. All-star Julius Randle. Jalen Brunson has been fantastic. Knicks limited by who they are, and Tom Timbero wearing them down. Knicks holding ground at six, moving up to five, moving down to seven. What do you see there? I got a feeling that they are, I just look as well as they think they're playing. And I think they're going to play well out of this all-star break. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. This is a team where as this goes the rest of the way, Tibbs is just going to lean heavily on the, the handful of guys he trusts. Um, a lot of Brunson minutes, a lot of Julius Randall minutes. So these days off are probably good for them. They probably get a little bump for these next 
few weeks. Those, I think, are the three. If you're the Heat, though, don't you just circle? Like those are the games you have got to get got to win. Yes, and at least go at least go two and two against the Knicks. If you're yeah. a division winner, like the Heat should be over Atlanta, the Knicks obviously will not be a division winner in the same team in the same uh, a division as Boston and Philadelphia. You will get that tiebreaker, so I agree. Downside. The Heat right now are three games ahead of the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks just changed coaches. We'll be playing under an interim coach after getting rid of Nate McMillan. Uh, that series, I believe, is tied 1-1. It's for the division championship, yay, which actually matters in a tiebreaker. So yeah. we can't completely discount that, although you also can win a division and not even make the playoffs, so I won't overstate it. Can the Hawks make up those three games? Can the, Haw- the Hawks push the Heat down, maybe push the Knicks down? I don't, I don't think so. I think that their issues are – it's going to be interesting to watch this coaching search because I think their issues are structural. I think their issues are above the GM problem. Let's put it that way. Okay. I, they've got some really hands-on owners who are making some interesting decisions. It's, I'll just put it this way. I'm really curious to watch Quinn Snyder and yes. Kenny Atkinson, two names – that come up real quick in this. And I've been, I've got a story coming up in a little bit on NBC about who could replace them. Those are guys with options. Right. Quinn not only has a lot of guys, teams who like him. Remember Kenny Atkinson was going to be the Hornets coach. Took the Hornets job and then realized that NBC was going for lottery. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And backed out and said, Nope, this isn't what, and by the way, I had talked to him during the finals last year and he, he hinted that that wasn't out of the question because he's, he really likes, being on Steve Kerr's staff, living his kids love the Bay Area. Like he he had a life he liked. So he's right. like, I, they've got to they've got to woo me. Um, he backed up. I think it's the same type of situation where he there's going to be some coaches with options. Now, if you're one of these guys trying to get your first NBA job, you got to take the job. <laughs> you know, you can't be turning down jobs, man. Kurt, but you if you're a guy any- with options. Do you think there's any chance the Hawks move to a permanent coach during in season? In other words, I would think a guy like Quinn Snyder would want a blank slate. Okay, let's sit down, yeah, see what we I, have. I think Kenny Atkinson would also. Do you see? Do you figure they'll just play this out, or do you think there's a chance someone might step in and give them that new coach boost during the season? The only guy that could get midseason, the only guy I think who would leave that situation because there's they're looking at uh, with the guy with the Kings and the Spurs and even the Spurs, who as bad as they are, I don't think anybody's leaving midseason. I don't think Quinn, like you said, I don't think Quinn Snyder's, hey, I'm going to take over for the last 10 games is not happening. That's just not how, especially the system he runs and how he wants to coach. He's got to install. Unique, a lot yeah. of um, so I don't, I'm with you. I think that they're just a Joe Pervy is a solid, by the way, guy who's been around the block is a solid coach, but I don't think he's the guy who solves their problems. Maybe, maybe, maybe Frank Vogels me and surprises me, but okay, I, good name. but, but, I don't think uh, I don't think they make a move. By the way, I'd, I'd probably call Frank if I were them. I, but I don't think they make a move um, in the season. I think they get to the off season. They call those guys. And by the way, call a couple guys who are good at player relationships because that's going to be a lot of this, man. Somebody's okay. And I got a, I got a name yeah. for you. I, I'm going to help write a Kurt Heelan story now. I don't need credit. Don't want to get you in trouble. What about Nick Nurse? We've heard that Ooh. he might part with Toronto. Yeah. That sort of something different. He is recognized as a fantastic coach, as a player's coach, yeah. as unique. He's uh, he's won an NBA championship. What about one of those, hey, I'm just going to try something different. I'm not going to let you, Masai, fire me because I'm going to move on. What about something like that? Yeah, if you don't think – if he doesn't think he's stable there, I think he'd consider it. But, again, 
I'm not sure that this is a job a lot of guys around the league are jumping at just because of a hands-on owner that has got very high expectations. Right. We'll see. I think the, the, the name I'm throwing out there in a little bit that I think is interesting if I'm Sam Cassell and I'm a player coach, this might right. be this might be the spot I like. He's got to land somewhere someday, and this I could see him relating to Trey Young. Like that's an interesting one, right? But anyway, I don't. All that is to say, I don't think they're catching the heat. I don't think they're catching anybody. I think they're. And, okay, and then I think they're a 500 team the rest of the way. And so I want to go to the other teams just within the Heat's range. Three and a half behind the Heat are the Washington Wizards. They expected yeah. a much better season. Bradley Beal back. The Porzingis deal. He was going to be the guy. It has been largely uneven for them. Do you see the Wizards in any way trending up over their final 24 games of the season? Now they're streaky. I know they've had a couple of hot streaks, but I can't see them sustaining anything. They're not they're not that good. And then team four games beyond the heat, which is a bunch to make up, but again, they've already they're tied in the season series. There's one game remaining of that. Toronto Raptors, they're at number 10. That's the last play-in spot right now. They're two games ahead of the Flandering Bulls. Toronto Raptors, do you think they might have an upside? Yeah, only because I think that the Jakob Pertle thing was a nice pickup at the trade deadline that gives them this. They've had no rim protection, nothing in the middle. And now they've got a guy that they know who Pascal Siakam was talking about this over the weekend. Like, hey, we can just plug and play him. Like, he's been here. He knows right. the system. He knows what we want to do. So I think that that's the team to watch. I think that there's upside is for all their all the weirdness with them this season. And they're, they're incredibly poor shooting, which is just strange considering their roster. Um like that's a team that if if everything was going to click somewhere, so that might be the one. But I don't. That's four games is a lot to make up unless the Heat t- fall apart, right? But or the head to head games become critical. Anyway, I wanted to sort of give people a perspective there. I think the Heat can move to five if they are who they think they yeah. are. Which is why after we come back on this break on RedRecover.com inside the paint, we're going to go through the Heat roster expectations over the final stretch of the season for several players. We'll look at their upcoming schedule. Will sort of set when the league actually plays games again. So all that and more after this break on RedRecover.com, Inside the Paint. You're listening to the RedRecover.com, Inside the Paint show with Ira Winderman and Kurt Heelan. RedRecover.com's wraps and pads are designed to deliver maximum benefits with each treatment anywhere you go. Use the code BIGO to get a 10% discount. Oh, great. You got a doorbell camera. Now you got a front row seat to your house getting robbed. No, 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 no. And there's nothing you can do about it. Get out of my house! Ooh, Mom's jewelry. There goes the TV. I'm sure it'll turn up at the pawn shop. No! Just because you can see them, that doesn't mean you can stop them. With Slowens, you get 24-hour monitoring, a free home security system, and professional installation. Plus, a free doorbell camera. Free? One that'll actually work for you. It's not total security unless it's the Slowens Shield. Call 1-800-ALARM-NAPE. If you're a Miami sports fan, then there's only one store to go to. And that's Caneswear at Miami Fanware in Davie. They're your one-stop shop for all your inner Miami CF, Canes, Dolphins, Panthers, and Marlins merchandise. They have hats, t-shirts, game day jerseys, and so much more. Located at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. And open 24-7 online at caneswear.com or innermiamiware.com. Call them at 954-835-5597. Caneswear, the spot where inner Miami and all Miami sports fans shop.
Red Recover now offers a simple-to-use, professional-grade light therapy device designed to help your dog heal and live a healthier life. Red Recover emits red and infrared light therapy based on the same science that NASA developed, all in a soft, flexible housing pad powered by a convenient, rechargeable lithium-ion battery. Say yes to science and give your dog the care it deserves with Red Recover. Welcome back to the RedRecover.com Inside the Paint program with Ira Winderman and Kurt Heelan. Go to RedRecover.com to learn more about red light with videos, blog posts, and 40 years of medical research to treat pain, inflammation, and overall well-being. Use code BIGO to receive 10% off your order. Here's Ira Winderman and Kurt Heelan. And welcome back for our final segment of three today on redrecover.com inside the paint. If you missed either of the first two, go to any podcast outlet, click on Big O Show, and watch, watch, watch. And when it comes to our sponsors, click, click, click. I'm Ira Winderman from the South Florida Sun Sentinel. He's Kurt Heelan from Pro Basketball Talk, NBCSports.com. In our first segment, we spoke about the buyout market, the Kevin Love impact. You can catch that. In our second, we spoke about the NBA standings and where the Heat might finish. I'm seeing with an upside of Probably five maximum downside of you know, seven minimum. You know that's where 538 has them. 538 yeah, has them finishing fifth. Yeah, you know, it's and again, then that changed a little because before the break, they were actually six, seven. So, you know, maybe the, the schedule and straight the schedule impacts them. Um, real quick, just to go over that. If you finish top six, you advance directly to the best of seven opening round playoffs. If you finish seven or eight, you play a game to get the number seven seed at home. If you lose that game, you play a game against the winner of the number 9-10 game at home to be the number 8 seed. Kurt, here's the deal. If you don't, if you don't finish with the top 6 seed, you're either seeded 7 or 8. If you're seeded 7 or 8 in the East, you're either playing Boston or Milwaukee. So, I'm gonna, again, we change format here because I don't care about format. So, I'm going to ask you this question. If you're playing Boston or Milwaukee, are you winning either of those series? No, I mean, okay. and again, he's Kurt Healing. Yeah. He's out of Los <laughs> Angeles. You can, I think his email is at pro basketball talk. You can deal with him. Yeah. I'm going to take it a step further to further anger heat fan and heat nation. Because the one thing Kurt has always been on redrecover.com inside the paint is honest. Kurt, Miami heat, Boston Celtics first round series. Let's say it's a seven, eight or a, 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 rather a seven, two or an eight, one. He played the Celtics in the first round. How many games are the heat winning in that series? Oof. I see. I think they're good enough to win two. I think it's a six. Okay. Okay. Six and against series. Milwaukee, and against Milwaukee in a one-eight or two-seven, how many do they win? Two, maybe three. Ooh. Probably two. Real series. All right. I get more Marriott points. The point being, folks, the Heat, <laughs> the Heat have to finish six because Kurt. We spoke about this when we yeah. spoke about the standings, and I think you'd agree. The Heat against the Cavaliers, or the Heat against the Seventy Sixers, maybe the Nets. I doubt it. Much more competitive series. I think you'd agree with yeah. that. Yeah, matter exactly. of fact, I think I'm not saying, but I think that he could beat the Sixers for a couple of reasons. One, you never know about the Joel Embiid injury factor. Remember, he missed the first two games yeah. with that facial fracture last year when the Heat played them. Two, playoff James Harden going all the way back to when the Heat played the Thunder for the championship in 2012 has never been a great playoff player. So if the Heat played the 76ers, Kurt, I think you would agree to unanger Heat Nation. That he would at least have at least a puncher's chance, if not yeah. better, right? 
I think that they have a chance. The other thing that I just don't like about Philadelphia in the postseason is that they're going to play heavy minutes of the Maxi Harden backcourt. And that's very athletic on the offensive end. Neither of them can defend. There are real spots for a Tyler Hero and other guys to target because you can that's the great thing about the playoffs, right? You can really target matchups. When you've got two guys out there you can target in the backcourt, like that's something Miami can go at. Yeah. And, and, and there's also the factor of, you remember last year when he won the playoff series and won their game in Philadelphia, and Jimmy Butler goes, they chose Tobias Harris over me when it came to free agency in 2021. I think that also, Jimmy doesn't need motivation. He's motivated enough in the playoffs, but it doesn't hurt to have that in his back pocket also. That's why it's so important to finish at least number six. To that end, the Heat did something very interesting during the buyout market by not doing something during the buyout market. And it's this. They didn't address their backcourt. They didn't address point guard. To you, Kurt Heelan, does that tell you the Heat believe that Kyle Lowry can become a functioning member of their society again? Or do, do you think that he just didn't have better options? What do you foresee from Kyle Lowry the final 23 games of this regular season and beyond in the playoffs for the Miami Heat from Kyle Lowry? I think I, I'm optimistic he can be better than he has been, which is – I think all you can be at this point is, is hope that he can, but I think the reason they didn't make a move is exactly what you said, which is we talked about Westbrook. I don't think Beverly for all his bluster is much of an upgrade either. Like, I don't think there, there just wasn't a better, there wasn't a situation that was better for them. And so they're going to ride this out and then hope that Kyle Lowry, because you, I we'd still do see flashes, right? We do, but Kurt Heelan, I have a question for you on this. The last 600-plus games that Kyle Lowry has played, he has started. Some players can make the transition. Dwayne Wade did. Warren Rogers did for the Miami Heat. They reconvene tomorrow at Miami-Dade Arena. They go on the road to Milwaukee on Friday. You're Eric Spolster. Congratulations. You're now making $6 million a year. You don't need to do the Red Bull the paint show. (laughs) Do you think they would dare move Kyle Lowry to the bench? First off, I would still be here with you to do the Inside the Paint, awesome. RedRecover.com, Inside the Paint show with you, Ira. Um, who are they starting? Then Gabe? Um, Gabe, yeah. I'd explore it. I, I, I guess and this is the question that I, you are a better position to answer than I, which is how does that affect Kyle? Like, is, would he accept that or would he I – mean, I don't think anybody wants it. But like you said, some guys kind of get to a point in their career. Derek Rose was even there where he's like, you know, like, all right, this is who I am now. That's fine. And I can thrive in this role. Would he be that guy or would he just lose it? That's, you know what? It's interesting. Before the trade deadline, if this would have happened, I would have told you Kyle would not go for it. He would have pouted his way through the season, yeah. maybe not shown up, you know, one of those stay home guys. I think the reality for Kyle and his agent was this. There was no market for him in the trade market. Even for teams like your Clippers and teams that needed point guards, they still didn't try to get creative with the Heat and come up with something. So I think Kyle knows to a degree that he's stuck. I think once you register with you that you're stuck and that there is no better plan B for you, I think he might be more open-minded to it. The difference is the Heat don't have that definitive point guard answer. Vince has been okay. He has not been great to move ahead of him. I think Eric Spolstra does the old short leash. Try to go back to Kyle, but don't let it fester through a 14-point deficit six minutes into the game. 
go back to Kyle. And two minutes in, if it doesn't work, go, hey, we're just cycling. This is all rotational. Don't worry about it, Kyle. You'll be right back in there. And they move in another direction. Because the bottom line is, they don't have that third option to point guard. I know Victor Oladipo can play the point, And Tyler Hero can play the point, And Jimmy's going to handle. And Bam's going to handle. But it's still very, very tenuous there. So I think that'll be curious. I'm going to give you another absolutely other side of the roster guy. Guy who hasn't played at all. Just curious how you think they might handle the situation. Omar Yurcevin, when he played last season, when Bam was out for seven weeks with the thumb surgery, was fantastic. He was a double-double machine. The question was, was he a double-double machine in the mode of a great player or in the Hassan Whiteside, someone's got to get statistics <laughs> mode? You know Eric Spolstra as a veteran win-now coach. Omar Yurcevin comes back to practice tomorrow. Ankle seems fine. Eric Spolstra goes into the back-to-back set, so he's going to monitor minutes Friday in Milwaukee, Saturday in Charlotte. Bam Adebayo goes to the bench. Who comes off the bench there? Do you think it's Cody Zeller, who has played no games ever for the Miami Heat? Yeah. Omar Yurtsevin, the next big thing for the Miami Heat last season. Kevin Love in a smaller lineup. How do you think Eric's going to work through this initially? I'm, I could make my Udonis Haslam joke here. Um, yeah, I would go. go <laughs> now, I bet they give Kevin Love a shot. It was, that's kind of, I guess it also depends on, like, you've, I think you've got to get Yurtsevin some minutes just to see – there's there's being back and then there's being back right like okay. is it, yeah and so I think you've got to get him some run if over this back to back to say hey where are you like physically where are you obviously he's going to be after missing all this time there's going to be conditioning issues and what have you but like can he come back and really contribute or is he not all the way back to helping that much yet I think you need to find out but I think you can – I think this is where you lean on Love a little bit and see what he's got. For yeah, I, I, the priority is get Kevin Love. Who is he? Why does he – how can you play him? Yeah. Power forward, center, starter, backup. That's the priority. The yeah. interesting thing was the second game back at Charlotte, which of course is the Cody Zeller revenge game, but I don't know if they play it that <laughs> he's way. He's going to go off for 50. Yeah, exactly. They play it differently. <laughs> Want to get to the chat board really quick. Um, basically, Alex is saying start, uh, start Gabe over Lowry. I don't think they're going to do that. Um, Alex chimes in. Depot is hurt too much, so it's not an option. That's the other name I wanted to go to. Victor Oladipo, it was a nice run. It was a nice comeback story. He was very good defensively in last season's yeah. playoffs. Then he gets injured again. The ankle injury didn't play for almost three weeks before the All-Star break right now. When you're going through your rotations, who you're counting on or who you're not, are you still counting on Victor Oladipo if you're the Miami Heat? Or have you moved on to greater priorities? And also, Kurt, what's been your thought on Victor Oladipo this season? I thought he played fairly well, like when the, like you said, when he was back. And maybe not, the, certainly not peak Victor Oladipo, but like solid rotation guy. I can trust Victor Oladipo. He was that guy. Um, I would, if I'm Eric Spolstra, do I want to f- see if I can get that guy back for the playoffs? Okay. I, and just, and, and, like you said, he was really valuable last playoffs. Can I get him back and sh- match him up in certain – just depending on who we play, there might be matchups where I could use him. Absolutely. But um, I, but I don't know how much I – I mean, how much can you really trust him at the regular – like I'm, I'm not saying completely move on because there's spots you could use him, but I'm not right. sure I – what about you? I mean, is he going to really – how much can he really trust him, Ira? I don't know if I can trust him, but I also know he can't shoot. He's not the scorer yeah. you want. He's ball-centric. You need other guys to get the ball. I think that chip might have moved on. Vic Popo says here, start him in the playoffs, which would mean starting him ahead of Kyle Lowry. I don't think that would happen. No. Ahead of Gabe Vincent, that might happen. But the point I'm trying to make here before we go to the schedule is this. 
the Heat have so many question marks because of their injuries, because they're bringing Vic back and they're bringing Kyle Lowry back and they're bringing Omar Yurtsevin back. Remember, Tyler Hero missed a couple of games with the knee. All he's done during the break is the three-point contest, went out in the first round, didn't overextend himself. Tomorrow, I think, is going to be one of the most fascinating practices of the season. I'll be back with Big O on Friday in our Accurate Pembroke Pines report. We'll discuss that and where the Heat are headed. So as we close it out today on our RedRecover.com Inside the Paint Show, want to look ahead at the schedule. Milwaukee Bucks on Friday, I would have said, that's an automatic scheduling loss, play for the second game of the back-to-back. With Giannis out, which I assume will be the case, so a specialist yeah. in New York, I still think the Bucks are better. I still think with Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez, knowing their system, they're a better team. But the Heat did win the two games at home that Giannis missed against the Heat. What are your thoughts on Heat versus Giannis-less Bucks on Friday night, ESPN National TV? I That's one you can steal. Um, and I, I, I think you're right about this. Mate, you've got to make sure you win one of the back-to-back. Charlotte is in the tank. Um, but they still got Lonzo, not Lonzo, LaMelo Ball. Like, they still... Terry Rozier, they got some guys where if you just ignore them, they'll give you a problem. No, so PJ Washington beat them the last time they yeah, played. Yeah, that's true. To get your uh, thoughts on this, Kurt Healing, 23 games be to go, back to back. Do you still protect Jimmy Butler with that 28 minute limit, or do you say, screw it, this is go time? We have protected your minutes for this time. Do you think coaches, yeah. now that we get to the final six week stretch run of the season, do you still protect back to backs or not when it comes to the heat of Milwaukee on Friday and Charlotte on Saturday? No, not unless, not until the last week or so before the playoffs, and especially if you can get into that five six seed where you basically get a week go off. I am yeah, all in with go that. For it. You've got you've got to go for it. Enough, Jimmy. Jimmy, if you had the energy to fly to Argentina and to go to a tennis match there and to go to a soccer match there and get back on the plane, and you felt you didn't need rest during the break, then show it in the back to back last game before you yep. and I reconvene next Wednesday. The Heat play next Monday in Philadelphia. First time the teams meet this season, first still of four remaining games, obviously be big in playoff seating at Philadelphia. This Philadelphia regular season team versus the Heat at the end of a three-game trip for the Heat. Your thoughts on that game? That's a tough one to win. They are pretty good at home. And they are, like you said, you're on you're on the end of the road trip, and they're a deep team. They really do still. I mean, I know how Jimmy Butler feels about uh, Tobias Harris, but if he's your fourth best player, you got a deep team, man. Yeah, no, I, I think that'll be a tough one. I think that's why the Heat have to get the first two of this trip again. You're in that tenuous yeah. playoff fight with Brooklyn, with New York. We'll sum it up a bit more next week when reconvene. We reconvene. He's Kurt Heelan. I'm Ira Winderman. This has been RedRecover.com Inside the Paint. But right now, the Big O Show rolls on. This podcast replay is brought to you by Cutter's Edge Total Landscape Solutions. With decades of experience here in South Florida, Cutter'sEdge.com provides fantastic results. Call 954-472-0622. Sir, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. This this would help, actually. There we go, there we go. All righty, we are back, and we thank, of course, Ira and Kurt. Another strong hour of Miami Heat and NBA talk. I hope you all uh, enjoyed it. I know I always do. Uh, I will say this. um, Something made me really, really happy in that hour when uh, when I was watching Ira and Kurt because what made me happy was that they uh, uh, Ira talked about how the Heat were never really interested in Russell Westbrook, and to me, I said, "Wow, that was that was awesome," because you know I've had enough of the bad contracts and the bad fits. 
Uh, Pat Riley has made a lot of bad decisions in the last, you know, seven, eight, nine years uh, with bad contracts and bad fits. He's been on a on a on a really mediocre roll for his standards, and um, he needs to get a little better here if he wants to finish his run strong as you know the Heat president. And you know he's had an amazing run as it is, and we all know that. I mean, you know, there's what more? What more can you say about what Pat Riley's done? It's freaking awesome uh, what he's done. But lately, he has been mediocre, and got to call it like we see it. I love Riles. Uh, I want him here forever. I want him to be here as long as he as he wants to be. But we're not going to you know just let it slide when you know. You're not holding up your standard, and he has not held up his standard. The only guy holding up his standard is is Eric Spolstra. But it was nice to know that, not that I'm Mr. Intelligent here, or that I know everything or anything like that. I'm, I'm wrong plenty of times. But I just never felt that Russell Westbrook was a fit, was somebody you should go after, was somebody that should be on your team. I'm sorry. None of that makes any sense in my eyes with Russell Westbrook. So I'm glad to hear what I was saying, that they weren't really interested in the building. Like I, like I said, what, why, why do you want to add another bad two point, you know, another, another two point shooter and a bad three point shooter and an inefficient player? My God, you know, I, I just, I am not a, a Russell Westbrook fan, not at all. And especially at this point, you know, you tell me five, seven, eight years ago, maybe you want to take a chance. I get it, but I, I think it's been proven over and over again he's not efficient. So that made me happy that there are some good decisions being made, you know, there in that sense. And I hope that this continues and they get on a roll of making some good decisions as they uh, clean out some of the crap from this roster, hopefully in the offseason, and uh, try to open up space and and set yourself up for players that actually fit. And if not, then, you know, don't make the move. Keep yourself. You know what? I said this years ago when they did the white side and the Dion Waiters crap and all that stuff. I said, man, just sign guys to one-year deals. If you can't get the big whale, then sign guys to one-year deals, get by, and keep yourself liquid for the following season. But, you know, you committed to these idiots and you were stuck to these terrible contracts. And then they sold a bill of goods that I got to say every writer bought it in town. OK, most of the electronic media bought it. I did not. That bullshit that. Oh, well, no, these contracts are 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 very flexible. We they're very tradable. And every writer wrote the same shit. The heat spewed. And uh, and and most of the electronic media uh, went along with it. I was one of the very few, maybe the only one. I'm not sure. I don't know if there was another person. I don't remember another person saying it. I remember everybody hook, line, and sinker that oh, the White Side and the James Johnson, the Tyler Johnson, and the Dion Waiters contracts are very flexible and easy to move. And no, they weren't. And you had to wait till the end, like any contract becomes sexy at the end. They weren't sexy the first year out that you were going to be able to, you know, very interchangeable. That was the word they said. And uh, and it was a terrible decision. Then you were stuck with them for several years until you got towards the back end of their deals when you can start to, you know, 
trade away an expiring contract, that kind of stuff. So it's been going on for a while now. Since the big three, there's been a lot of really terrible decisions that have set the team back, and Spo has kept them afloat because he's the only one really doing his job. Um, nice to know you weren't interested in Russell Westbrook. Really nice to know because that's the only thing that made sense. Uh, you know, the the like I said, Kevin Love is not going to make one bit of a difference in one extra game one, or you're not getting through an extra round in the playoffs because of Kevin Love. You'll be a better team. You'll be a more rounded team, a well-rounded team. You'll have actually a natural power forward playing the power forward position. Okay? So that makes a lot of sense. But it's not really going to put you over. T- but at least it makes sense. Whereas <laughs> Russell Westbrook never made any sense whatsoever. Uh, uh, by the way, Hylia Park, September 24th. That's this Friday. And uh, they are going to have uh, some great boxing going on. Uh, so get on out there. Uh, we are giving away a pair of tickets, several pairs of tickets, by the way. And we're giving away a buffet pair, a pass for the buffet at the boxing event. And for every boxing event that they have at Hialeah Park, I can tell you myself, because I see it firsthand, uh, Sean Stanley loves that uh, buffet at the boxing event. And uh, lots of people love it because they're, they're always there. So uh, we're going to give away a pair of passes to enjoy yourselves a little buffet. Now, in order to win the buffet, you've got to send me a DM, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Hylia Park has, uh, you know, slot machines. And they have around somewhere in the neighborhood of 700 and something, 800 and something, or 900 and something. I'm not exactly sure. But you got to give us the number. It's in one of those categories. I don't know which one. It's up to you to figure it out and give us a number. And the person that we get that is closest to it will win a pair of tickets for the boxing event and a pair of tickets to enjoy a delicious buffet over at uh, Hylia Park. But you got to DM us. Okay. All right. And then we're giving away some tickets. So if you just want to go to the boxing event, then send me a pair, send me a DM, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, you see it there, Big O Radio Show on Instagram. Twitter is Big O Show. So if you have Twitter, if you have Instagram, DM me. If you have LinkedIn, DM me, Orlando Alzagari. If you have Facebook, there's an Orlando Alzagari and there's a Big O Show. So you can DM me there. Uh, and we're also giving away tickets to the Drone Racing League this Saturday. You got a busy weekend, bro. Got Boxing Friday. We got the Drone Racing League on Saturday. It's crazy stuff, dude. Then we're taking off to the Combine on Tuesday. It's a beautiful thing, man. God, we are we're 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 really set here. Um, and we will be broadcasting from the Combine next week, and uh, hopefully we'll have uh, all kinds of uh, information for you all out there. So we'll have a. Uh, uh, all that. So anyway, if you just want to go to the event on the 24th, Guillermo Regandao will be there closing out a phenomenal career. And there's going to be some other really young up and coming Cuban boxers. Uh, Ali Rodriguez, 
De La Torres, La Scaya, these uh, young Cuban kids, man, they've got some skills. And you might be seeing them on the national stage very soon. So you get a chance to see some of these up-and-coming talents here. Con una gran noche de boxeo cubano at Hialeah Park, February 24th. So check it out. So DM me if you want to try to win the boxing tickets. DM me if you want to go to the drone racing league. You want to take your kid this Saturday. Uh, Tyreek Hill is going to be there racing his drone. So how about that? So you might be able to meet Tyreek Hill. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You never know. So DM me on any of our platforms that you want to tickets. You want to try to win tickets for the drone racing league. You want to try to win tickets for the boxing um, um, uh, what's it called the uh, fights on Friday. So there you go. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, by the way, we have Matt Verderam. We have Omar Kelly and, uh, we have, um, Andy Barron's Omar Kelly will join us at 10 30. So we will, uh, we will talk all things dolphins with Omar Kelly, with our essential moving experts.com Miami dolphins exchange. So we'll have a, a little fun with, with Omar and, uh, we'll ask him, you got any questions you want me to specifically ask Omar, make sure you, uh, send them over. I've got a couple already got a couple of interesting things. I want to ask Omar, see, get his thoughts on, um, and some of these issues that we got coming up for uh, for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, what else do we have going on? And and once again, you are welcome. Those of you that went on the ride with me, not a financial advisor by any stretch whatsoever, but we made an investment on the Canes yesterday. We told you take the Canes plus two and a half. We told you Canes plus one twenty on the money line. Bring it on, cause. And uh, double shot, du it was a double shot Tuesday for me uh, last night, just to kind of uh, bring back the old days of, of she's only rock and roll. Okay, you got it. All right, so what else do we have going on in the world of deportes? Ah. Uh... Okay. All right. What else do we have going on in the world of sports? Um, got a bunch of things. By the way, did you see Tyreek Hill? <laughs> we gotta, we gotta, we gotta talk about Tyreek Hill. This is this is amazing, dude. It, it's just absolutely hilarious. Um, and I, I gotta say, it's just uh, kind of crazy to be quite honest. Uh, but anyway, so LaShawn McCoy, we saw that Eric Bieniemy finally got a head coaching job and he gets one with the Washington Commanders, right? So McCoy goes out there and, you know, McCoy has, I think LaShawn McCoy is dying to get like a media job or something. So every time he talks, it's about something controversial and he'll say some kind of hot take or something like that, right? 
And so LaShawn was uh, on, on I, I believe it was ESPN or one of those shows. I'm not going to play the cut. But he, he said, hey, I wish him well, but Washington, don't let the Chiefs' success or coaching titles fool you. The traits or skills you need to be a good coordinator, I haven't seen or witnessed it, right? And so then Tyreek Hill then tweets back, and he put Shady Mad, EB told him to tuck that ball. And he put a laughing face. And then the highlight is there where it shows McCoy. Remember, McCoy went after Andy Reid, too. Okay, so once you go after Andy Reid, you have no credibility in my eyes. Right? That's all. I, 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 I know Andy Reid's an ass-kicking coach. I've been defending Andy Reid since he was in Philadelphia. When they were saying, oh, well, he couldn't get over the top. And I'm saying, yeah, dude, that doesn't mean he's not a great coach. Okay? Th this guy's a great coach. He just hasn't had the right combination. But go look at the, the what he puts together every single year. Sometimes the breaks don't happen, man. Marv Levy was a hell of a coach. And he had a great, great team that should have won one of them at least out of the four if it wasn't for the damn kicker. But what am I gonna shit on Marv Levy's career? I'm not doing that, brother. No way. I'm not. I'm no. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that to Marty Schottenheimer. I'm not doing that to Bud Grant. You know, I, I I've lived long enough to watch that there are some really good coaches that unfortunately did not get over the hump. Man, and sometimes you just need a break or two, and you don't get those breaks. And and it's really not the coach's fault. You know, when I when I see a bad coach, it's because the team is poorly constructed or it's not focused on the field or it makes constant mistakes or people are 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 in the wrong positions or players are playing positions they're not supposed to. And these are the kind of things that show me whether you're a good coach or not. But if your guys are in place and they're, you know, somebody didn't make a play, I don't necessarily blame that on the coach. You know, the coach puts you in position to make a play. You didn't make a play. That's on you, not on the coach. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you're completely bamboozled and fooled and all that, then I can start blaming the coach because, okay, wait a minute. Is your guy smart enough to be out there? Is he making these mistakes also in practice? Why does he keep playing if he keeps making these mistakes? You know, then I can start to pick on you. Sir, these are characteristics that never have ever been part of an Andy Reid team. If McNabb didn't get it done in the key moment, I can't blame Andy Reid for that. I watched Alex Smith, who played with no balls whatsoever his entire career in San Francisco, he goes to Kansas City, and Andy Reid teaches him how to drop his BBs and play with a little more aggressiveness. And Mahomes has been just fine. Sometimes you got to have the right person. Maybe McNabb wasn't the right person, and Mahomes is. That's all. Pretty simple. You know? So to, to listen to Shady go after Andy Reid, you lost all credibility with me right there because I know Andy Reid's an exceptional coach. Players love playing for that guy. He produces head coaches like it's going out of style. Give me a freaking break, dude. You know what I mean? Andy Reid's an ass kicker. Always has been, always will be. Bottom line, the end of story. That's it.
the Eagles, you fell short with Vermeil, you fell short with Andy Reid, and now you fell short with, with Sirianni. Is it really that Dick Vermeil's a bad coach? Is it really that Andy Reid's a bad coach? Is it really that Sirianni's a bad coach? No. Man, it just didn't happen for them. You know what I mean? And Andy's went to get his title in Kansas City. Dick Vermeil went to get his title in the Rams. Nothing against the Eagles fans. I'm not saying that this guy needs to leave, but maybe Sirianni wins it next year or the year after or something, and he has the right combination of everything. That's all. But Shady. And so Tyree Kill said Shady, uh, mad EB told him to tuck the ball. So there's a highlight there showing the play that uh, Shady fumbles. And I'm sure Eric Bieniemy went up to him and, you know, chastised him and told him, hey, hold, you know, you got to hang on to the goddamn ball. And that's coaching. And what? You, you, you're, you're too big to be coached? I mean, there's a reason why, Shady, you ended up bouncing around towards the back end of your career. You know, whatever, man. Uh, it, it just, but I, I thought that was was a funny story, and 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 uh, Cheetah going after him. See, that kills your credibility even more, Shady. Just so you'll know, because most people are are backing those guys. Look, I don't know if Eric Bieniemy is going to be a successful offensive coordinator, maybe a head coach down the line. I don't know, but the man's earned the right to actually get it, and he hasn't gotten it. And it's just a terrible look that all the white guys get the, the head coaching opportunities and the black guy doesn't. It's kind of screwed up. Now, maybe it's justified. Maybe he doesn't interview well. Maybe he doesn't have the personality for it. I don't know. We'll find out. But what I do know, at least from the periphery, he's earned the right that every other coach I don't care which one we're talking about, Nagy, LaFleur, uh, uh, Peterson, right? I think they're all from that. That they all, got they all got shots. So why not this guy? It's the weirdest thing, man. Really is weird. So uh, let's see. We got some super chats already coming in. Thank you very much. Very nice. Remember, you can make a donation through Cash App or Venmo. At Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. I'll be notifying the winners uh, tonight. Tonight I'll be notifying all the winners, Frankie, for, the, for those of you asking out there, uh, by the way. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Big O, what's your take on these Dolphin fans that keep trashing two up? I, I don't, you know, brother, whatever, man. It's uh, There's a lot of stupid people in this world. Uh, Hunter Butler, wish. Thank you for the love on the super chat. Wish I bet my savings on the Canes. Should have listened. You mean you haven't been listening when I tell you how many times have you would have won with the Heat? Betting against them when they're favorites and then betting for them when they're underdogs. I've Remember, I've kind of been, you know, I was taking, I was, my record would be really, really good right now because more often than not, I've been giving you winners the last couple of weeks um on a lot of these bets and i i i, I stopped keeping record and all that stuff but uh if you really listened over the last few weeks man we've rarely lost actually when we pick something thank god uh, and the heat has made you a bunch of money going against them a whole bunch of money and yesterday i just saw that and it was like what is vegas seeing 
Just like I don't know what Vegas is seeing with the Heat when they favor them by so many points, even against bad teams. It's like, are you watching the Heat? Like, the Heat has no business being heavily favored against anyone. It doesn't matter who it is. They're not good enough to be favored by a lot of points. So, yeah, and then yesterday, it's like the Canes are clearly better than Botek. They were going to win that game. So I bet the money line, and I took the two and a half points. Like, I was like money in the bank. And money in Bitcoin, actually. Uh, Frankie Fresco. He, here we go. AEW, John Moxley versus Evil Uno. And will Moxley, Moxley bleed whether he loses or wins? So is there something here with Moxie, Moxley bleeding or something here? What's uh, Is this like something he does? He has his uh, little packets of blood explode uh, in his there's, body? There are no blood packets there. Uh, you know, it's pro wrestling. No, they don't do that We wrestling? don't do blood packets, no, no. We have a, a, a more severe way of doing it. Uh, what, what, but, do, they do they take blood thinning pills so that way when they do get cut, they bleed more than they normally should? That's one way of doing it. Or you can throw a couple beers down, take a shot, and then you take you take the razor blade and you just right across the forehead. That's funny. That's I got funny. a few streaks right, so, from it. So is Moxley's thing to bleed? Yeah, he, ble he bleeds every match. Every match he bleeds. I talked about it last night. It's it's ridiculous. Well, if it bleeds, it leads, right? That's what the newscast does. It doesn't bring eyes. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So Moxley is all about if it bleeds, it leads. And maybe he has a future in uh, in the uh, news business. He could uh, work for CNN right away if it bleeds, it leads. It's a beautiful thing. Now, John Moxley versus Evil Uno. Well, you know, I, I, I got to tell you something. I got to go with Evil Uno on this one. He is powered by Tua. And Tua is going to be mad this year. Tua's taking judo. So he's going to kick your ass on the field. He's going to kick your ass off the field. And Evo Uno is inspired by Tua tonight. And he's going to show you, you know, we, we've seen like, uh, you know, edgy Tua, you know, on uh, pissy Tua on, uh, on the uh, podium at times and taking shots at people that he's throwing the deep ball and all that stuff. And, you know, that kind of, well, this is what's going to happen. You're going to get evil uno on the field this year miami dolphins fans and the spirit of evil uno is going to go right to evil uno tonight tonight i know Tua is going to be watching this and there's going to be kind of a um a an osmosis type of thing going on and evil uno is going to be inspired by the real uno not the game I know some of you have been playing Uno for years. No, no. The real Uno is Tua Tunga-Vailoa for the Miami Dolphins. He will inspire evil Uno to win and destroy bleeding-ass John Moxley. What do I get there, uh, Sean? A thumbs up, a thumbs down? What am I getting? Blind-ass fan alert. Look out, everyone. We've got a blind-ass fan coming through. All right. I, I love that you put it up to be in the evil Uno, but I think uh, 
they're working an angle with John Moxley and Adam pa- Adam Page, which is Evil Uno's friend. So I see Moxley beating the crap out of him until Adam Page makes the save. So that's kind of where. You got to turn the page. You got to turn the page on that. It's yeah. all about Evo. It's about the two friends now making yeah. it a personal fight. Adam Page may come out and cost Moxley. You may win. You're doing better at this than I am. You're doing better at this than I am. So I, I cannot go against it. But uh, yeah, that, that was a hell of a pick in the way you went about it. There, that was, that was tremendous. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Tua's going to uh, going to inspire this one tonight. Knight, thank you for the love on the super chat. Says hard to win when McNabb's puking on the sidelines. Yeah. You're right about that. Uh Hunter Butler says, I'm not 21. Gotta wait a little longer, and I'm going to sign up uh with my dad's social. I don't know what that means. Don't know what that means. Oh, betting. Ah, I see. I'm going off of your tweet. You can't bet until you're 20. Is that what it is? I have no idea. I'm an old man, so I don't even think about those things. Uh, it's it's 21 to bet, not 18? Okay. All right. So they can put a gun in your hand to go fight a war, but you can't bet. But we'll put a gun in your hand to go fight a war, but you can't drink. I just love that. Don't you, don't you love the common sense in our world? Because it hasn't changed, right? 18, you can go to the Army, correct? Is it still like that, Sean, Mr. Military Guy? I I went in at 17. Okay, I'm just saying. I I went a week after I graduated. But the thing is, what most bases do, and I don't know, again, this I got out in 99 and, and had friends. I don't really have anybody on bases right now to confirm this, but it used to be 18 you could drink on base. Even if it was 21 out in town, on base, right. you could go and drink at 18. I mean, plus, think, every- about how, think about how screwed up this world is, okay? I mean, us here in the United States. We'll give a kid an, a rifle at 18 to go defend our country, but he can't go have a drink. We'll give him a gun to go fight a war, but he can't vote because you got to be 21, right? Or No, you can't be 18. Uh, okay, you can't uh, gamble because you got to be 21, but you're old enough to go kill somebody or get killed at 18. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, the, you know, it's like, uh, you know. And, and they put limits on it. It's one case per person, you know, per room and two hard liquors. But what you do is you get six or seven rooms together, and then next thing you know, you've got uh, a lot of alcohol going around. Democrats want gun control, right? Which, hey, I would like, you know, real rules for real good laws, strong laws again. But yet, Democrats in California will let you steal up to $950 in just a misdemeanor. But you want gun control, but you want to allow people to steal for free. Then you've got conservatives. Don't tell me to wear a mask, but I'll tell you as a woman, you can't have an abortion. (laughs) <laughs> i love all this you know what i mean it's just it's freaking amazing bro it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on doesn't matter what it is so much shit in this world makes no sense whatsoever that kid there can't make a bet until he's 21 but we'll put a rifle in his hand and go set him to die 
shit that goes on in this world makes no sense whatsoever. All right, let's uh, let's get to Omar Kelly and our essential experts, our essential moving experts.com Miami Dolphins Exchange. Time to talk aqua and orange, Miami Dolphins fans. It's the essential moving experts, Miami Dolphins Exchange with Omar Kelly. When you're looking to move your home or business anywhere in the U.S. from coast to coast, call Essential Moving Experts at 305-602-8369. Flat rates and no surprise charges. EssentialMovingExperts.com. 305-602-8369. Let's talk Dolphins football. Here's Omar Kelly. Right, all right, all right. Don't you, don't you, don't you love the contradictions in our world? Yeah, I found I listened to probably the last maybe seven minutes of what you just said. And I I, I, I hate beginning this interview this way because people listen to us to hear us fight. I'm, I'm sure you're aware of this. Um, I, but I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I, I think it's ridiculous. Some of the laws, what you just said about abortion and controlling women's bodies, that's that's beyond. But the same conservatives will tell you, you can't tell me to wear a mask. I, 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 you can't tell me to wear a mask. There's a, there's a, uh, well, there's, there's nothing biblically mask, about wearing a mask. Who is a woman that you gotta, you can't have an abortion. It's like, yeah. Well, wait a minute, dude. Wait, <laughs> wait a. And then you know the Democrats are like, well, we gotta have gun control. Okay, wait a minute. But in Seattle, you're allowing a, uh, what was that called? A, um, a. Uh, oh, they took over a whole neighborhood. They shut down a police department. They kicked the cops out, and, and for like. A couple of weeks, they let them like live there and dominate. And I forgot what that was called. And, you know, it's like, OK, so you want uh, yeah. gun control, but you're going to allow just people and citizens to destroy an entire neighborhood and a and a, and a and a police department. Like, bro, you can't have it both ways, dude. You know what I mean? It's like and this happens everywhere, dude, in life. And like this, that kid can't bet till he's 21. But we'll give him a rifle to put his life on the line. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, uh, you know, I, I believe that the age restrictions, once you're 18, you're legally adult, you should be able to do everything. Now, will you do things responsibly? No. Yeah. Um, you know, right. maybe maybe there should be limits where we push things to 21. But, you know, who, yeah, who, football who, is one because of the bodies haven't developed at 18. That That is like golf and tennis and basketball. I, I never I've never I've never agreed with that baseball, either. From 18, this. I don't mind football. I do football. I really mind at 18 because most kids' bodies are not ready to take on these grown ass. I, I don't disagree with you, but then there are some talents that Kevin Garnett's LeBron James that are exceptions That's basketball. to the rule. That's basketball. I mean, yeah, but we're talking about tennis. If if it if it adheres to all all sports, why shouldn't it adhere to basketball? And and that's just my thought process. Will it will will everybody pan out? No, but there are kids getting million dollar uh, nil deals that don't pan out. Why why couldn't they go get that but million? Their bodies dollars? are not ready to take. That I, I don't disagree. I don't you know disagree that. with you. I don't yeah. disagree with you, but then you could say the same thing about baseball and and the muscles and the throwing and the pitching. And but then there are some kids at nineteen who are who are ready to play in the ma- in the no, major no, 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 no. But baseball's fine. I, I I think that you because you can see it. There's no contact in baseball. There, there's no contact there's... really. Uh, it's not. It's not really like it, it doesn't require a physical thing like it does in football. I, I think I think physically Derrick Henry was able to play in the NFL. 
And, right. and, and we go back, we go back to a, a popular uh, case study where John Madden said DJ Williams was ready to play in the NFL coming out of high school. And physically, he probably was. Mentally, there's always a couple. There's always a yeah, couple. There's always a couple, which is why I don't really support the rule. Why, you know, and I get it. It's it's their workforce, but right now, if I'm the XX, XXL or U or whatever the other leagues are, I can't even tell you. The USFL, name. you're 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 headed yeah. the right direction. It's if, I'm the, if I'm the XFL, USFL, I'm putting no I'm putting no age restrictions on. You can come play for me right now. And it's a developmental it, league, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah, and I sign you to a three-year deal, and we we go we go learn we go learn football just like we we play basketball in Europe. I mean, if you look at what's happening to the NBA game, where these Europeans are, the the influence or the flavor of the European game has now taken over the NBA game. That's because they've got developmental leagues that they take these kids from soccer too from 14 all the way to where they are right now right right who's to say that wouldn't have the same impact in the nfl if a kid could just focus on football only because of the physicality of it the bodies don't develop fast enough and there's very most don't there are freaks of nature who do Right, but it's very even Kevin Garnett's body wasn't developed for the NBA when he got into the NBA, but it quickly churned. Right, and and I I think the same thing can happen in the NFL. But you won't ruin nearly as many people in basketball and baseball. Colleges ruin. Colleges ruin twice as many people. Hold on, wait a minute. Colleges ruin. But in football, you'll ruin a lot of lives if you let. 18 year olds go to go to the oh, I, I think colleges ruin a lot of lives if if you look at I remember when I was covering the University of Miami this is millennials ago I remember I did a study on the five-star prospects a five-year study on the five-star prospects at coming out of high school and what happened to them how many made it to the NFL how many were first-round picks the percentage was astronomically low there were more three-star players making it to the NFL than five-star players. And well, I've never believed in this system. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I always say, I'll wait till I see him on the field and play. Yeah. And then I'll tell you if he's Good a stud. Degrees, maturity, on-field yeah. drama, academics. There's so that's many cool. factors. If you take a high school, if you take a high school player, let's say, let's say I'm the best cornerback in South Florida right now. And I'm I'm a high school senior. I've I've committed to FSU, UM, UF, whatever, whatever. And let's say the XFL offers me a three-year, two million dollar deal to go play for their league for three years until I become draft eligible in the NFL or 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 actually can sign as a free agent in the NFL. Why wouldn't I go do that as opposed to sit here and play in college athletics and yeah, they're compensating me on the back door. They've always been compensating you, but now they're compensating you above board on, you know, the back uh, above board with these NIL deals and Cadillac's going to give me a car and, 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 and mom and pops restaurants going to give me money. If I come sign, why wouldn't I just go do it on the professional route with somebody, not the NFL, go play for three years, for a coach and, and a staff that's going to develop me and then take my talents to the NFL where I could probably don't have to go through the draft and I become a free agent. And, and that benefits the XFL because 
people like me will be interested in watching that prospect as opposed to a guy who's flamed out in the NFL for the last three years. So I'm, I'm all about believing in that, investing in that, doing that model. And I don't think age should be a restriction. I, I, if, if you got the ability and to, and you have the, the dedication and determination, and then you don't, it, let's say you don't have the mind for school, like Chad Ochocinco didn't have the mind for school, community college, went to play at Oregon state for one year, went to the NFL, blew up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were maturity issues, but if sometimes those guys aren't, I would tell you the majority of the guys in the Hall of Fame are those guys as opposed to the guys like Zach who's cookie cutter and done it and been there and and great home and and, and situations like that. So, you know, I, 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 I would support the XFL or the USFL doing that as opposed to the route that they're going now, which is taking the leftovers of the leftovers of the NFL. Yeah, no, I, I was just talking with this uh, with Cam about this, that the XFL already has some kind of a partnership with the NFL. They have to get to the point where they bridge it to where teams, third string quarterback or practice squad players yes. are actually on your XFL rosters. And then the sick NFL fans, which a lot of us are, and I'm including myself. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say Skyler didn't play this year, like a normal third string yeah. quarterback is supposed to do. Okay, Skyler didn't play this year. Hey, let's send him down to the XFL affiliate. Love it. Let's see if we could get a get a I season in. And then, and then a sickle dolphin, right? Then us sickle dolphin fans would even watch the XFL even more because practice squad guys, practice like squad Channing, guys, right? Channing Tindall didn't play a lot. If oh, you sign a futures contract with the Dolphins. They should be able to allocate you to an XFL team and the XFL team compensates you. You go play. I'm medically protecting you as an NFL player. So if you get injured there, you come here, you're on my IR. Totally. I'll I'll give you another one. Another one. Jason Sanders, right? Kind of struggling. No, I know he played better towards the back. end. Absolutely not. No. Would you let me finish? I'm, I'm Jason like Sanders is kind of struggling, right, from last year to this past season. And so you say, hey, man, this young kid went undrafted. Let's sign him and let's send him to the XFL before training camp and we'll bring him in to compete with Sanders. So you didn't let me finish. No. And so maybe they like some guy out there that has a lot of ability and you sign him and then you send him to your XFL affiliate. So he starts getting uh, a little bit more uh, training and then your training camp starts and Sanders has been a little shaky, so you bring the kid in to compete with them after he had a good XFL season. You know, things like that you can do and kind of work it all out. It can't be just your third-string quarterback. Maybe Channing Tindall, who didn't play a lot this year. Maybe, you know, th- maybe the thinking behind everything and all that. And your affiliate, by the way, mm-hmm. has to kind of run also the same style of defense and those kind of things. And that way, the transition is a little easier and better because that's what they do in the minors. Like Maybe the heat you send your quality basketball. control coach down there. Right, right. Yeah. Right. You send your, I, I told Cam the same thing. You send your quality control coach who wants to be a wide receiver's assistant coach, send him down there to be an assistant wide receiver. Offensive coach. coordinator. Why not? Hey. Well, I mean, that, that would be the next, that, let's say if he was the wide receiver's coach, and then he becomes, but what I'm saying from quality control, you don't go to offensive coordinator. So from yeah, quality control, position coach so you move him up and you you let him train in the xfl at a position that's a little higher all of these things for personnel you might have a 
regional scout somewhere, and then you have them in the offseason step into the personnel department of, of it to help build that XFL team. And then that's his way of getting more education in the game and all of that. To me, that's what The Rock has to kind of, you know, bridge. And yeah. then if you could do that, that's the only way I think these one of one of these leagues will survive, Omar, because come on, dude, XFL and USFL are going to survive. The other thing I told Cam is, believe it or not, you got to steal the best of what's left in the CFL. Ooh. You have to. You have to. No choice. You got to find has, a way. CFL has very ironclad contracts generally. I know that. But you got to get them before they go to the CFL. You're going to okay. talk to the same agents. Okay. So you got to get them before they go there. So that way you have the Cam Wake stories. The you CFL. have the, um, the CFL. That way you have the Jeff Garcia stories. That no. way you have, you know, Oronde was Arena League, but, you know, something like that. Um, uh, Warner went to uh, the World League or whatever. The, the, and, uh, the, the, the I League. disagree with you slightly for this reason. The CFL runs their season the same time as the NFL. Most of these guys, these seasons, and, and I think well, the, re the reasons why the – and so basically you got to choose, give up on your NFL dream to go sign for the CFL, and some players are at the point where – they love, they like the guaranteed money, want to continue playing the game, and they get comfortable. I, I went to high school with one, um, Samuels, whose son plays in um, in the NFL now. Um, um, uh, his son, his son plays in the NFL, and he 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 really just loved and appreciated the Canada and played probably played eight years there. So, um, but what I think gives these Two is not going to survive. The XFL or USFL. Two are not going to survive. We no, no. But but what the XFL is the one that has a chance because it's already built some kind of a partnership with the but, the NFL. You got to grow and that the TV come. Whoever has the best TV deal is going to have a chance. Oh, he's they've opinion. got two. They've got TV deals. The yeah, XFL. exactly. Good I mean, it, it's it's the Rock. It's it's. But but we got we we we've seen so many fly by nights come by and, you know, I, as I said to you last time we talked, I enjoyed NFL Europe. I really did. Um, Me too. I, I I thought it was. I thought watching the Brent Grimes go roll, go and develop over there and the quarterbacks. I agree with you. I, I would love to watch Skylar Thompson play. Um, right for for a, 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 a six games, eight games. Right. right. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be a really cool thing. Um, would you uh would you would you think of the Fangio hire? I don't think did we get you before already on Fangio? No. I mean we we more? talk about Fangio. I, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I know we've been talking about Fangio for over a year. Oh yeah, we've been talking about Fangio for over a year. I took you know a beat down because uh, and by the way, the amazing part, the amazing part is outside of their agent, they don't really have a relationship. Yeah, which you know it, you know it, and I know it, Omar. Lots of bad coaches survive in this league because their friend and that friend and this friend keeps hiring them. No, and rarely do you hire people that you don't know. Usually, they, they know each other. They know each other. They don't. They're not buddy buddy. But no, they don't have a relationship. They yeah. they they know of each other. They've had conversations in passing. Yeah. But it's still uh, it's still odd how it's, you're able no, to land no a big name like Tomlin. that without a real relationship. No different than uh, I mean, yeah, to get him over Sean Payton, yeah, but I mean, because Cam, Cam was trying to make it about money, and I the money was going to be the same everywhere, bro. The and, Walmart and, and, and it's, it's offset. It's offset language for his yeah. existing contract. So yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not going to buy the money. 
I think he he wanted this job when it initially was available, and then McDaniel was forced to keep the defensive staff, and he had no choice in that. I hate I, I disagree with you. I think the old man wanted a year off. I think the old man does whatever the hell he wants. No, he's no, get I know for a fact. I know for a fact bro. McDaniel was forced to keep his staff. So, well, I'm sure, he, I'm sure he was forced after he couldn't get. No, I, I doubt they're going to force him to keep fans. No, to, no, no, they he they it, it it got to me because they wanted to entice the owner to change his mind that we can upgrade if if we. I I know this for a fact. So, Fangio is. Fangio wanted the job, but they weren't allowed to change the staff. He was not allowed to change the staff, which I thought was a mistake from the get go. Um, And I, you know, you know, I'm not a big fan of the outgoing defensive coordinator for, for multitude of reasons. Um, But uh, I'm excited about what can happen, what can be, because this is a very good, well-respected defensive mind in the NFL and now it gives Mike McDaniel the opportunity to free himself up of even worrying or concerning himself about the defense because I think even though he had a very hands-off approach last year when the defense was struggling you got to change or alter the way that you play or coach just in my opinion and and they were struggling for a multitude of reasons including injuries but if you have a defensive mind who can overcome and compensate for injuries which which i i believe was not the case last year or or alters his approach and style which i believe was not the case last year you've you've given yourself a chance yeah no i'm with you i i think it's a a fantastic hire uh ronaldo hill makes his way back i love ronaldo i'm a a big fan I'm a big fan of Ronaldo because Ronaldo was on the first Dolphins teams that I covered, and I gained so much respect for him as a leader, as a captain. Um, he was he was, in my opinion, the reason that they made it to the playoffs in 2018. He was probably the uh, outside of Chad Pennington, probably the number two reason because of his play, his return, and the impact that he had on that defense. And I know that he's going to help safeties and the cornerback unit get better. I know he's going to help the defensive coordinator by having better coverage calls. How about, how about Staley allowing him to leave because Staley had so much respect for his former boss in in Fangio. Uh, And I'm sure Staley also being a defensive uh, minded coach, he probably feels, okay, I can go get another defensive coach, but you know, a lot, a lot of teams a cock block you bro normally like yeah it's a no. lateral move it's not I, really... I, I don't i don't know there there has to be something more to it. and 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 for i somebody needs to get to the bottom of this because i haven't really or maybe brandon it. stanley knows he's got about another year left and then fangio will hire Ooh, him wow wow you really went there you really went there maybe his contract hey, was up as well hey bro are, would you have brought him back this year no, if I knew no. I was going to get Sean Payton, no. No, if, if I if I knew for certain I was going to get Sean Payton, no. If you Sean Payton, fired him, dude, you would have fired him the year before. The whole league had him fired the year before, and they kept him around. No, and, again, I, and I don't even think he's a bad coach. I just think that he has to have somebody who can help develop Herbert, and. I'm not sure, and I don't want to be sound like a hater because I often come off as a Herbert hater, 
But for the amount of talent that that guy's got, you gotta you gotta have somebody helping him clean up and get to that next level. And you can't teach you can't teach cojones. Wow. See, I'm not gonna sit cojones. here. I'm not gonna sit here and throw the Herbert hate. But when in the process where I'm evaluating what, what, Tubert and the Herbert, same guy named Trevor Lawrence, and watch the same guy named Josh mm. Allen play. Big, athletic, can move, can throw the ball. Yeah. All three of them. Which, which tell me the two guys. All three have better quarterback fire. developers. But 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 tell, tell me which of the guys plays with the kind of fire that they play that they do whatever it takes to win the game. Which are the guys that do that? Trevor Lawrence and Josh Allen. They will run, they will run through people, they will do whatever they have to do. They they will they will test downfield. I, I think you're this giving them is, a lot of this credit guy's a for check the down Charlie for a big ass dude, and he never sells his body out. I don't want you to run like Josh Allen because that's stupid, but I do want you to use your athleticism every once in a while. And he just does not use it nearly enough. He is afraid to put his body out there. Unlike Trevor Lawrence, unlike Josh Allen. So that for me, is... when I watch those guys, I watch those guys play with cojones. Mm. When I watch when I watch Herbert, I watch Jeff George. Ooh. Is what I'm watching. I'm watching Jeff a, a more athletic do Jeff George. Don't do that. Uh, that's what Don't I'm watching. Phillips Rivers. Scored you scored three points in a playoff game in the second half. Philip Rivers points. without the Moxie. Well, no, but no. Philip Rivers had the moxie, but he was irresponsible. It, there's a difference between moxie and, like, Mahomes has moxie, and he'll make a couple of mistakes, but he won't make enough mistakes to bury you, whereas Philip Rivers has that Vinny Testaverde in him that he'll keep throwing the freaking interception and kill you and kill you and kill you because he's forcing shit. So, yeah, Rivers didn't have a, 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 um, you know, a memory of his bad plays, but the problem is that they kept happening too much uh, i i don't want to sound like a herbert hater but there was something missing and it shows still in in his career there's something there's the it missing and yeah. you you're giving you're giving um doug peterson it's behind the zipper go ahead i'm sorry you're not giving brian dayball ken dorsey and doug peterson enough credit for what they've done with the other two quarterbacks that you compared justin herbert with then I ask you. Oh, that may, oh uh, Josh Dan, uh, Daniel Daniel Jones. I'm sorry, is not half as good as all those guys we talked about, but he plays with more balls yeah. than. If you if you than, gave Justin Herbert to Brian Dable, he'd probably be a top three quarterback in the league right now. And, and maybe the, the Daniel, you know, just the, just look at what he did with Daniel Jones in one season. Just yeah, one. but Daniel played like this all the time. The oh, thing is, Daniel was hell what no. he did was harness it a little bit more no. and, and eliminate the mistakes in what he did. But Daniel Jones always played balls out. Always. Mm. I, I don't sold disagree. out I don't body. Agree with you. What are you talking about, bro? He runs all the time. He'll sell out his body all the damn time. Let me, let me he tried, he tried, what he is is like he is a more athletic Philip Rivers. Is what he was. He'll he'll kill you with those mistakes. Whereas this kid is super gifted. And he plays conservative for his gifts. You, you make me all you know my stats to back up my argument. Um, What's that? I said no, what I love true. about you, you. You know, I disagree with you, and I'm gonna find my. Yeah, stats but it, but it kills you. What you end up doing when you go look at the stats, it kills your arguments. That no, oh my God, Lucas is better than what I thought he was. 
No, no. Daniel Jones was not better than he thought he was. Daniel Jones ran for ran for twice as many yards in his career. He was not a scrambler, athletic, move type of guy. Daniel Jones might have had two to three carries per game, um, and that doesn't and and, and that, that, by the way, and Justin Herbert does not do that. He yeah, does not I, have I, but you don't want you don't want quarterbacks running, which I I don't under I don't agree, disagree with you, but I don't agree with you. If they have the athleticism. You do want them running again, scrambling. Yes, yeah, scram. I I want my quarterback scrambling for a first down at least two times. I don't want you running like Josh Allen that you think you're going to run through linebackers and safeties. That's just freaking stupid what he does. I've always but had I do this want, mindset. But I do want you. I do want you running like Mahomes. You have to show a threat. You have to right. show a threat. I need no. you scrambling for a first down at least two times a game. And Trevor yeah. Lawrence will do that. Okay, and Josh Allen will do that. He goes to an, another extreme that's ridiculous. But certain guys that have that gift, they'll do that. They'll at least go get you a couple of yards when they have a wide open field. Like, bro, there it is. Take it. You know what I mean? And, and to me, I don't have a problem with that. As long as you see it's wide open, take it. There's a you know a running lane right there. Bro, take it. Slide. Take the extra seven, eight yards. Those things are just backbreakers for, for defenses. So it's just, I mean, look at Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I mean, no, he no freaking kills you, dude. No disagree. Like you have not, and he doesn't go and take off. I know he he had the shoulder thing, but he doesn't really take on a ton of uh, contact too, which is what I like. He's smart about it. You know, yeah, it's I'm, curi I'm curious what happens with him in the contract. Oh, he'll get his money. You saw AJ yeah, Brown. Will. You see AJ Brown? Uh no, I did not. What What uh, did AJ Brown say? Uh, well, why why? tell you what he said better yet let's show you what he said listen this i love philly and i'm about what i'm about to say you do not pay this man just shoot me off wherever he finna go <laughs> it's over <laughs> with listen so you talk about pressure how we get it done, get it done. <laughs> listen this i love philly and I'm about, what I'm about to say. Mm. Listen. They, they, you know, I remember being at the Senior Bowl. I can't hear you. You're, you're, you're muted. And you saw, and you saw Hurt's face next to him there. You know what I mean? Like he got. Oh, was Hurt's in that, in that video? That was Hurt's to his, to his left or our right. That was Hurt's with the, with the, with the dreads going, going crazy. That's so not Hurt's like, with his dreads. Hurt's get dreads. Uh, or what was it? Or was it the guy on the far left? I but Hertz is there. That. He's smiling with it. Let but me Hertz see that picture left. again. Let me see it. I think he's on the right. What it is, right? Let me see. Hold on. Let me bring it up again. Uh, yeah. I mean, my eyesight ain't minute. great. Hold on a second. Oh, he hey, he could have dreads. No, don't, he doesn't have that. dreads. We not. He not. Don't did, say he... that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Jimmy Butler had dreads down to his ass. I hate, day. as somebody with real authentic dreads, I That's hate the saying. fake dreads. That's what I'm saying. They weren't no. real. No, those were um, what they call those wicks. And yeah. Well, the, you would know that. I don't know about that. Let me see. Yeah, that's you. Listen. No, that's not him. That's not him. Get it done. <laughs> No, that's not him. No, Jalen Hurts is not. Here. No, that's not here. him. That, that here, guy here. is. Here. He's man. Just shoot right. me off. Wherever he's going to go. It's over. Wherever he's going to go. Packers deal me <laughs> with you. Listen, no, so you talk about pressure, how we get it done. Get it done. <laughs>
That's not him. Right here. This is Jalen Hurts. I'm telling you, that's not him. Do not pay his man. That's not him. Why is he? Why is he pointing at him? No, I I don't know. That's not him. That's not him. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look up closely. The article says it's him. The article says it's him sitting there smiling. Uh, let me. All right, we'll move on. I. I no. Anyway, I, we got to end because we got Matt Verderam here at the top of the hour, as always. But appreciate you as always. Uh, right. We'll catch up next week. Follow him on Twitter at Omar Kelly. Always, always appreciate you, my man. We'll talk. Always, later. always, big You got it. There you go. That is our EssentialMovingExperts.com Miami Dolphins Exchange. This podcast replay is brought to you by RedRecover.com. From NFL stars like Hayden Hurst to daily warriors like yourself, their wraps and pads are designed to deliver maximum benefits with each treatment anywhere you go. A ride, a ride. There he is, the man, the myth, the legend that is Matt Verderam. How you feeling, baby? Feeling good. Feeling good. Waiting for us uh, to get about a foot of snow here today outside Chicago. So I'm just settling in and accepting it. Yes, yes. God, you guys are getting some of these brutal ass storms, bro. It just uh it seems like they just get um more extreme is what it seems yeah. like. Whatever yeah. it is, it just becomes more extreme. Uh whether it's a hurricane, tornadoes, uh, snowstorms, it's just man, it just seems to be more and more extreme crazy stuff, dude. So uh, be safe out there. So you guys, when you know it's like you do the same shit we do in hurricanes, right? You like run to the store, pack up some food and and drinks and all that because you're gonna be stuck for a while, and you got to make sure you have uh, the goods while you're in there, right? Is that, is you that know, the honestly? Deal? I don't because I'm and probably like a lot of people in Florida, maybe maybe idiotically, I'm so used to it that if I have to go to the store, I'll just go out to, to the store. Like I have a jeep, so I'll just jump in the jeep and just go, which is stupid. I don't advise doing that. Um, but no, we're getting like a half foot to a foot of snow. The thing that makes it tough today is it's a lot of ice mixed in. That's when it's dangerous. That like that, I will not drive in. If it's snow, I'm more concerned about some somebody else who's driving 70 on a side road because they don't care and they're in a Camaro and they have no ability to control their vehicle. That person I'm terrified of. But when there's ice, that's when you have a problem. Because I don't care if you have four-wheel drive, two-wheel drive, nine-wheel drive. Like, if you hit ice, you're going off the road. So that's where you really got to be careful with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, listen, when you when you tell me that, you know, I'm a Florida guy, so it's not like I have a lot of experience driving in ice. Yeah. So did you go to the Dallas Super Bowl? I didn't. That was before I – that was uh, – that was a little before my time covering the league. Well, you know they got hit by an ice storm. This is, oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Was it eight, ten years ago? I don't know. What oh, it that was, was something like that. that. was like 12 years ago. Yeah. 12 years ago? Okay. Yeah. I don't know, bro. It's uh, Time flies. Yeah. And so I'm with what, one of my producers, Brandon Rodriguez, who's an awesome dude. And um, he gets sick as a dog. So I got to go out and get him some, some medicine, you know? It's not good. And I shit you not, bro. I was doing about literally five miles an hour yeah. because when I, and all I had to do was go like two miles away or three miles away. It took me 45 minutes to do all of that because I literally was going five miles an hour because I saw idiots doing 15 and 20 and 30 and hydroplaning into the wall of the, of the highways. Oh, I saw like three, four accidents on my way to, to it. All I had to do was get up 
on the on the thing, get off in two exits because I'm following, you know, yeah. the, the 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 Google thing, and boom, and I drive right in. And I tell you, it took me 45 minutes because I had I, I said I'm not crashing, dude. I'm gonna go like barely the the the, the speed when you lay off the damn brake and just ride however far how fast it can go, a couple miles. That's as far as I'm going, bro. Like a like a Walt Disney ride or something. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. The I, idiot mayor. She did not want to salt the streets because they don't do that there because she was afraid of the damage it would do to the streets. <laughs> so instead of salting the streets, just let people ice just go flying everywhere. That's great. Uh, you know, you know it's, funny, like, it's funny you say like, that. Like, dude, they do this all over the country and they do it lots of times. Everywhere. You're in Dallas. Yeah. You're not going to get a lot of these. It's not going to do that much damage. Go ahead and salt the streets. I'll oh tell you, God. it's funny. So, well, it's funny because nobody ended up getting hurt. But when I was in when I was in high school in a small town in New York, I lived up in, the, in, the, in a mountainous region. And so people always think of New York, they think of New York City. But I actually live 90 miles outside of it. And it's mountainous. And so our school system, when I was a kid, it was like a running joke. They would never close school. We could get... Two feet of snow. They'd give us a two-hour delay, like whatever it took to get everybody into school because nobody wanted to have to stay an extra day or two at the end of the year. So we get – I forget what. Probably I was maybe 15. We got like six inches, nine inches, like somewhere in that range. And everybody's thinking, even by our standards, like, all right, we're going to close school today. Nope, not even a delay, nothing. Like we're coming into school. I'm like, all right. Now, I lived like two miles from the school, so I, I just drove myself and I didn't have to take a bus or anything. So my buddy calls me. This is like the very beginning of like kids having cell phones. Calls me. It's like, hey man, we're not going to make it in today. I was like, yeah, your roads real bad. He's like, oh, our bus just slid into a lake. <laughs> I was like, oh, slid into God. a lake. I'm like, you guys all right? He's like, yeah, everybody got out the back door. We're fine. I was like, oh my God. I'll tell you what. For the next two and a half years of high school, if there was a rumor of snow, they closed school. They were so terrified of getting sued by a parent. They're like, that's it. We're done now. Post yeah. that. I went to school, college in SUNY Oswego. It's a state school in New York, which is like 20 minutes outside Syracuse. It's right on the banks of Lake Ontario. If Dan Marino was standing at the edge of my dorm hall, he could have thrown a football into the lake. Okay. You want to talk about lake effects? No, it's like Buffalo. My freshman year, people don't believe me. They can go look this up. We got 11 feet of snow in three days. In wow. three days they plowed the parking lot and the only way you could find your car was to jam your arm into like a wall of snow and feel for a car and then try to find the license plate and just clear that off it was it was like a scene out of a movie people were shoveling off their their like lower level roofs and then just walking off right onto the snow drifts that's how high it was it was unlike anything i've ever seen before or since uh, it was a lot of snow good times it's crazy, man. Crazy stuff. Well, what'd you think of uh, of AJ Brown saying, Howie, you, you better pay Jalen Hurts <laughs> uh, or I'm out of here too. I'm going with him. I mean, this is not a Lamar Jackson situation. No, it's not. Uh, Jalen has uh, an agent. Jalen has also shown drastic improvement in his passing. And he doesn't have the injury history also that Lamar has had. And right. so I think it's just a, a night and day thing. I think some people think that, you know, because of what's going on with Lamar. But I think Lamar's situation is completely different than everybody else pretty much searching for a contract right now. I don't expect Hurts to have 
one issue whatsoever with his contract. I expect the Eagles to take care of that, you know, properly because they've got the right guy, the guy that works hard and is willing to improve all the time. And he, and he's shown it. Yeah. And I think too, you know, Howie Roseman is one of the top two, three jams in, in the league, not the best yeah. GM in the league, like man knows what he's doing. So he's not going to screw around with this. They, they know they have one year left in this deal because a lot of times when we talk about quarterbacks being eligible for an extension, like Herbert or Burrow, or even, even two, although we know he's not going to get extended this year. Like, those guys still have two years left in their deal because they have the fourth year and then they had the option. Hertz doesn't have the option. It wasn't first round pick. So right. they have to extend him this year. They get into a very tough situation. Here's the difference with Hertz. It makes this easy for Philly. Not only has he been durable, everybody on the team loves him. Not to say that that's not the case with Lamar, but they love him in Philly. And what isn't the case with Lamar, he's gone to the Super Bowl. Like he just went toe to toe with Mahomes. You can yeah, all you out play him. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. he, you know you can win the Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts. You very well just could have. Like you went to the game, and you played the best team, maybe outside yourselves, or or you know however you want to look at it, one A, one B, and you played the best quarterback, and you were right in that game. You maybe even should have won that game, depending upon yeah. how you wanted to frame it. So um, yeah, with Lamar, with Lamar, you struggle to even win a playoff game. Right. I mean, it's a totally different situation. There's no yeah. questions with Hurts here. Like there's, he's checked all those boxes. So to me, yeah. yeah, I have no problem giving them the extension. I think with Lamar, you get into the whole he's been injured the last two years. Is he going to continue to evolve as a passer in the postseason, both for he and the team? It's been ugly. None of that's been true with Hurts. So I, I think for him, yes, it's a lot easier of a deal to get done than some of these other quarterbacks we're going to talk about, like Lamar and, of course, Daniel Jones, who's not on the same tier as those guys anyway. No, uh, yeah. you know, but but – I think, yeah, for, for Jalen Hurts, this this should be fairly easy. The Eagles are going to find a way to come to terms with him. If I'm if I'm Brian Dable, I got to tell you something. Nobody talks about this. But if I'm Brian Dable, I'm going, well, wait a minute. You want this much Daniel Jones? Hey, uh, get me Derek Carr on the phone. I, Bro, I've talked about that. I'll be right there with you. Like, if you're you, the you giant. Want th you want this much? Hey, um. Get me Jimmy Garoppolo on the phone. I'll get him for less and maybe a better quarterback for me. If you're you know, the Giants. I, I, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe I'll have to deal with Aaron Rodgers. But you got to give up picks. That's, and, yeah, and, that's, and that's a, a band-aid for a year or two, yeah. and you got to deal with it. Yeah. To me, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers belongs anywhere in New York. But no, Derek Carr, if I'm the Giants, okay, I, I'm thinking Derek Carr over, over – if you did this with Daniel Jones – what right. are you going to do with Derek Carr? So here's the thing. The Giants have 47 million in cap space. Okay. The only teams that more are the Bears, the Falcons, and, and the Raiders. And we know the Bears aren't going after him. We know the Raiders certainly aren't going after him. So, you know, the Falcons, okay, fine. If you're Derek Carr, even if the Falcons can't call him, where would you rather go? Um, I, I mean, I I think for the Giants, you're right. I mean, I, I've thought about this, and I've even written about this a little bit throughout the course of the last couple months. Like, if Daniel Jones is going to really overplay his hand here. And so I want forty million. I want forty-five million a year. Like get the hell out of here. I bro. understand an agent has to go out and get the most for his guy, but you know what? Like at some point, you do overplay it. That's where you have a problem, right? It's like if you play poker and you've got a pair, and you're like, oh, I got a pair of tens, and you're playing against somebody, and you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe they have a pair of tens in that or in that realm, pair of nines, pair, of, but maybe they've got like a flush, and you just throw every chip you have in the middle of the table, that's a problem when you flip your cards over if that guy's got a flush. Like, the Giants 
they have more leverage here than Daniel Jones and his agent think. Because if I'm the Giants, I'd be like, we're gonna first of all, we can tag you for 32 million bucks. So you're not getting 40 to 45 million, because why the hell would we have to pay you that? Secondly, like if I'm New York, I am absolutely sitting there thinking to myself, there's no way we'll pay you that. We'll go sign Carr, or as you just mentioned, Garoppolo even, who I think Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. So the question is, can he stay healthy? Right, he can't stay healthy. Yes. But, but uh, that, that's why yeah, he won't be able to demand a shitload of money either. But it's a yeah, right, of course. It's a crazy, crazy amount of money for Daniel Jones. Nobody, Anybody who pays him that should be fired immediately. He threw for 3,200 yards and 15 touchdowns. He's Mac Jones. Like, who is who is paying this? Like, people have this weird thing about, well, he's so improved. Okay, yes, but he was improved off of being awful. It's not like Trevor Lawrence improved and went from being good to an all-pro. Like, there are levels of improvement in life. Plus, we saw Trevor Lawrence in Clemson play at an incredibly high level. We never saw Daniel Jones play at an incredibly high level at Duke. It's Never a weird. Never. I think sometimes people just have this like this warped sense of reality where you look at these guys and go, yeah, but he won a playoff game. Okay, that's fine. And listen, kudos to him. That's fine. They beat the Vikings, who can't stop anybody, and then they went to Philadelphia and got beat by a hundred points. And Daniel Jones looked like me trying to play quarterback. Like Nick F- Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Doesn't yeah, make him a good I mean. Come on now. Like, that's just great. Ryan Tannehill went to the A's championship game. Okay? Right. Like, you can't. Yes. Daniel Jones was helped out by the fact he has a great young coach. He has a really good running game. Defensively, they were better than people give him credit for because they got guys like Dexter Lawrence and Thibodeau at front who are no joke. Okay? They're really, really good around him in a lot of spots. They're not perfect. They, they're not, to be fair to him, the receivers are awful. Okay, and he still was able to do some stuff. But that being said, I think the ceiling for him is Alex Smith, which is a good quarterback. There's nothing wrong with Alex Smith, but you're not paying Alex Smith top five to eight quarterback money. That's nuts. If you said to me the Giants are going to pay Daniel Jones three years and between 75 and 90, okay. I mean, I think you're signing up for three years of being a wild card team, but okay. You pay him five and 200? Like you're you're not even making the playoffs when that money kicks in because you got to pay everybody else. It's it's crazy. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Uh, to me, if I'm the Giants, that's kind of what I'm thinking of. And everybody's looking at Derek going to you know New Orleans or 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 maybe even the Jets or something like that. If I'm the Giants, man, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to force the Jets to maybe settle for Daniel Jones. I'm going to take you know Derek Carr when it's all said and done. I just I'm with you. It's just you pay that. Anybody that would pay Daniel Jones that kind of money, you you've got to be out. And if you're, and if you're Brian Dable, do you really want to tie your wagon for it? Because you know, you and I know, you're stuck with him for three years because yep, that's not it. so much the salary. You're going to have to give him a signing bonus and guarantees. And I can and I guarantee you, it's not going to be a one year, one year, one year deal like they did with Derek Carr. No, 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 no. This will be. That that agent knows that this guy's not that good. You better time no multi-year deal so he has at least a three-year contract, you know, from here on out. That's your job as an agent. You know what I'm saying? And so yep. that's where, man, that is a risky, risky, risky deal. Um, the Brock Purdy thing, that's a hell of a setback for the uh, the Niners. I saw that, um, what was it? 
it was uh, Jeff Garcia saying that they should go with Purdy as the starter, you know, if he's ready for the beginning of the season. Now with the swelling and all that, and they haven't started Probably. the surgery yet, that that starts to become a setback for him to be ready for the beginning of the season. Okay. And then um, I forgot which was the other former uh, uh, Niner that said, no, they've got to go with Trey Lance. Uh, he's going to be the guy and Brock will be the backup. You know, in a way, I think San Francisco's in a screwed up situation because you can talk Purdy all you want, but, dude, you gave up three first-rounders and a second-rounder to get that guy. And at one point or another, you've got to shit or get off the pot, and you've got to try to justify that move because, you know, this is the problem that Miami has with Tua. You screwed up for two years with Fitz and Jabroni Brisket and all that stuff, and you didn't develop him for those two years. Plus, your head coach couldn't build an offensive staff. So now year three rolls around, and now you've got year four coming next because you've got to then decide on the tag and a, and, a, and, a, and an extension. Right. Now right. you still don't have enough because you know Tua can play at least, but you you got to now see if he can stay healthy. That's his next you know thing. Right. So you're stuck in a rock and a hard place. You're going to do the same shit with Trey Lance. You keep putting it off and putting it off, and all that you spent, you're never going to find out about the guy, and you've got to find out about the guy whether you hit on him or not. You're controlling Purdy for three more years. He's a seventh rounder. He got more than he expected. He can sit and wait. Sure. But you got to find out about Trey Lance, whether you like it Man. or not. I've right? seen so many people. I've seen so many people in the league. Like, people cover the league who are like, well, you know, Purdy deserves a shot. Bro, that's not the NFL. That's not the way this works. The NFL doesn't care if you deserve something or not. The NFL cares about how things look in a lot of ways. And let me tell you something. The Niners have one seventh-round pick invested in Brock Purdy. They have three first-round picks invested in Trey Lance. Now, and a second-rounder. And a second-rounder. If Purdy proves to just be that much better than Trey Lance, then look, the best man wins fine. Fair enough. If it's arguable, Trey Lance is getting that job because they invested that much into him. That's the way this works. I'll give you another example from this past season. Okay, Clyde Edwards-Alert, Chiefs took him in the first round. The Chiefs, for two years, have tried to make Clyde Edwards-Alert their feature back. Okay, in fact, for three years. Three years. They finally, halfway through the year, unfortunately for him, Edwards-Alert got hurt, and they said, okay, Isaiah Pacheco, your seventh-round pick, fine, play. And he played so damn well that they're like, well, what else, what else are we going to do? Like, he's playing. And, 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 so the, they, and the worst part about it was? What? I'm not a Chiefs fan. I'm a 1,500 miles away, and I'm going from the beginning – Hey, that Pacheco guy, yeah, why aren't they playing him more? Because yeah. every time he comes in, yes. he runs. He reminds me of a young Marion Barber that he runs with this anger, yes. this they, force. You know what I, I'm saying? I don't know that he's he not ever... Derrick Henry. Like right. Marion Barber and him did not. They don't have the bodies of those big backs that are super physical. True. But yet they run that way. And I'm like, bro. Yeah. And Chiefs they, fans were saying the same thing and yeah. all that. And you were saying it. And then eventually he gets his shot and I mean, it's over. He got his shot because CH got hurt. I mean, that was basically it. And then they finally, like, he played so well that the Super Bowl, they made Edwards Alaire inactive, healthy and active. But they, but like, it took all that for them to find this guy's so good. Like, we got to play him. And I think with the Niners, the reason I bring it up is the Niners are going to look at this and go, look, we invested a ton in this guy. We're going to look like dopes if Trey Lance just flat out can't play. So we're going to give him every shot. Now, that being said, look, if Trey Lance goes out there and he's just terrible, then that, that's, that is what it is. They're not going to lose games to try to prove themselves right. But 
with Purdy having now to reschedule the operation, you're talking potentially six months out from that operation. Like maybe he starts a year on the pup list and he's out for I think first he will. month. Right. Yeah. I mean, that is going to give Lance is going to make it a break in the first month of the season. Either you're going to prove you're the guy or it's going to become, okay, you're not the guy. You can't do it. And Purdy's going to play. But that first month is going to be fascinating in San Francisco. There's no, no opportunity for a slow start. If you are, if you're Trey Lance, you got to start, you got to start fast. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. And that's why to me that that's a uh, one hell of a gamble. I think this happened after uh, your thoughts on the Fangio hire officially. I think I think Fangio's a, a, a terrific hire for the Dolphins. I really do. I mean, he's – look, he didn't work as a head coach, but a lot of guys don't work as a head coach or a great as coordinators. That's, that, that's irrelevant. Okay? Um, Steve Spagnuolo didn't work well as a head coach either. Man, it's three Super Bowl rings as a D coordinator. Wade Phillips, bro. Right. I mean, there's a million. I never want him as a head coach, but I want him every I mean, single time as my defensive if, coordinator. If you, go back and think about the, if you go back and think about the Dolphins in the 70s, Orangebarger, right? Great yes. coordinator. Went to the Giants. was terrible. So on and so on. Fangio is an excellent defensive coordinator. He's very much like look, he plays. He plays in a lot of ways the same way the Eagles play defense because he he was a, a consultant for them throughout the year. Um, you know, he plays some of that that zone, but he'll he also bring some pressure. Um, he's had a long history of being a damn good defensive coordinator, whether it was Chicago, San Francisco, Denver. I mean, I honestly. I was actually talking to somebody the other night, and I was going over the teams I think could make a jump from being like a fringe contender to a contender. Miami's one of them because of Vic Fangio. That defense yeah. was a mess at times last year. That defense will not be a mess under Fangio. It will not be. My biggest question now is Tua and his health because the rest right. of that well, team – look, you, you still have some spots in the offensive line you'll have to shore up, okay, but the yeah, weapons, But it's only two. Right, but it's not it's a disaster two like for, it was. For the, bro, it's for the Dolphins? It's better. For the Dolphins. That right. is an incredible accomplishment. You don't have to worry about your center, your left tackle, and your right guard. Right. I, that, I that, that is – that's sick. So, if you, can, if you can, like, maybe plug up one of those holes and then, you know, defensively look. Like, I think they're going to be a lot better just literally because they have Fangio. So, um I, I think it's a I think it's a great opportunity for the Dolphins to really improve very quickly defensively. And by the way, I uh, I've mentioned this to a couple guys. I what I thought was amazing that they really didn't have a relationship. They kind of you know had a couple of conversations in passing. They had the same agent, and yet they were they were connected with each other from last year, and 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 that yeah. and that kind of. That whole thing kept riding on. That was the theme the entire time. Fangio to Miami, Fangio to Miami, McDaniel. And, and to me, in this game, in the way it's played, the way it's hired, the way the buddy-buddy system happens in the NFL where bad coaches float from one team to another because their friends keep hiring them, Right. This is not the norm, actually. Usually, if you don't have some kind of a connection, a real connection, a real right. relationship, right. these things don't happen to young coaches where they get established guys like this. No, it's it's, it's a home run hire. I, I think he's an excellent. I think he's a top five defense coordinator in the league. Might even be a top three. Like he's really, really good. And to add him, I really think it'll just elevate the talent on the roster. Like I don't. I don't know that they have to go out and do that much because really, really, like the Dolphins have talent on defense. It's not like you look at the Dolphins just go, they have nobody. I mean, I, I love. Oh, they were injured the last year. Right. That was a problem. That, that was they couldn't run their defense because Byron Jones yeah. was out the entire year. Yeah. Nick Needham went out. Brandon Jones, their strong safety, went out. 
and X was playing like at 70 percent with the with either one or two growing injuries, depending on what part of the year, you know, we're talking about that. And so the pressure that you really wanted to run with that defense, you couldn't do it anymore because your secondary was, you know, left out there to hang dry. And, and by the way, for Fangio's scheme, it's also imperative that your secondary is super healthy because he doesn't necessarily blitz a ton. He blitzes on specific moments. He's not going to be as blitz happy as Flo was, or even Josh Boyer last year wanted to probably be more blitz happy, but he couldn't once he lost all his secondary, you know, overall. So it's going to be a little different in the sense, but the secondary still has to be really healthy for Fangio. It does. It does. I think the guys who are going to benefit most from this are guys like Jalen Phillips, who's a really good young player who I think nationally gets underrated, who's going to be on the radar after this season. Guys like Javon Holland. Holland, Holland, Holland's going to be, yeah. We talk about coverage. Oh, my God. I think Javon Holland's going to have seven-plus interceptions next year. Well, they'll they'll move him all all over the place with Fangio. They'll play him as a safety. They'll play him in some man situations. Like, they'll they'll move him all over the place. He's a slot guy. He can cover the slot anytime he wants. He can cover a tight end if you feel like. It's a little bit of a of a clumsy comparison, but he kind of reminds me of Tyron Matthew in some ways, like the way a he bigger, a lot bigger of Tyron Matthew, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. bigger than him, right? But he he oh, just in yeah. sense of like he does a lot of different things in the secondary. You can move him all over the place, Great. make him kind of the queen of the chessboard, if you will. Um, yeah, but I I think like Jalen Phillips and the other thing. Look, let's be real. The Dolphins gave a huge contract to Bradley Chubb. Like fans just got to make that work. That's got to work. Right. That's and that and by working, that's got to be ten plus sacks a year. Like to pay him that yes. amount of money. Bradley Chubb's got to be a difference maker week in, week out. Not like, oh, he had three sacks this one game, and then he disappeared for a month. Like, he needs to be a big-time guy. But I think I think the Dolphins getting hit. Look, I, the East is really interesting, especially if the Jets go get a car or Rodgers, because the Bills are going to start losing guys. And then you've got the Dolphins, who I just said, I think they're going to be one of the teams that are really on the come-up this year, even more than they were a year ago. And then the Jets. If the Jets get a quarterback, the Jets are a playoff team. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender with Carr, but they're good. Rodgers, they could even, like, advance in the playoffs. So, um, I am fascinated by that division. That division could be really, really interesting, depending on how the offseason shakes out. All right, one more thing before I let you go. We got a very interesting thing developing in Buffalo. And it happened a couple of times this year, and now this is scene three of, uh, of this drama. Scene one was a first half game where Stefan Diggs was not getting the ball and the coach had to go over to console him and they were hugging and talking or whatever. And then the second half, they threw him some footballs and he was all right. At the end of the year, he stormed out of the locker room and all that kind of stuff after losing. And then, uh, then came back and all that kind of stuff. So now uh, he tweets out, and people are a little concerned in Buffalo that uh, he is um, he is uh, getting at it again. He says, everybody knows what's up with me. Cole Beasley tweets back to him, I don't know what's going on. You don't hit me up or nothing, LOL. He then hits back and says, I stay out of the way and mind my business. So some people are talking about like he's, you know, ruffling some feathers, not happy in Buffalo for whatever reason. Maybe he doesn't believe in Josh Allen anymore. I don't know what the hell it is, but clearly we saw him leave Minnesota. He was very emotional. He's been, I think, too emotional here in Buffalo because I don't, I don't think there's anything to complain about. 
I know you haven't won a Super Bowl yet, but damn it, dude, you're on a hell of a team, bro. You you you're putting up, you know, Pro Bowl All Pro numbers every year. You got a guy that throws you the ball a lot. I don't know what more Stephon Diggs wants. You know what I mean? Does he just want to play with Mahomes? So he for sure, you know, it's it kind of reminds me. I I did the I did a piece this week on on um on Eric Bieniemy, and I yep. said this is what men have to do. Okay, forget about the black and white thing. We know it's a kind of unfair. All of Andy Reid's white assistants get the head coaching jobs, and then he hasn't. Now he's got to go to Washington to become an offensive coordinator. But I commend him for that because you've got to leave the Andy Reid umbrella and go prove to people that don't that doubt you still that you could do it on your own away from Andy Reid. So I commend him for doing this. But when I look at Stephon Diggs, it's like, yo, bro, you don't need to go anywhere. What is wrong with you? Yo, Chill out. Don't be so emotional. You're not getting, you know, the short end of any stick here overall. You got your salary. You got your stats. Hey, bro, it's a team game. Maybe wow. they'll figure it out as a team. I mean, I got news for him. He signed for five more years. and three of those years, he's not going anywhere. Because if you look at his contract, uh, the Bills would be eating like insane amounts of money to trade him. So, right. um, look. I don't know how he feels about it. I've actually interviewed him a few times. He's always been he's always been great to deal cool. with. Uh, yeah, right. he's a great guy. Um, yeah. At least in my experience. I, I will say this, though. This is something that happens as a team, not just for Diggs, but as a team. When you have a team that has major expectations and you fall short, then it becomes like for the first couple of years with that Allen run in Buffalo, it was a little bit like Camelot for the Bills because it's, hey, look, they've stunk forever. Now they're good. They've got this great young quarterback, and everybody's excited. And if you lose in the in Arrowhead in the AFC Championship game, okay, fine, you're supposed to that year, right? right? Then they now the expectations set it. Now, now yeah. it's like, all right, but now you've got to go further. Then they lose that 13 seconds game. They never should have lost, right? Then this year, you are the odds-on favorite everywhere to win this. I picked them to win the Super Bowl. Everybody's picking them to win the Super Bowl. They go to the playoffs. They barely beat Skylar Thompson and then get absolutely plowed by Cincinnati, who then gets beat the next week anyway. Who, by the way, Cincinnati was going to plow your ass a couple weeks prior, but go ahead. It looked like that was coming. They were on their way to plowing your ass that night. It's like you sit there now if you're a Bills player and it's like, I'm not saying it's not fun. I mean, you're still on a really good team, but now there's a major amount of pressure on you. Like, right. oh my God. Now are you're underachievers. Are we never going to get overachievers? Right. Now are you going to be, are you going to be one of those teams that everybody looks back on and goes, you were really good, but you never got it done. You never even got there. Kind of like those Air Coriel Chargers teams, right? All those years you're like, yeah, you guys were a lot of fun. You were really memorable, but like, what'd you win? Nothing. Nothing. And it's harder, I think, for them because the Chiefs now have won two. The Bengals have gotten to a Super Bowl, and the Bills are just sitting there. And it's and now the Bills are starting to lose guys. Players are free agent. Edmonds a free agent. Singletary's a free agent. Like it's getting harder, not easier. And so I think I think that's part of it. With Diggs is like this year was supposed to be their year, and it, and look, they wouldn't have had to go to Arrowhead. It would have been a neutral site game in Atlanta, and you got waxed. Yeah. That hurts. And you'd had Mahomes on half a leg. And you couldn't even get there. You got killed in the game. I think it's a lot of pressure right now in Buffalo. It, it was all yeah, fun oh yeah. and, and, and it was all magic. And now it's like. Oh, and by the oh, way, man, now it's by the way, Dolphins and Jets have closed the gap on your ass, too. They have. That's okay. a real division the, now. If the Jets get a quarterback, yeah. 
that's going to be a lot of trouble. It's a real for division. Buffalo. Yeah, instead it's of, a real instead division. Instead of just penciling in five and one, now it's like maybe you go three and three in that division. Maybe it's yeah. not as easy. And again, I think, you know, for and by the way, this is going to start with Cincinnati now this year too. There's going to be some pressure yes. on that team to win this because yeah. everybody and their mother knows Burrow's going to get paid. Chase is going to get paid. All these guys, Higgins, that pressure. You see the reports coming out. You see the reports. They're trying to trade Tyler Boyd. They're saying they're not going to be real players in free agency right now. I bet. Why? Because now, now you got to pay the piper, you gotta pay. bro. You got to pay. And that's where I honestly, and not to bring it always to back, but like Kansas City winning really early with Mahomes, it removes all that Amazing. pressure. They won. And now, then it was like, okay, look, if they lose with a, a, bunch, of, with a bunch of kids in that secondary that uh, that played their asses off, yeah. I, he said it. He said this was a rebuilding year for yep. them, and they they won Basically. anyway. But I mean, it's but you know what? All the pressure was off with them because they had already won. Not, not say you don't want to keep winning, but th- you'll never have to panic and go, "Oh God, they're never going to win with him." They won right with Burrow. Right. Now I'm telling you right now, that is going to be Cincinnati this year. Not say, and maybe they they thrive in the pressure and they win it all, but. That is going to be Cincinnati this year, where you're going to have people who go, hey, man, this is your year. This is it. Before it starts getting really expensive around here, and we got to start making decisions on who's gone. But as it is, both their safeties are free agents. Pratt's a free agent. Like, this is – it's already going to get a little more difficult, but it's going to start getting real difficult. Yeah, in a couple but, but, of years. but notice the attitudes. Coming out of Buffalo, it's it, – they're talking about how, well, hey uh, – lawyer you know things are going to get a little harder for us now we've got to pay some people they're they're kind of setting people up now right and right. in cincinnati right. same thing they're kind of setting people up hey listen we can't go out and be the kind of players and then you hear hunt talk and what did he say he said every year you have mahomes you have to go for it yes completely different attitude from when because if you have joe burrow then I, I want to hear you say the same shit. Yeah, you should be all out. I, if you have Josh Allen, I want to hear you say the same shit. I don't want to hear. It's kind of like what I hear with the heat at times. Like Mickey Arison is a billionaire and I'm constantly hearing, well, you know, they don't want to pay a luxury tax. And bro, dude, please, you're a billionaire. <laughs> you don't pay taxes on all your ships. I don't want to hear this cheap ass shit from a billionaire. Meanwhile, here's here's Stephen Ross. New practice facility, uh, eight hundred million injected into the stadium to improve roof, all that other yep. stuff, tunnels, bridges. I don't know if you've been there, but it's like it's gorgeous. Brings an F one race, saves the tennis tournament. I mean, the guy spends money like it's going out of style. You know, oh, you need Fangio? Okay, great. You you want Hill? Let's go. You want this? You want that? He pays anything. Teron Armstead, Connor Williams. He pays anything you need. Yep. And to me, that's what I want to hear from my owner. And so when I see Buffalo talking yeah. and trying to brace their fans in Cincinnati, and then I hear Hunt say, no, man, we got, we got, when you have Patrick Mahomes, you go for it every year. But that's by the way, I mean. and I'll leave it at this. You want, you want to really piss off your franchise quarterback, tell him that in the middle of his prime that, hey, you know, listen, this year, you know, we're not, we're not quite sure if we're going to be able to, to go for it this year. Are you kidding me? Like you, I mean, and by the way, okay, all these guys that own these teams, every one of them, have more money than God. Okay, yes. And and, and Mike Brown, I know he inherited the thing from his father. I get it. I get all that. He didn't make his millions and billions elsewhere. The man is worth enough money. Like they just built a practice facility for the first time 
they've been practicing like outdoors under an overpass essentially in Cincinnati for years. Go out and spend some money, man. Like go out and spend some money. You will get it back in jersey yes. sales and merchandise sales and advertisements and suites and all the rest and of suites. Crap. And like, you'll be able to if you feel like adding more seats to your stadium, you'll be able to do oh, that. You can do all you know, those cracks things. up and all these guys come out and they're like, you know, please, you know, can you can you spare a dime, brother? Like, give me a break. I mean, you right. I'll give Jerry Jones one thing. Look, I got Jerry Jones is not always a, right. a role model in some ways. Say. Okay. Jerry right. Jones spends money. He wants to win. He's got different ideas of how to bring in streams of revenue. And the other thing in the NFL specifically, guys, you've jumped in bed in, with gambling in a way that the money is just at this point, just overflowing. Okay. I was at Radio Row. You know, the biggest setups, because you've, of course, been there. You have all the tables and you have the setups around, like those big stand up. The biggest ones were FanDuel and DraftKings. All right. So the NFL, guys, you have this whole other world now of money just pouring in. All right. Spare me the whole. I don't know if we can sign Jermaine Pratt. You know, if you could sign Jermaine Pratt, it's 60 million bucks over like four years. That's like me right. spending $50 at the, at the gap. It's you can do it. I promise. It's okay. I, yeah, and if some of these guys, man, look, it's an excuse to be cheap. That's what it is more than anything else. Yes, you're right. All right. Uh, tell them about stacking the box, my man. All right, so every Tuesday at noon Eastern, you can check out Stack in the Box. You can subscribe to it on YouTube. Uh, as I always say, I see a lot of you guys over there, which is always cool. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you can check out the column, which is on Mondays. It comes out 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, on Fanside, I tweet out as well. You can follow me on Twitter, at my name, um, and you'll see it there also. So uh, a lot of stuff during the offseason. I will be in Indianapolis next week. I'll be there all week I'll for the combine. Oh, you'll I'll be there, there as well. Oh, for sure. I'll be. I get there Tuesday. Leave Saturday. All right. We'll How have to go football? to uh, St. Elmo's. I get there Monday. And oh I'm yeah. Friday night. We'll have to. I'll text you. We'll have to uh, get the shrimp cocktail. Th- let's go Thursday. Okay. Let's go Thursday because Friday okay. gets freaking crazy. Plus, Friday is it Moe's? Do we go to Moe's still on Friday? I haven't been there in the last couple oh, of God, years. I, I usually so get out of there Friday afternoon. Maybe I'll stay till late Friday night. Because Friday night is where. Oh, that's right, you bastard! You get to drive. I do. Lucky. I get to drive three yeah, hours. That's right. It's just popping in and out for you. Damn it! Uh, yeah. But yeah, because Friday usually is that big night. Usually at Moe's. Yeah, I don't know. Right if, downtown there. It's kind of. I don't uh, know if the last couple of years, because I haven't been there because of the pandemic. This is the first time I go back in three years. Okay. So I don't know if it's still most. Because one year it's been canceled. Then last year it was weird. Like last year it was like kind of back, but not like completely because people were still that's a little. That's why weird, I held so. out. That's why I held out one more year, and that's why I'm back now. Yeah. Because yeah, so yeah, I'll yeah. be there. I can't. I can't wait. I St. Elmo's is. Uh, well, for sure. St. El- Elmo's, talk about money. The owner at St. Elmo's is like, thank God for this weekend. <laughs> they're going yeah. to clean the house like nobody's business. Like always. Like always, dude. You, do you ever go up to the bar on the top? You know, I haven't. I haven't actually. Got to check it out. We'll see. We'll see on Thursday. We'll uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll do some, uh, with some dinner. All right, Matt. Appreciate you as always, my man. Thank you. Take care. You got it. Matt Verderam. Stack in the box, fan-sided. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Verderam. And when it comes to Red Recover, I tell you all the time, my hair is growing back. For you ladies, the wrinkles. If you're dealing with all kinds of soreness and pain, tennis elbow, pickleball elbow. I don't know if you – do you get pickleball elbow too? I would imagine so, right? With tennis and pickle, I don't play either one. I've played them, but I don't play them. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like golf. 
I'll go out and, 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 you know, go out and hit the links with you, but please don't score what I'm doing. Cause I'm just out there to screw around, have a beer, smoke a cigar, crack a couple jokes, laugh. That's kind of, that's my golfing really what it is, you know, that kind of stuff. But Hey, listen, you're dealing with soreness, maybe an old injury, maybe an old surgery. If you're about to have surgery or you just had surgery, just had surgery and you've got a scar, red light therapy can help you make that scar disappear. That's why the crow's feet can disappear and stuff like that. We've got those pads for the ladies, anything and everything. My wife uses the one for the bottom of her feet every single day, man, because she's a teacher standing up all day. Go to redrecover.com. We've got an awesome deal going on 30% off. I don't know when they're going to end it. It might be here at the end of this month. As they just ended the other deal, they might be ending this deal too. Redrecover.com. Check it out, baby. Get 30% off. All right. There you go. Matt Verderheim, we step out of the huddle. This has been The Huddle with NFL reporter Matt Verderam. RedRecover.com helps pros and everyday warriors heal on the go with their medical-grade, highly specialized devices designed for each area of the body. Go to RedRecover.com to learn more about Red Light with videos, blog posts, and over 40 years of medical research to treat pain, inflammation, and overall well-being. Out of right, all right. Um... King Short, by the way, was asking, I think, did you ask about, uh, I think it was you that was asking about, because I looked over on the thing, and I think you were talking about Joe Mixon. Uh, you may want to check out his uh, issues going on right now. You may not want to go after Joe Mixon in free agency. Good back. Don't get me wrong, but he seems to have a uh, an issue with violence. Big O, so you play John Daly type? No way, bro. John Daly is way better than I am. He's actually like a real golfer that is, you know, smoking and drinking. I'm just smoking and drinking. I'm not a real golfer. John Daly can actually hit the ball, dude. I What I do is I spray the ball. That's what I do. I don't hit the ball. I spray. Okay, so think of me as the exterminator of a golf course because I'm just spraying the field. That's it. All right. Big O, I think uh, Tremont comes to Miami. Tremonti? All right. Let's go. Let's jam. Uh, Big O, do you broadcast from the combine? Yes, I do. But I won't be. I'll, I'll broadcast from my Airbnb and I'll have my guests on. I'm not broadcasting from the stadium. No, 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 no. I've done that in the past um, when they didn't charge you. Okay. I, I used to do this for a long, I've done this for a long time, right? I've gone to the combine for over 20 years now. And I used to go and, and sit at the stadium and I could get a bunch of people to come on. Right. Then the NFL took control of it. Cause it used to be kind of, you would call the stadium. They would have some lines. They'd set it up for you. Boom. You'd go, you'd broadcast and all that. And I'd get, you know, four five, six guests a day. Then the NFL took over and they started to charge you and they start charging. The last time I paid was like $700 for a couple of days. It's gotta be well over a thousand now. And if you get one person a day, you're lucky and maybe two and they don't give you the big names anymore. Like I used to get 
first round picks and second round picks and third round picks, like big players that were going to come out in the draft because I know who they are. And so they're all there talking. I would be able to, you know, hey, one of the one of the people would help me bring them over to the table, get them because it was a position that I know the Dolphins would be interested in. So I would do that. I did that in the senior bowl, too, for many, many years. And the senior bowl then started charging a ridiculous amount of money. Okay, it used to be that the hotel would just charge us for the line. And it was like one hundred and twenty five dollars for the line for the senior bowl. I'm telling I'm dude, I'm being like totally transparent here with all of you. Okay. And I used to pay, remember I'm doing this, even working for freaking QAM, I'm paying it out of my own pocket, the $125. So I can do a show for QAM and for draft fans and for dolphin fans and do, and this, these are all the extremes that I did and the station didn't help me for shit. Okay. So, and I would get a whole bunch of people. Anybody that listens to my show for years, they know what I'm talking about. I would get people left and right. Then all of a sudden, the NFL and the and 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 the Senior Bowl kind of take over, and brother, they start charging like eight hundred dollars or a thousand for the line. Now, like for the Super Bowl, for Super Bowl week, they're probably charging somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars for the line for the week. So think about it. You already have to pay that much just to be there. Okay, so this is why we need sponsors. This is why we tell you guys, hit the notification bell, hit, hit the subscription, hit the like button, all these kind of things to help us because there's no way we can cover all these things and go all over the place, right? And maybe, I, you know, for the Super Bowl next year, maybe I will spend that money if I get the right sponsors and all that kind of stuff. Because think about this. They make you purchase the table at the senior at the, at the Super Bowl for whatever, $1,500, $2,000, whatever. Then they make you stay in their overpriced hotel, which is like three to four hundred dollars a night. Three to four hundred dollars a night. Okay. I paid. I paid for my Airbnb in Indy inside downtown under 400 for the whole week. And I got a hell of a place. Super cheap, way better than that. See what I'm saying? But these are things that we're doing on our own that Sean and I are paying for. Okay. And so these companies, they don't pay for you. And then the problem is you go and spend all this money at the at the stadium and they give you one player a day, maybe. And some guy that's a sixth or seventh round pick or something. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. That that the ROI is not worth it. The return on investment, not worth it. So these are things that you guys don't know shit about. And you don't realize it, right? And and so most of these stations don't have budgets to even send these people out to any of these things. But if you really look at it, there's, you know, and then in the Super Bowl, you're basically interviewing the people that go into that building to go sell a product and talk a little sports. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. But it's it, it's just, it really is not, a smart thing to do fiscally. Okay. So that's why I will not be broadcasting at the stadium because they don't help you. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to set up now a, um, a KC player from, from the, from, from the, you know, I'm not going to tell you who I'm trying to get, but I'm trying to get a KC player that just won the Super Bowl to uh, join us on the show and working on some other things. But I can I, I know the agents, so I'll just call agents and try to work it that way. 
you know, and that's it. But I'm not going to do that stuff where you pay an, a ridiculous amount of money and and I'm not doing it for the I'm not going to do it where I could get the sponsor, but then they don't give me the return on it. And so it's not fair to the sponsor or any of that. So, yeah. Uh, do you think they will trade Ogba? No, not at all. Ogba will be here this year. They have no choice. Next year. Next year, maybe he gets cut if he doesn't have a great year or something like that. But he'll be motivated because coming off the injury, he has to have a great year. And for that, he knows he could get cut in year three of that deal. So, no, uh, not at all. Agba will be here. Uh, the Bills tried that strategy, putting it on Allen's shoulders and see how that worked. Yeah, no, he's not. You can't do that with Josh Allen. He's too uh, turnover prone uh, to do that. And he's not accurate enough. You know, he has a, a clutch gene with him, but he's not accurate enough consistently to do that. And uh, they've got to commit themselves to the running game. Okay? Every quarterback needs help. I don't care if you're Josh Allen. And one thing that I know Buffalo cannot do, he's the only one that runs. And that's stupid. That's just ridiculous that you would, you know, that really? That's what you're going to do? You're going to put it on that guy's shoulders so he has to carry your passing and running game. But you know what? If that's what you want to do, that's fine, bro. The window will open and close quickly for the Bills, and the Dolphins will move on, and I'm loving it. So, you know, what can I tell you? Um, Perdomo cigars, baby. When you want to feel like a winner, you light up a Perdomo cigar. That is a winning cigar like the 20th anniversary. I love the Maduro 94 rating from Cigar Journal. It's got the notes of chocolate espresso. The Estate Selection, you got to check those out too, bro. The Sun Grown, uh, that's probably out of the Estate Selection. Like I tell you, for the 20th anniversary, I love the Maduro. In the Estate Selection, I love the Sun Grown one. It got a 92 rating from Cigar Journal, which I think is not proper. I think it should have a 94, 95, 96. Let me tell you something. It's got this uh, reddish, uh, um, this dark reddish uh, wrapper, uh, brown Cuban seed. Um, it is awesome. Nicaraguan uh, grown wrapper. It is just fantastic. The flavors are just mind boggling. That's what I love. And, you know, one of the things that I love about Perdomo cigars is that when you're tasting a cigar all the way through. That, you know, you get to the halfway mark or the three-quarter way mark, and then it starts smelling and tasting like burned leaf. And you're like, yo, what the hell is this? No, dude, the richness goes all the way through to the end. And that's one of the things I love. It's incredibly constructed the right way, so it burns smooth all the way through. You can build yourself a nice big old ash. Hey, check out the Perdomo Lot 23. Check out the 10th anniversary, the Double Age, 12-year vintage. Whew. So many good ones there. The Maduro, by the way, 91 rating from Cigar Journal. And check out the Perdomo retail store at 5150 Northwest 167th Avenue. That's like the factory there in South Florida. Millions of cigars in there. They might give you a little tour. Check out the big giant humidor with all the Perdomo cigars. And they've got a beautiful lounge. So you can hang out with a 30-foot couch. I am not, I'm not kidding you. It's like a 30-foot couch. 
might be the biggest U-shaped couch I've ever seen in my life. Okay, big old TV. Nick Perdomo hangs out there a lot when he's not traveling the world. So you can take a uh, selfie with the the star that is Nick Perdomo. 5150 Northwest 167th Street. Go check it out. Go check out the retail store. Tell them that Big O sent you. PerdomoCigars.com. And go to your nearest cigar bar or cigar store and ask for it by name. Get a Perdomo cigar and have a winning day. That's what it's all about. Any reports from Rogers and the Batcave? Uh, none yet, King Short. <laughs> none yet. Uh, how do you go to the bathroom? Do you have to, do you, Can you use the light when you go to the bathroom? Oh, with the season over, who are your top five QBs? Tua, 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 Tua. Okay? that Those are my top QBs. That's the only QB I give a shit about. Don't care about anybody else's other QBs. I only care about Uno. And that's Tua. Uh, there is a difference on how it rests on their shoulders for Allen. It's not making mistakes and turning over the ball, which we know he will. For Tua, it's being smart with the risk and staying healthy. Exactly. Exactly. At this point, you, you're an idiot if you question if he can play. I mean, that you're, you're really ignorant and you really don't like the kid or something. The guy can play. He can ball. His job now is to learn how to stay healthy and not take stupid hits and not hold on to the ball and make quick decisions like what I've been talking about for a while. Okay, I've never, ever, 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 ever wavered on him being a player. I've always said this guy has Hall of Fame talent in him. He can be a freaking stud. I'll stick to it. I'll tell you that he can be your left-handed Montana, but he'll never get there if he's going to take on, you know, ridiculous hits for no reason at all. Nice dip in the market, 23661 for Bitcoin. Man, tell you, holy moly. Wow, Dow is up. 21 points. S&P is up almost a whole point. NASDAQ is up um, about a quarter of a point. So not really uh, soaring in the markets right now. And I think crypto is reacting off that 700 point dip yesterday from the market. Liquidity will affect anything and everything out there. Uh, by the way, that silliness is some people are talking about decoupling. That's not happening at all. That's not even close. You don't have enough money in crypto yet to decouple from anything. You're over the one trillion mark. You need to get to the five to seven trillion mark before you start thinking that you can decouple from the stock market or anything else. And right now, uh, crypto is kind of follow following the Asian market, actually is what it's following right now. It's kind of going in the same trend. So liquidity will control everything. Controls the world, baby. Okay. Brett says top three um, Perdomo cigars, right? Is that what it is? Uh, top three. Per well, um, I'm going to go 20th anniversary Maduro. For me personally, by the way, this is not anybody else. The Estate Selection Sun Grown is my third. And I'm going to go 10th anniversary Maduro Box Press. I like the Sun Grown because it has the earthy flowers and the spiciness and all that. But, but the Maduro, it's full body, man. So it's got these dark 
cocoa type of you know espresso finish so i kind of like that in the in the maduro box pressed and i love box press cigars too so i'll go with the 10th anniversary there so there you go those are my top uh those are my top three perdomo cigars all right let's get ready hour number three Andy Barons joins us. Let's go around the NFL, talk a little Dolphins with Andy Barons in our Sports Grill, NFL, my, NFL Draft, NFL News, and Dolphins Report. This podcast replay is brought to you by HialeahParkCasino.com, your entertainment destination. Casino, poker, dining, and simulcast racing so you can wager on some of the best tracks in the country. Go to HialeahParkCasino.com to sign up for promotions, giveaways, and events. Right, there he is, locked and loaded and ready to go. Are you uh, taking judo with Tua? <laughs> no, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I am not. I was. Uh, I was listening to you discussing uh, decoupling in the last segment, and I'm sitting here wondering if I shouldn't. If I should maybe decouple myself from the Chicago Bears. I'm just not sure how this uh, this trade oh, down no thing is going to work. Fields trade crap. Uh, like, where's this coming from? Like, I don't understand this. Like, the kid. You know, one of the I I I I think he's a lot like Hurts. Uh, he's super dedicated, works hard, and he wants to be better. Like Hurts, my concern with him going into this past season was accuracy. Can he cross right. that threshold? Like for me, Lamar Jackson has never gotten there. Never will be there. Never is going to be that guy. It just is not in him. OK, uh, for me, uh, Kyler Murray has it, but he doesn't have the work ethic behind it. He's not willing to do the things you need to do as a leader to become that guy. And so he'll ad lib and play all that bullshit, which is a lot of the stuff <laughs> that Lamar does. Whereas Hertz has honed his craft in, has gotten better and better and better. And this year he improved his 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 accuracy. I know Justin has to get there. Did you watch him at Ohio State? Did you watch him against Clemson get his kidneys just pummeled and then comes back and throws a money ball? There's something there, dude. There's that it factor with this kid. It's way too soon to, to give up on somebody with that much ability that you can still mold. Let me tell you something. If I'm Brian Dable, instead of paying Daniel Jones... How about I'm it? going after Derek Carr or, hey, Chicago, are you that stupid? Yeah, I'll give you a pick for Justin Fields. Let's go because you're dying to get rid of him. So, you know, you're not going to be asking for a ton because you obviously want to get rid of him. I, I Where is this? Yeah, I, I, I would say I don't think it's really happening. Um, I think it's a pretty wild rumor. You've obviously you've you've invested, you know, seasons in developing Justin Fields. And I think everyone can see uh, that he has some traits that are at the top of the position in the NFL right now, right? Um, his best throws are are phenomenal. They're like on the level of you know Trevor Lawrence and the best throws that we've seen from anybody in his draft class. So that's not really a worry. I think Jalen Hurts is probably the you know that's the best case scenario comp at this point. But Hurts has gotten so comfortable playing from within structure, and he's so comfortable with the you know dozen or so designed carries that they're going to give him every game. Um, that is, uh, that is just a perfect, it's an ideal comp for a bears fan for fields. Um, I'm also not like, I'm, I'm just not, there's a level of uncertainty with, uh, with 
any incoming rookie, right? And and I'm I would say that I am less certain about these quarterbacks than I have been uh, about several classes in the past. Like last year, I was pretty certain nobody was going to work out, and nobody did work out, right? And I don't think we're really seeing that. And and the year before, I was really bullish on on a handful of guys, and I think you've seen it with Trevor Lawrence at least. Um, I, I was I, I, I was a Kenny Pickett guy. I'm a little bit. Well, I'll tell you the I, thing, uh, and I we love, may have I talked about this before. That, I love his mock. Yeah, I watched. I watched him every year in the ACC. He has it. He has I, it now. I get that. I would just not, say, but I think that was a great gamble at the back end of the first round. I will just I say that watching that watching Kenny Pickett's um, film from his final year at Pitt just made me want to draft Jordan Addison. Um, I, I like I thought Jordan Addison was the star in that equation. I, I I hear you that that, you know, Kenny Pickett is willing to make uh, any throw. I don't think that any moment is too big for him. Um, I get all that. I don't. And he know, got better. And he got better as the year went sure. on. He, yeah. he he improved. He's he's he playing. He's just playing in a trash offense, too. Like um, right. I, the fact that Matt Canada did not leave uh, and was not asked to leave is is one of the most astonishing things to me. And I get that Mike Tomlin is like loyal to a fault. Um, I, I just thought it was shocking. I thought it was absolutely shocking because that was probably the most, you know, for a, for a team that has a lot of talent, that, that was one of the most boring offenses uh, in recent memory to watch. So I don't, I certainly don't put it all on Pickens. I don't even need it. George, outside of George Pickens, there aren't a, a lot of like real studs. Well, they didn't team. do anything with George Pickens, right? Like George Pickens is obviously like a, a freakishly talented receiver. He didn't see double-digit targets in any game all season. Like that was just no, dumb. No, I, and he's also raw. He's also raw too. He's not fully developed yet. But brother, you can see. You're, you know, like DK Metcalf came into the league pretty raw, and it didn't stop Seattle from throwing to him, right? Like you could you could do a lot with guys who who don't necessarily run every route in the in the playbook. Um, Did you see that leap by DK? In the oh, in the NBA All Star game, absolutely that, hilarious. Yeah, that was that was crazy, dude. Like, wow, we replayed that video on the show like eight times because it was just amazing how high that guy was jumping, brother. Wow, yeah, what bre a freak! Breathtaking athlete, incredible. Yeah, athlete. immediately. I, I love, like, by the way, that he'll throw. <laughs> I love that he'll throw himself into a race with like world class sprinters. I love that DK will take on any challenge. He's he's one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite players in the league. Any anyway, I'm not like that was a really long way of saying that I'm not I'm not brimming with confidence over, you know, I like CJ Stroud. Um I I, I sort of like Bryce Young. I I I worry a ton about um I worry a ton about his size and maybe that's just like an old man thing to say. And you know, I, I shouldn't be worried about it, but man, if he, if he comes in at like five ten, are we, are we sure? Cause there's, there's just not that many guys that have been outrageously successful at, uh, at the size that, that, uh, you know, where he might measure your thoughts on finally it's official, even though he's been linked to the dolphins for over a year now, but Vic Fangio finally gets hired. Yeah, I love it. It's uh, we, we were talking about you this last him. week. It you, is you're a Bears fan, so you had him there. Yeah, it is. Um, he's a great um, you know, position coach coordinator. It is. He's he's probably a little bit overmatched as a as a head coach, right? But that's no like no no fault to him. Um, there are guys that are just like cut out to to be um, exceptional coordinators. Um, I think it's a I, I think it's an easy move. I think it's an obvious move. 
Um, I think it's a great landing spot for him. Uh, uh, you know, team with a fair amount of talent, um, fun, fun division, all that. Um, I, yeah, I think it's an absolute win, a clear win. What are you guys going to do at running back? Let's, let's get a good running back to Miami. I, I don't think though, I don't think they'll spend, you know, uh, in fact, somebody was talking about Saquon Barkley and I said, that that's not, that's not, uh, Chris Greer's track record. They don't spend big money on backs. They don't spend high picks on backs. Uh, actually got and, a lot. I thought they got a lot out of Mostert and Wilson last year. Like when and Wilson I think, was healthy, he was great. Yeah. I think that they'll try to, I think that will be the end all be all is that they'll try to bring those two back. And then if they can find somebody in the back end of the draft, uh, then I can see them drafting somebody else for the future because obviously Wilson and Mostert aren't for long term, but because they know the system so well. And, and, and you saw when they had um, Chase Edmonds last year and they had to trade him away to Denver, he did not fit the system and he could yeah, not, not at all. You could tell he was thinking too much and, and because he ran outside zone, not inside zone and all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of a, a change of pace for him. Yet you saw Mostert and he immediately played well. And then when you inserted Wilson after the trade, it's like he was here all season long because yeah. he understands the offense. So I think they're going to go in that direction again. I think they're in the perfect world. They bring back those two guys and then maybe draft a guy to compete with Gaskin for that third or, or, or Ahmed for that third spot. And then, you know, you kind of move on. I think they're more focused on fixing the left guard and the right tackle. More than anything yeah, else, they've got Hunt at right guard. They've got Connor Williams at center, and they've got Teron Armstead at left tackle. So I think they're focused on making sure they can fix the guard and the right tackle and the swing tackle because of Teron Armstead's injury history. You've got to have somebody that's pretty decent ready to go for Teron Armstead. So I think that will be a priority to have a pretty decent tackle as that swing guy for Armstead. Yeah, I think I think what you're saying makes all the sense in the world, obviously. And you don't want to you don't want to park. I, I think history has taught us that you don't want to park a ton of money at the running back position, right? You don't want to you don't want to have to be a player in in a running back market that includes guys who are going to look for the kind of cash that uh, that Saquon is going to see. Out of Dallas, Zeke is done. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah, what, seven, like what, what are we seven, six, seven years into a career now, right? I thought it's almost, well, and that's not that's not unusual, right? Like that's a good. I know. Run. That's, that's, that's what I was about to say that we're at a point now that even giving a second contract to a running yeah. back is risky. So oh, you're almost better risk, off, yeah. right? So you're almost better off drafting a guy in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, and play out his one year contract, and then maybe, hey, yeah, dude, we'll give you another year or two or whatever, and plan ahead. Because it's almost stupid to give players, you know, double and triple contracts now at that position. And that just doesn't happen anymore. Those days yeah, are done. I, I certainly I certainly agree with all that. There's there's not more than, I don't know, four or five backs in the league. Eric Henry is yeah, yeah it's like, that you need to treat as really separate and apart and that and that you can actually like I don't even I don't even some some guys that were at the top of the scoring list last year I don't even know if they're in the club right like it's right. it's it's a pretty you short list of guys that I would get like yeah you have to be a Derrick Henry freak that you're like well bro they don't build them like that like yeah and you also fun. you also have to not have a ton of mileage too because the end comes the end comes quick for a lot of these guys right like you can although be that guy had that guy was worn out out well he wasn't worn out the normal human being would have been worn out in alabama 
because Nick ran him into the ground. And yet he has come. He's so freakish that even in the NFL, brother, he can still be a bell cow. Yeah, he to me is actually. I was just talking about this on the on the Yahoo Fantasy podcast yesterday with Matt Harmon. Um, I, I think Derrick Henry is going to be one of those one of those really interesting draft discussions next year because I feel like it's one of those situations where, like in your hometown league, um, perhaps more casual players, everybody's going to be like, "Oh, Derrick Henry, he's an absolute star. He gets thirty carries a game when everything goes according to script." Of course, I want him. He's a rushing champ. He's great. And then like fantasy experts are going to be trying to get ahead of the decline for Derrick Henry. Right. And they're going to say, okay, he's aging. He's had some mileage. He had the foot thing a couple years ago, better to be, you know, too early than too late on a player. So I'm going to fade him. And I feel like we're going to push him into the second round in a lot of, in a lot of industry drafts. And that just feels, that just feels stupid to me because he was, he was good at the end of last season. He, he would have played 17 games if he needed to, right. They were able to sit him for a game that was inconsequential. Um, He's still, he's still a punisher. And I also think that like, I think that when he, when he actually does decline, I bet it's going to be a pretty soft landing that looks kind of like, you know, you remember when Eddie George was no longer efficient, right? And he was like 3.6, 3.7 yards per carry. But because of the way he used him, you hardly notice the efficiency in fantasy because he was still piling up yards, um, in the aggregate. And he was, um, and he'd score like a dozen touchdowns, right? Like, so I think that's what the decline is going to look like for Derrick Henry. And that's probably still going to be a first rounder. Uh, you look, um, overall at what's going on with, uh, Jalen Hurts contract. Do you expect it to go smooth? Cause I kind of think it will go smooth completely compared to the Lamar Jackson mess that they have going on in Baltimore. Yeah, I I mean honestly I feel like Lamar really needs somebody talking to him. You know, I I I get the the notion of not having representation and not wanting to give a huge chunk of change to an agent or anything like that, but I, I like I can't believe they haven't they haven't come up with a number that works for both sides, right? Because you've you know, Lamar at this point is uniquely valuable to the Ravens and the Ravens are kind of woven into what Lamar does. And Lamar is kind of woven into what the Ravens do. And it's not as simple as just, you know, he's not like your traditional pocket passer. So, you know, he's got, he's got skills beyond that. So it's not as simple as just flipping him to another team because another team has to rebuild around the idea of having Lamar Jackson. So I I can't believe that hasn't been settled. I I think, I think Jalen hurts is really reasonable. I, I think he's, you know, obviously I think, I think the Eagles agree that Jalen Hurts needs to get paid as an elite quarterback too. So I, I doubt they're that far apart. I don't, I don't think it would, I can't imagine it would be contentious. They do have a lot of guys they need to sign and they, so they probably need to sequence this correctly. And I, I just sort of view Jalen Hurts as somebody who will work with them as a partner, knowing that he's going to get whatever it is. I don't know if it's $45 million. I don't know if it's $50 million. The cap goes up all the time. He was, he was as good as anybody in that Super Bowl. Like he's great. I I just, I think he's going to get paid and I think this is going to get worked out. Um, I, I would imagine that it has to happen in a, in a certain order, right? Because they have so many people that they got to pay. Did you see AJ Brown on this podcast? Talk about his boy who's right next to him and Jalen Hurts sitting there with the hat. Um, uh, apparently that's what the article says. And yeah, so, listen, if I'm if I'm AJ Brown, I want to I want I want the next, I don't know, six years of my career to be spent with Jalen Hurts. I want I want their primes to overlap perfectly. And I get it. I absolutely did get you what see what saying. he said on the podcast. 
on his um, uh, contract. Listen, listen to this. Listen, listen. I love Philly, and I'm about what I'm about to say. You do not pay this man. Just ship me off wherever he finna go. It's over. Wherever he finna go. Package deal me with you. Listen. So you talk about pressure? How we get it done? Get it done. Listen, listen, I love it. There you go. I love it. So, uh, just I certainly wish. Back. I certainly wish the Bears had a receiver of the same caliber who would swear allegiance to to Justin Fields in that way. Yeah. Well, listen, you traded for AJ Brown too, right? So, yeah. you know, it's uh, look at the whole Stephon Diggs situation in Buffalo now. You know, there's some tweets coming out now, and they're wondering is he unhappy and and he's been very emotional, and so it's kind of one of those deals. And AJ Brown kind of already went through this mess you know, in Tennessee, and it's like, okay, well, I finally found a quarterback. I, I need to stay with this guy. Uh, yeah. I need to make sure that I'm here. And by the way, Howie Rosen was going to sign both those guys to long-term contracts and have them grow old together because, I mean, you're talking about two freaks is what they are. Yeah. And AJ, AJ Brown is just like DK Metcalf and a couple of those kind of guys that are just you, – you, you can't measure physicality like that at that position that 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 stuff just doesn't grow on trees i i know, you know that stefan diggs had the had the eruption on the sideline uh you know late in the season the playoffs whatever that like i feel like stuff like that just gets so overblown um so much of that happens in sports um and it's it that's that's one of those that you know i'm not gonna pretend that i played high level sports or anything but i played it long enough to know that sometimes you just blow up at each other on a sideline or, you know, yeah. in a, in a huddle and it's over, right? Like it's one, one of the great things about the way people relate to one another during a, like a, a sporting event. It like that can happen. It's, it's so not a big deal. Um, dudes yelling at each other on a sideline is just, is just not even a thing. Right. Yeah. No, I, I expect, uh, I expect that to go really smooth. The Lamar Jackson one, I, I just get a feeling that they're going to tag him and he's not going to want to play for the tag. And I think I, it's going to get ugly and contentious between the two because I know they're not going to give him the contract he wants. And I don't think anybody would be willing to give him the contract he wants unless you want to be that dumb and, and put yourself on the hook for a guy that is really, you know, not a good passer. And he gets injured a lot because he has to run the ball in order to be effective. And that's that's a real problem, man, for me. So I, I just I think certainly, that this situation I certainly respect any player. Worse. I respect any player who sort of bangs the table about getting guaranteed money, though. I will say that because I, I feel sure. like, and I don't know, I don't know if it's the, I don't know if it's the union. I don't, I don't know who to blame exactly for the fact that there's oh the Browns that there's so well, yeah, 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 with the with the Watson contract. But I mean, just generally across the league, so, like it is, it is outrageous that there's so little as a percentage of overall salary uh, uh money spent that that so little of it is guaranteed in the nfl right in the in the sport where these guys need it most um so i i you know i i respect anybody with leverage who who stands up for it and tries to get as much guaranteed money as they can i just it, it's I, it's hard to believe that nothing has come together between that team and that player because they're you know they are wedded right now right like they are they're really difficult to to separate at this point based on the way the Ravens have built and the way that, uh, that again, that Lamar has sort of been woven into the fabric of that team. They, they, by the way, need a receiver. Um, you can't, we can't have another season where we're counting on like Rashad Bateman to be the number one or for a tight end to be the number one. Cause like, I like Mark Andrews, but I don't 
you know, I don't think Mark Andrews is Travis Kelsey, and I don't think he's. I don't think. But he's that's the offense. Wrong. The offense <laughs> is not to throw a lot of passes to the outside because he's not necessarily accurate. That's why they keep it intermediate. That's why they keep it short. That's why they keep crossing routes and the tight end gets the heavy bulk because it's higher percentage passes uh, overall. Th this is the reason why I think you'll have to trade for one but or, or draft one, but you're not going to ever have free agency. Free agents say, oh, yeah, no, I'll go play over with Lamar who never throws the ball to me. And I think that that, you know, in Hollywood Brown, who's not a franchise guy, Right. Well, he was your best receiver, at least on the outside. And when he says, I just didn't feel a part of the offense. And I think I think that's why Greg Roman left, to be quite a guy, honest. A guy like that is really well paired I with think Lamar, by the way. Somebody who somebody who can just get deep because obviously, obviously Hollywood Brown like he dropped a bunch of balls over the years too. Yeah. So he's not he's not somebody who should necessarily be doing a lot of talking on his on his way out the door. Um, because he he whiffed on a bunch of opportunities. But you do need somebody like that who can just get deep because Lamar's got a big arm and he can he can get yeah. out there for you. Yeah. I you know, as you were as you were talking, I I don't know if we'll ever see it, but I, I think it's at least an interesting thought exercise there. There have to be teams that have toyed with the idea of just always moving on from quarterbacks after the first contract. Right. Um, Cause I, you, we talk about it all the time, how the the greatest advantage you can have in the NFL is to have a good quarterback on his rookie deal. Right. Not, yeah. not commanding $45 million, $50 million. I, I just, I just wonder if at some point we're going to, you know, cause it like, Unless you think you have Patrick Mahomes, like right now there's only one Mahomes in the league, right? And there's some other great quarterbacks, no question about it. But unless you think you've got one of those dudes, one of those like, I don't know, three to, it might not even be more than three guys who who are true, like elevate the franchise. We're Super Bowl contenders every year because I'm on the roster. Unless you think you have one of those guys, maybe you should maybe you should just play rookies, right? Maybe you should just play people who are on deals that, that offer you exceptional spending advantages at every other position. Um, I, I, I don't know. We've never seen a team do it. I don't know that we'll ever see a team do it. It's really hard to walk away from guys like, you know, look at the Daniel Jones situation. Look at, you know, at some point, Justin Herbert has to get paid uh, to a, himself. Like, it's hard to walk away from guys that have a fair amount of success. But I just wonder if, you know, in a league where Mahomes is just going to is just going to be a pretty dominant player for the next decade, if, if teams don't think about taking that approach. It, it, I, I mean, boy, you better be really skilled at nailing the yeah. right quarterback after another. I mean, the last guy I remember doing something like that is Ron Wolf. Outside probably, of that, yeah, right, oh yeah, you like you probably got to draft one every year, or at least every I, other year, right? You've got to you've got to take you know, shots. One, I don't know if you know this. I've told the story many times. One off season, he had Favre, he had uh, Kurt Warner. Mark Brunel and uh, do, 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 the guy he traded to New Orleans. Uh, uh, he had a whip of an arm, had a shoulder injury. Oh, God, I'm forgetting him now. Anyway, training camp ends. They cut some guy named Kurt Warner, who then goes on to the Arena League and bag groceries and then ends up in St. Louis. He trades uh, the quarterback uh, to New Orleans that I'm I keep forgetting his goddamn name now then he trades Mark Brunel to Jacksonville for a fifth rounder and then goes and draft Matt Hasselback who then he <laughs> trades in a fight between Seattle and the Dolphins 
Dolphins wants that offered the highest was a second rounder and Holmgren offered the first rounder. Right. And so Holmgren ends up getting Hasselbeck and Hasselbeck has a really good career, even takes him to a Super Bowl uh, one year and everything, you know, overall. So that's the last guy that I saw do that. And then he then he drafted like Matt Flynn and was able to trade him for you know uh, to to seattle and seattle gave him a big contract yeah. he only had like a couple big of deal. games he was, and he wasn't any good but it just shows you because that guy drafted him everybody looked at it differently you know what i'm saying and so the last guy that i saw oh, aaron brooks was the name of the quarterback that he trained <laughs> which by the way aaron brooks is very important to the history of new orleans so for all of you out there here's a little education so Drew Brees becomes a free agent. He's deciding between Miami and New Orleans. As you can tell, we're very good with heartbreak and, and quarterbacks because we lose on Hasselback and then this yeah. one. And so the problem was that the Miami doctors were more comfortable with them going with Culpepper and the knee than, than, than Drew Brees and the shoulder. Well, the New Orleans doctors were already experienced with a, a shoulder injury that was similar, not exactly to Breeze, but similar with Aaron Brooks. So they were comfortable going on with it because they had a history with a recent quarterback that had a shoulder oh, that's injury. I, I actually don't remember that part of the story. That's that's super interesting. I remember the offseason generally, and I remember... Right, right, um, because, yeah. yeah, people don't look deeper into it, and then what? What? what yeah. why, why did their doctors do it and their doctors didn't? And that's because these doctors here had never really crossed that bridge, like in like in in baseball. Oh, rotator cuff, this. That. Oh, okay, dude, we we we've gone through this a hundred times. We know in football that was kind of new to you. Oh my God, you got a rotator cuff. Oh no, right. he's got. He doesn't have a strong arm as it is. Oh my God, this that. And so then they took the chance because Aaron Brooks had a shoulder injury that was similar to it. And so they felt like they could take the gamble because they were more comfortable with it, you know? So there you go. So that's the last Ron Wolf was the last guy that I remember, you know, that could really draft quarterbacks. And didn't, by the way, didn't expect to be talking Aaron Brooks today, by the way. Yeah, that right. Yeah, of course. Uh, and, and that was his philosophy, by the way, was that he, even if he had a quarterback, like he, you know, Tom Ted Thompson working under him, Learned right away when he took over, he went and drafted Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers had to wait several years before they getting to the same point now. Enough of the drama. We got to move on. So, you know, we now know what Jordan Love will become 15 years from now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm I, like, if I'm the Giants right now, there's just like, and, and Daniel Jones really wants 40 plus million dollars. I yeah, like I Daniel Jones had a wonderful season. But I'm 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 starting over a quarterback. Right? Like I, I just told I just told Matt Verderam, I'm going Derek Carr. Yeah. I mean, I, I, dude, why am I going to give you? I'll give a better quarterback the same money, and I think I have a better chance at winning. By the way, if Brian Dable did what he did with 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 Daniel Jones. Wow, I'm looking forward to see what he can do with uh with Derek Carr. By the way, you also stick it to the Jets. Because I believe sure, if you're sure. the Jets, okay, I'm saying this as a Dolphins fan. I want you to, I want you, I need you to sign Aaron Rodgers on that wall. I need him on that wall. I want him on that wall because that'll go perfect with all the stupid drama you idiots have had over the years. And the moron will probably leave in a year or two. And so you're going to get screwed. You'll give up all those picks, all that money. 
why do that? Go go get Derek well, that, Carr. That would like, that would really be the worry. Like once once we have a guy who's you know openly discussing the possibility of walking away from the game in in consecutive off seasons, right? Like how long is it really going to be? Are you going to get five more years? No, you're not going to get five more years out of that guy. There's no chance. I just right. I just need Gary. Underrated, underrated song in Van Halen. Fair warning. I got one foot <laughs> out the door. Okay. All right. So, so one true. foot out the door. That's not a good thing. You know that Halen song, huh? Absolutely, absolutely true. Oh man, I'm a child of the the late '80s. I I, I know many of them. Yes, <laughs> that's an underrated song. It's like making movies in that in that song in that album. It, there's a couple of those uh, songs in that album that are kind of like under the radar. You got to like really listen to the album, not just hey, I know Unchained and Fair Warning, and so this is love. Okay, great. You knew all the videos. Fantastic. All right. yeah. <laughs> It's like, you know, it's, I get you, bro. I, I got what kind of Halen fan you are. Okay, good. You know that kind when of you, stuff. All right. When are you headed uh, to the combine, Big O? When when is the Tuesday. when is the bus roll? I'll be out? there Tuesday okay. through uh through Saturday. Fly awesome. back Saturday uh after uh the big night on Friday, because it's usually a big media night on Friday where uh you know a lot of people are hanging out in one bar, a couple hundred media members pretty much from across the country. So it's actually a pretty good time. Uh, you get to talk to a lot of people. And for me, like, well, the good thing is nowadays I actually get to see my guests. But over the years, it was always, <laughs> oh, dude, I was talking by phone and text. Hey, it's good to meet you. Good to see you finally, you know. Now things have changed with StreamYard. This allows us to actually see each mm -hmm. other, you know what I'm saying? But that's kind of what you do there. You get to catch up with, uh, with a lot of people. So, I'm, 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 dude, I haven't been there in three years because of the, the yeah. pandemic. So, and I, I didn't go last year because I didn't think it was all the way back. So this year we're we're all as uh, as um, um, what's uh, what's uh, as uh, John John Wick would say. You know, people been asking me if I'm back. Well, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm all the way back. And so yes, we're all the way back. So there you go. Fair warning and John Wick references on the show, <laughs> and Aaron Brooks Nuggets. There you go. Yeah. That's what you get here on the program. Absolutely, Blake. You can't you can't prepare for Aaron Brooks talk. No, you cannot. You cannot. All right. Tell us uh, about about uh, Yahoo Sports and what you're working on this week and weekend. Well, we just released a new episode of the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. Uh, Matt Harmon and I went through the running back landscape, and we are oh, also ramping up. You're not doing baseball. Yeah, like we're ramping you? up baseball coverage. I was just gonna I was just gonna say I've got a starting pitcher preview coming out uh at the end of the week. I've got, I've got a piece out right now talking about the rule changes and what they may or may not mean for fantasy baseball. So fantasy baseball is back in a big way. Uh myself and PNL. Draft Jazz Chisholm, baby. That's all we got. Just draft Jazz <laughs> Chisholm and Sandy Alcon Alcantara. Although I think it's it. Alcant Alcantara, but whatever. But uh um, take them both. Take them both. Take them both, baby. That's My it. guy's Edward Cabrera. That's that's who I always get late. Okay. There you go. All right. And follow him on Twitter at Andy Barons. Andy, as always, much love, my brother. Appreciate you immensely. Thank Thanks, Vigo. Appreciate you. You got it. There you go. The great sports grow. Eight great locations. Look above me. That's right. The Doral location is open. Monday, they've got the $7 single smash burger. Tuesdays, they got the $2 tacos, chicken, beef, fish. And Wednesdays, folks, the kids, today, they eat free with the purchase of an adult entree. So you're looking to save yourself a little money, feed your kid, feed yourself. You buy the entree, kid eats for free. Come on, man, Sports Grill. That's why it's great for friends. It's great for business. It's great to hang out with the family. 
great food, great fun. And by the way, their sauces, you know, they're legendary. I mean, legendary. I, I, I can eat special grilled wings every day of my life. Okay, those things are just, I never get tired of special grilled wings. But I know a lot of you love the buffalo. I know a lot of you like the Miami Heat, the Blackberry, the barbecue, the Dali. You can take them home with you now, folks. It's amazing. Go to sportsgrill.com. Check out the nearest location to you. Got eight beautiful locations. So check out the location nearest you. And the Kendall location, by the way, has milkshakes every Monday with rock and roll music playing all night long, baby. Sportsgrill.com. This has been the SportsGrill.com Dolphins and NFL Draft Report with Yahoo Sports Andy Barons. Cheer on your favorite South Florida sports team at SportsGrill.com. With eight great locations, go to SportsGrill.com and find a slice of sports heaven. It is a slice of sports heaven. No doubt about that. And um, by the way, Nature B is for me. I've been telling you about Nature B for 20 years. 20 years, man. And right now, we got a great deal going on, a 200-cap supply, $85. So that'll last you 100 days, over three months, okay? 85 cents a day so you can boost your immune system. I rarely have a cold, okay? And my wife is a teacher working with 200 kids. All she works with is germs all day long. It's crazy. She's coming home all the time, and I'm not catching any of it, bro. Highlighting libido. Less stress, allergy relief. I mean, there's so many things. Fuller hair, stronger nails for you ladies especially. I know the ladies love to have the strong nails. And right now, folks, the 200 cap supply for $85. Only 85 cents a day. We're also going to give you a free Manuka Honey Lip Balm. That's right. Free. If it's free, it's for me. And I use it, and I will be using that next week when I'm in Indianapolis. When I, there, there are certain times that I have to walk outside and it's cold as a mofo, well, then, you know, those are the moments where I got to probably use a little, a little uh, lip balm, and my Nature Bee lip balm is the best. So check it out. You will get it for free. When you order the 200 cap supply for $85, go to naturebee.com slash big O. That's naturebee.com slash big O. And go to naturebee.com and get your 200 days, your 100 day supply of 200 pills for only $85. Naturebee.com slash big O. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all out there as always. I watch a lot of Ravens games in Hollywood. It was really disappointing. He had constant drops that made Lamar look worse. The Ravens uh, wide receivers have been a joke. I know, but he is not an accurate quarterback. Too many of you make up too many excuses for Lamar Jackson. If you watch the games, you watch him miss wide open players all the time. And downfield, he misses them all the time. He'll hit some. The problem I think that a lot of people have with quarterbacks this is the part that they don't understand you're either an athlete or you're a quarterback and so athletes will always freak you out because they'll do things that you and i can't do but when it comes to playing the quarterback position you have to be a consistent thrower a consistent passer consistent in ball placement in accuracy he lacks all of that he doesn't lack arm 
but he will wow you with throws. Ryan Tannehill will do that too because he's an athlete, right? This this has happened forever. Randall Cunningham wasn't a great quarterback, but he was an incredible athlete, so he would wow you at times. Michael Vick was a mediocre passer, but he would still wow you at times. He played a game here that I'll never forget against the Falcons, and he threw. He was so accurate that day, but that's because he was just on. It's like when you go to the park and one of the guys that you pick last on the team or whatever, he's not a great shooter, but that day he was just on. You know, but you picked him because he can help you on rebound. He's a good athlete. And that day he was just on and he hit all his shots. And you're like, hey, man, you had a really good day today. And that's that's what athletes will do. They will they will fool you at the quarterback position. They will fool you into thinking that they're getting closer or that they're better just because you're wowed by a couple of plays. But when you truly break it down, you will see how inefficient they are. Russell Westbrook fooled a lot of people for a lot of time for a lot of points and rebounds and assists and all that. But when you look bottom line at how he was producing it, it wasn't productive. And that was the problem. It was taking away from the team. It was just con concentrating it on one person and the stats weren't really good stats like Whiteside. Oh, it's all about rebounds and blocks. No, it's not, bro. It's about certain blocks and certain rebounds. You know, Alonzo Mourning would block the ball, but he would keep it inside the court. So somebody, half the time, from our team, the Heat, was getting the rebound. But Whiteside, if you're blocking every time and it's going out of bounds, who's getting the ball back? So you're just giving them another possession. So the block was not nearly as efficient as the one from Zoe, because Zoe would learn how to tip it, not block it. You know? And that was the, that was the beauty of Zoe. That he would make the defensive play, but then keep the ball alive and a chance for one of his teammates to get it. Not they weren't always going to get it, but they were going to get it sometimes because they knew that he would block it inbound. So efficiency was all about it. And then did Whiteside set the right screens? No. Or did he set half-ass screens? Yes. So Zos puts a screen on you. You're not getting around it. He's blocking you. That's his job, and he will hold it. Not Whiteside. He didn't want to hold it. He wanted to half-ass it so he can run to the rim to go get a rebound. Another stat. And that's the problem with athletes. They will fool you. Oh, my God, Whiteside won, got 24 rebounds and, and uh, three blocks, and they lost. How is that? Did you watch the game? And so when you watch the Dolphins fall by 21 and then the Ravens need a real quarterback to answer and he can't answer, that's your problem. Can't be up by 21 and then lose. But if you have a real quarterback and he's not settling for, and he settled for a lot of field goals this year. So if you really watched the games, because that's the part I love about doing this show, bro is talking to people that really don't watch the games. Because I know because I watch the games. So if I saw it, I'm going to see, I'm going to test you to see if you saw it. And so for those of you that tell me, yeah, I know Hollywood Brown wasn't great. I've never said he was. But 
I, I saw him. I, I've seen Lamar Jackson miss Hollywood and many other receivers that are wide open. Mediocre passer. And that's why I would never give him a contract. I can't wait to see who gives him the big contract because I'm going to laugh my ass off. Uh, Apple is making major progress on a no-prick blood glucose monitoring system for its smartwatch. Wow. Okay. So no, no pinch. Okay. All right. There you go. We have a new troll here. His name is Dino Brown. Says true fin fan. Um, okay. I watched Lamar win an MVP. Now I'm waiting for Tua's. Um, yeah, no, and uh, I watched Lamar choke like a dog against Tua two years in a row. And Tua came off the bench and beat his ass. But you can go ahead and talk about whatever stupid-ass MVP you want. And you probably won't be talking long on this chat board anyway, so it doesn't matter because it sounds like you're a dumbass. An MVP. What, what does he win in the playoffs? Nothing, Dino. So when you start winning the playoffs, actually, start doing shit in the playoffs, talk to me. Not about a bunch of running stats. So anyway, uh, it's, it's lime and honey every day, not lemon. Lime and honey, that's what my wife uses. Every single day. Uh, what else do we have um, on, on the chat board? See if we have any new stuff here. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, this is too much. Uh, oh, I see. Okay, so Dino is just a professional troll, I see, because I see a lot of crap, and he's, uh, and he's just uh, talking crap. All right, so... You can get rid of him if you want there, Sean. You can get rid of Dino. He's a loser. We don't need him here. See you, Dino. You can watch if you want, but we have no interest in your comments. Uh, you're out of here. So uh, you're just a troll, bro. I, I, you know, once once you're exposed as a troll, you're you are discarded. And by the way, once in jail, you don't get out. Okay, we're not soft here. We're not going to allow you to build up an autonomous zone like the wimps that run Washington. We're not going to allow you to get away with uh, whatever you want to steal like they do in California. No, we're not. We're, there's no softiness here. So you're out of here. You're done. Go troll somewhere else, clown. And if you don't like it, Dino, I'll be at Hylia Park tomorrow. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, by the way. Um. Marriott Hotels. What is up with you guys? Why won't you release the Michael Irvin video? You got something to hide? You protecting a bad employee? Is she lying? Are you afraid of looking bad? You move the court because the state judge ordered you to release the video. Now you moved it to federal court to see if you can get a ruling from a federal judge who will probably force you to release the video. Why would, if your employee was subjected to any kind of negativity from Michael Irving, sexual, uh, insulting, whatever it was, he grabbed her, I don't know. 
why wouldn't you want to show the video? What again, I always say this when you're innocent, you will stand on every building, on every mountain, and you will scream how innocent you are. And the only reason I'm kind of getting a little amped up about this for Michael Irving's side is he did the same shit the last time the media blamed him and accused him for something that he didn't do. And he went because Michael Irvin has screwed up a bunch of times and he's been busted a bunch of times for screwing up. And he never says, oh, that's a lie. I didn't do. No, he just owns up to it, moves on. I screwed up, whatever, like men do, like we're supposed to. And I remember the time that he was accused of something and went after the media and said, hey, you know, you guys need to let's go. You need to use the same kind of energy now that I'm innocent. And he's using the same kind of energy with this Marriott thing. His lawyer is pissed. And guess what? If they want the video out that badly, what does that tell you on the Michael Irving side? If it's a bad video, I don't think they would be clamoring for the video. And so then Marriott, this looks, this is terrible on your part. I get it. You're being sued for $100 million. But I'm not sure. Did you just listen to the wrong person? Because that's the impression I get now. She's lying. Marriott's lying. They're trying to cover it up. They're getting sued for $100 million. Looks like they're going to lose this case because you want to hide the video. If you're guilty, you want to play that video everywhere. You want everyone to see this. You want to see, you want to show that Michael Irving was disgusting and disrespectful and all that stuff. But if you just continue to dodge and not, you know, it's like those people that plead the fifth and they run and hide and they try to dodge everything. Why? Because they know they're guilty. When you're innocent, you will fight it and you will show it that you're innocent and you want the proof to come out. And that's what Michael Irvin and his, and his aging continue to say, this man's career is on the line here. He lost out on working the Super Bowl week. He was embarrassed and sent home. He should be super pissed off at that woman at Marriott and this entire mess. And I hope he gets every penny of that $100 million. So I don't know what the hell is going on, Marriott, but it seems like you got something to hide. It seems like your employee was wrong. That is the perception that you're putting out there. That's the look that's out there right now, a guilty look. I mean, it's pretty disgusting, dude. You know, let's settle this. You accused a man of, of, of misconduct, right? Well, then release the video, bro. Prove that he that he he showed misconduct. That's it. He's been charged with misconduct. He wants people to see the video. He says it was a 45-second interaction. My God, how bad could have 45 seconds been? What what did he? call her all kinds of names did he hand her a tampax what happened 
Here, here's from Tiger. Did he do that? I don't know. What what happened? We we need to see what happened. You you can't accuse somebody. You can't put their career in jeopardy. And then all of a sudden, you're not willing to actually show the evidence. You ma- you made the accusations, right? You put the man's life upside down. Now he's got a whole bunch of you know crap going on. And you you don't want to fight it? You don't want to prove it? Because he's dying to prove it. All the energy coming from Michael Irving and his lawyer is the kind of energy that says you're innocent. All the lack of energy from Marriott is you're trying to protect something that... And by the way, why would you want to protect this if you're Marriott? Why? Because only the $100 Because of the lawsuit? Because you're protecting an employee that's lying, possibly? That's not a good look either. So, anyway. Uh, The Killers will be at Sunfest. Yeah, I saw that. But not a great lineup, man. I saw the, uh, the lineup at Sunfest. I'll give it to you right now. My buddy just sent it to me. Thank you, Greep. As always, you're the best. Uh, Killers, Jack Johnson, and the Chainsmokers. That's good. Right there, that's good, okay? I like the Chainsmokers. Jack Johnson's pretty good. Then it's a boogie with the hoodie. 311's all right. All-time low, dropkick Murphys, and eh. Flow Rider, okay. I like that. Ziggy Marley, eh, roll one up. Um, I mean, Ziggy Marley for me is like, you know, like, eh, reggae. You know what I'm saying? No Peter Tosh, or we're not talking like you know, elite reggae, but you know, whatever. Ziggy Marley, and then ALO, Annabelle Englund, ARDN, Charlotte Sands, uh, Fed the God, Gatlin, the Hip Abduction, Layla, Surfer Girl, whatever, um, and a whole bunch of uh, other smaller bands, you know. I, I mean, I would go just to see the chain smokers, Jack Johnson, and Killers, and then leave. So at least you'll get that, t- but the rest of it, eh. uh, it's like I'm I'm not really going. I'm not killing myself to go early to that show, to be quite honest. Uh, by the way, any of you that like the Ocean Blue, they are coming November 10th. I already got my tickets. I'm taking the wife to uh, Club Space, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, oh, live, unplugged at the Parker, April 7th. That's not bad. There you go. Live unplugged. That's pretty good. And uh, they're doing a celebrity David Bowie live in concert tour this year. Adrian Ballou is in it. Peter Murphy, I would imagine, is singing a lot of... You think about Peter Murphy's voice, for those of you that don't know Peter Murphy's solo or Ballhouse... Uh, you could th- Peter Murphy could probably do some, you know, the Bowie sound. You think about it. If you if you know Peter Murphy's voice, that's kind of pretty cool. Um, uh, Scroti, uh, Royston, um, what is this? Lagdon, and who else? And and oh, and uh, Eric uh, Shermeron. Those are the guys that um, that are going to play the. Uh, play david bowie but i mean blue murphy that's that's pretty cool man 
Uh, so if you are into David Bowie, I think this might be actually a pretty a pretty trippy um, uh, show that, you know, if you've never, I saw David Bowie live, but if you never saw David Bowie live, this might be a pretty cool thing to check out, you know? All right, what else do we have? Uh, Terry Lynch, you're out of here. Bye, Felicia. I guess that's for this uh, schmuck Dino that we uh, got rid of. Okay. Uh, LOL, some mighty diamonds or the wailing souls. Ah, there you go. Love some mighty diamonds or the wailing souls. Okay. I'd, I'd rather, uh, what's, uh, I'd rather hear uh, Revolution than Ziggy Marley. Revolution is pretty good, actually. Ziggy Marley's like, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're just kind of riding on the old man's name and all that or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's all right. It's nothing out of this world, you know, but whatever. Uh, so tickets to UFC 287 presale are on sale now for Section 300 area, and it costs $400. Shaking my head. Yeah, man. Yeah. Going, going to events now is, it's, I mean expensive it's crazy and wrestling wrestling is making they're printing money dude you know i don't know if he'll get nine billion but he's going to get a lot that that's that that sport event uh whatever you want to call it all aspects of of that product sell ask sean he knows more than i do about this but just from following it the way i do a little bit it's a cash cow dude in every way shape and form so yeah there's 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 a lot of you out there sean's numbers on his download numbers for his wrestling show are excellent and he knows his shit too that's the good thing he can just my favorite part is he loves it you can tell he loves it that's why I always egg him on and support the hell out of him and want him to, you know, to do it and and grow it, man, because you can tell he loves it. And I think people that are whatever, a wrestling fan or a gamer or a Dolphins fan or whatever, you want you want to listen to people that are passionate about what you talk about. Right. And I think a lot of Dolphin fans that listen to our show, they know that I'm super passionate about the Dolphins, you know, so that's why they listen. That's why they follow. They're going to get insight and they're going to get breaking news at times, but they're also going to get a lot of passion for the same thing that they have. And I think if you're a wrestling fan, brother, you see his face light up when he talks about it. You can tell that he loves this shit. And so that's, uh, I, I, I love seeing him do that, that show and, and I want it to have a crap ton of success. Really do. Uh, let's see, Big O, your wrestling knowledge is so underrated. <laughs> you, you know I have no wrestling knowledge. He has wrestling knowledge, not me. Sean has wrestling knowledge. He knows at the ins and outs and storylines and all that kind of stuff behind all of that. I just like to have a little fun with it. Oh, when Tua gets injured again next year, are you going to be done with him once and for all? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I don't play the hypothetical game, Troy. By now, you should know that. You know? 
I don't know what we're talking about. Anybody can get injured, but what are we talking about? What kind of injuries? And then we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there and we'll find out. But it's uh it's uh part of the game injuries. A lot of people miss. The question is how much do you miss and what kind of injuries are we talking about? That's that's the question and we'll cross that bridge when it gets there. Again, not in the hypotheticals. So, let's uh let's wait till it actually happens. When sports and business collide, we like doing something called the KSDTCPA Sports Business Report. Major League Soccer making a little bit more money as they try to grow that sport. MLS and sportswear giant Adidas have renewed their contract, their multi-year extension. Their partnership was set to expire this coming year. So now they will kick off uh, their 28th season. And the deal goes through 2030. And it'll be worth $830 million, which represents Adidas' largest investment ever in soccer. Their current contract is set to expire, like I said, this year. And it was around $700 million, their last deal. Under terms of the new agreement, Adidas will continue to supply the league with branded apparel, footwear, training gear, and official match ball. We have sponsored sponsorship revenue of nearly a billion dollars over a period of time. Lots of ticket revenues, lots of local sponsorships, getting the largest companies in the world to give us the first global digital partner. Every game on a device, MLS Commissioner Don Garber told CNBC Squawk, Squawk Box Wednesday. So that's the pitch deck. And obviously, when you got partnerships like this, it takes it to another level. The German sportswear giant will also work with the MLS on various initiatives and financial investments to grow the sport and business on and off the field ahead of the 2026 World Cup, which is being held in North America. So there you go. And the MLS also announced that it has expanded the playoffs to nine teams in each conference. Uh, eight will play nine in a one playoff game, kind of like what they do with baseball. So they stole the page off of that to then earn that eighth seed. And then once who you earn that eighth seed, number one will play number eight, two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five. I'm not a fan of this at all. I believe the top two teams should have a week off, actually. I'm not a fan of this at all. I would rather have three play eight, four play seven, five play six and then you re then you 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 uh recalibrate right whoever advances and then the one seed will play the lowest seed that advanced and the two seed will play the second lowest seed that advanced and then and so on and so forth and you break the rest down i would do that after you've played an entire season of 34 games i believe it is right um you're not gonna be rewarded with a with an extra week off yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I, I think that's a cheesy, cheesy thing that the MLS is doing. Uh, by the way, February 25th, so we're right around the corner next week, right? No, this week, I'm sorry. Actually, this this weekend, uh, Inter-Miami will host Montreal at 730. 
And then March 4th, that's the day we come back from the Combine. Uh, we come back right around that time at 7, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night, I think is when we come back. Inter will host Philadelphia. So Inter will get two home games to open up their season. And we'll get a good measuring stick because we know Philadelphia is really good. Montreal, don't know yet. I haven't seen enough. I, I don't know enough of the MLS and follow the offseason enough and the changes to actually know. I'll start figuring it out as the season goes on and I watch games. I did get the package on Apple. So I am going to, I mean, I'm an Apple TV guy as it is. So I got a discount and uh, I, I want to watch Inter anyways. I love Inter and I want them to win. I want them to do really, really well, uh, no matter what. Uh, I wish the Moss brothers all, all the good luck in the world. They deserve it. Um, they're working hard and trying to build a, a, a proper soccer team here. So I just think they're good owners, you know. And like everybody, you all live and learn as you grow, and I think that's what they're doing. And eventually this is going to be a nightmare for the Marlins. Yeah, that's what that's, that's what Mo, the Moss brothers are going to do to baseball. Is I mean, baseball is kind of – the Marlins have already buried themselves, unfortunately, but these guys will – in the summer, you will only think about going to an inter game, not a baseball game, because they will win and Miami won't. That is your KSDTCPA Sports Business Report. This podcast replay is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Check out the retail store in Miami Gardens at 5150 Northwest 167th Street. Plenty of cigar gear and a relaxing lounge. This is the Perdomo way. Why? 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 Why and why do you do this to yourselves? I don't understand this. I saw this yesterday, and I'm sitting there going, look, man, I want them to win. I want them to win a World Series every single year. And I'm talking about my beloved Miami Marlins. Okay, and I'll watch the games. Lori is gone. I've watched all the games under, under Jeter and, and Sherman. I don't mind watching Marlins baseball. I know it's not very good. I know they lose a lot. I know they're not going anywhere, but look, I get when the players and I get when jazz and all these guys are talking about, we want to win. All, they should think that way. What pissed me off was Bruce Sherman. Bruce, you look like a really nice guy. I don't know you personally, my man, but you can't come out and talk about the playoffs. You don't have a playoff team. I know what playoff teams look like in baseball. You're not a playoff team. And you know what? Sean, you can save this video and use it against me at the end of the season if they're in the playoffs. But you have not spent enough money. You, you don't have enough bats still to be a playoff team. I don't know if your rotation is deep enough. I don't know if your bullpen is the right bullpen for it. I just don't believe you have nearly enough to even be a 500 team. I think you'll struggle to even get to 500. I think you'll struggle to be 10 games under 500. Why do you do this to yourselves? And then all the media is going to do is use those comments midway through the season if you're struggling, leading up to the trading deadline if you're struggling, and then at the end of the season when you wrap it all up. Oh, but Bruce Sherman was talking about the playoffs, and I expect to be, we'll go to the playoffs and win it all. And it's like, Bruce, why do you say that? It's not logical. There's no logic behind anything you're saying. 
It's like listening to some guy with orange hair say, I won a, an election when, no, you didn't. You got your ass kicked. You lose all elections, you fool. And you run against the, and the difference with the Marlins, the Marlins lose against good teams. The man with orange hair lost against terrible opponents. Absolutely brutal opponents. This is what we're talking about, Sherman? Like, come on, dude. Why are you doing that? Just say you're excited. You're excited about the new guys. You're excited about the trades we made. I'm excited to see Sandy again. Can't wait to see Jazz's energy, all of that. Sell the players. Don't sell false hope because people are stupid enough to believe that you are a playoff team. Because we're in that part, that part where spring is eternal and everybody has a chance and all that BS that we sell each other, and it's not true. Everybody doesn't have a chance. Most teams are out of it already in baseball. More than half the league doesn't have a chance of making the playoffs or doing anything. Let's be serious, including my beloved Miami Marlins. I don't mind the players. They can be full of themselves. They're supposed to be. They're supposed to be cocky. They're supposed to be overconfident. They're supposed to be delusional. That's what athletes are supposed to do. They're supposed to try to prove you wrong. That, that's what you love about athletes. But the owner, you got to do better, bro. You're the guy that doesn't open up your wallet. You don't have enough money to go buy people. You had to go trade for people, which is not bad. It's a good thing. I'm not saying you made some good moves, actually. I like the second baseman that you got. The, the kid from uh, the Twins. I like him. I'm not saying that they were bad moves. I'm just saying you don't have enough. You still don't have enough. And Sandy will go into games that he, you will struggle to put up enough runs around him. But to go out there and just tell people what you're really not, and, and and a lot of people, they're not smart enough and they'll believe it and they're not and they're lazy and they don't follow, but it's not a fair statement to make. It's not a realistic statement to make. And it's kind of insulting my intelligence because I know you didn't spend enough. I know your team's not good enough. Why are you insulting me telling me that your team's good enough to make the playoffs? You're going to be mad at the players that you did not provide enough for them to win? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's the Skip Schumacher edition. We're going to do that again? Oh, I like this manager. Yeah, no, he's going to... doesn't matter. He might be a good manager. You can only do so much if you don't have the talent. Does Skip Schumacher look likable? Yeah. Does he have enough to win? No. I saw that yesterday, and I said, wow, that is incredibly irresponsible from the owner to do that. Really irresponsible to just flat out lie to yourself, because if you believe that shit, wow. I know I'm not believing it. I didn't believe it for one second. I was like, oh, no, you, you, you didn't say that. Did you just say you expect to be a playoff team? We're in it to, to win it all. You're not going to have a winning record. You're not getting into the playoffs. You're not winning anything. 
you're going to struggle to get 10 games under 500. Okay? You're going to struggle to get there. If you get to five games under 500, you've had one hell of a season. But will you spend is the question. Uh, or, yeah, Sherman is, yeah, he he's not a super deep pocket. He's not, he's, he doesn't have Mickey's money and he doesn't have, um, he certainly doesn't have the balls or the money of, of Steven Ross. You know, we can pick on Steven Ross for not getting it right. We can never pick on Steven Ross for writing the check. The guy is great at that. That's the, that's the only exceptional. He looks like a nice man also, by the way, he does look like a good person. Uh, I think, I don't know him from Adam, but he does look like a good person. Um, but he has been a mediocre owner because he just hasn't put the right people together. And I think he has it now. I think they're getting a lot closer. Finally, front office and coaching. I, I, I like what they've got going on. Uh, so this is the first time I think he's gotten close to right now, finally. But um, he'll spend. And Bruce Sherman has not proven that he'll spend. You know, uh, I know that Mickey is frugal for a billionaire. But at least when he did have the opportunity to go out for Shaq or whoever in the big three and all, he did spend then. So he's willing to spend when it's really obvious that you got to go out there and spend. He won't just spend to spend to try to win like Stephen Ross will, like Sifu and, uh, and Viola. Viola is, man, he's a badass. He's an absolute total badass. Him and Sifu are as committed to winning as it gets. Again. They've got to get the right combination. They have failed to get the right combination as an ownership group. They have kind of uh, pulled the Stephen Ross in a way. Uh, I get it, but I love their passion. And it's not a lot. I'll never say what I say about Mickey. I'll never say about Sifu and Viola. I'll never say that they're frugal. I'll never say that about Stephen Ross. I'll never say he's frugal. No. But yeah, unfortunately, Sherman is one of those billionaires that is not the kind that, you know, you really want owning your teams. You you want people that own teams and they are a toy. They are a fantasy team that they they are willing to spend whatever it takes because they're so rich that they're willing to break even or even lose a little money. Because I know in the NFL and the NBA, I know you're making money hand over fist. Please give me a break. Nobody's going broke in those leagues. So, Big O, is there any other YouTube channel you watch that has to do with the Finns? Uh, Doug, that's about it. I, I don't really watch uh, a lot of stuff out there, um, to be honest. Doug's the only one that I watch, I think. Let me see. Oh, no. Um, uh, I watch my boys Locked on Fins. Okay? They do an excellent job. Yes. Oh, no, and Travis Wingfield. I'm sorry. Sorry, Travis. Apologize, bro. I always watch Travis. Travis and Locked on Fins. Those are the only, and Doug. That's it. That's for sure. That's it. That's all I watch. I don't watch anything else. Yeah. I don't have time to watch anything else. I'll, I'll keep up with everything else on my own. I don't. 
I don't need help really from a lot of people to keep up with the Dolphins, bro. You know, it's I've been following and covering the Dolphins longer than all of those people. Most everybody that's going to Dolphins camp, I've been around the Dolphins longer than almost everybody there. I think Poopart's the only guy that that beats me. That's it. I've been around and covering the Dolphins longer than everybody else that's in that in that room that goes there all the time now. Okay. Salguero doesn't go there all the time anymore. So he's, you know, kind of very, you know, he's covering the league more than anything else. Um, but Salguero, if he was there, then obviously he would be the other one that would, that, that has it on me, but he's not there anymore. Like on an everyday basis. Cause hell, I go, whenever I go, I never see him there ever. I went there a whole bunch of times this year, never saw him once. So I know he's not around the team at all. Uh, pretty much. He's probably going to a couple of press conferences a year or something like that. Um, but I think it would only be Poopart, the only guy that has more tenure than I do being and covering the Dolphins. Oh, and Andy Cohen, Dolphin Digest, of course. You know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I shouldn't say that. Um, I'll watch Perk on the Sun Sentinel. That's true. I will watch Perk. I, I used to watch Omar all the time. X's and Omar and um and Fusaro does a really good job. I like him. Um I don't know if there's any other ones locally on the paper. No, I think that's it. I don't think I watch the Sentinel. I don't think they do one. And Joe Shad, I don't think they're doing one on the Palm Beach Post. No, I don't think so. So yeah, that's about it. That's about it. I would watch those kind of guys. Yeah. Um, Chad goes, Big O has been covering the Dolphins my entire lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've been covering it uh, for a lifetime of many people. Because <laughs> if you're 33 or younger, yeah. Yeah, we're we're about tied right now. Your life and my beat, which is nuts, you know. So never trust a guy in an Expos hat. There you go. <laughs> Doug's channel is very good. He has trouble with his words a lot, but his videos are a perfect. Um, he does an excellent job. I love Doug. Um, Inter Miami has already taken over a lot of South Florida sports fans away from the Marlins. Well, I mean, the Marlins have no fans. They have, you know, a couple thousand people that show up to games. They really don't have a fan base. It's a really small fan base that they're just seam heads that, you know, they love the sport. So they're going to go no matter what. Uh, let's see. There's a guy who has predicted the World Series winners the last 10 years. He has the Marlins winning it in 2027. Um, well, we'll see with that. They're going to have to add a lot from now till then, Frankie. So they're going to keep all their guys that they develop, something that they normally don't do. And they're going to add some guys by 2027. We shall see. I, I have a hard one with that. I have a hard time believing that one. I haven't seen him spend yet. So, and in baseball, if you're not, and look, I know he can't spend like the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Cubs and the, I'm not asking you to do that, bro, but you need to be middle of the pack. You know, you got to be middle of the pack or a little higher. And, and see the thing that I disagree with people about South Florida is you got to earn people coming to your building. We don't just show up for you. 
So you have to entertain. You have to win. You have to give us a reason to go. It's South Florida. I'm sorry. Let me say this ahead of time. I apologize. This isn't Orlando. This isn't Tampa. Okay? This isn't Green Bay. You got me? All right? This isn't Sacramento. You understand what I'm saying? This isn't some city somewhere where there really isn't a ton of things to do. No, man, this is South Florida. There's a reason why we are one of the top tourist attractions in the world. Not United States, the world. The world comes here to relax, to gamble, to eat, to shop, to go to shows, to do, to hang out, to go to the beach, to go, you know, boating, to go whatever it is you do, fishing. Fishing is enormous. Whatever it is, we are one of the top places in the world. So your entertainment dollar competes against a lot of stuff in South Florida. They can go out to the swamps. They can go to the beaches. They can go to the Keys. They can go to Las Olas. They can go to Worth Avenue. They can go to malls. They can go to great restaurants from Palm Beaches all the way down to the Keys. They can stay at magnificent hotels up and down the coast. You know, they... They we have options for people here to do whatever they want. That's why people are buying homes, off-season homes in South Florida. They don't buy them in Milwaukee. They don't buy them in New Orleans. Okay? And what are you doing in New Orleans? You get drunk on Bourbon Street and it's over. And there's nothing else to do. So when you own a team in South Florida, you have to understand we're not a normal place. Okay? This isn't nothing against Charlotte, but Charlotte ain't got shit on South Florida. Charlotte's a nice town. I've been there. Wouldn't even mind living in Charlotte. But you're not going to compare Charlotte to South Florida. No way in hell. And I can, I can go and talk about many other cities across the country that they don't have that problem. So when you open a business here in South Florida that's entertainment, okay, and I don't, I don't care if you're doing go-karts, I don't care if you're doing mini-golf, I don't care if you've got a professional team, I don't care if you've got a restaurant, I don't care if you've got a skating center, I don't care what the hell it is you own a club, you name it, it better stand out. And you better take it to the next level because you've got competition. You're not the only restaurant in town. You're not the only team in town. You're not the only club in town. You're not the only beach in town. You're not the only uh, fishing expedition that's available. There's 80 companies, 150 companies, whatever, that will take you out fishing. You know? You're not going to Charlotte and then driving around the intercoastal so you can see million-dollar homes. Hey, this is Gloria Stefan's, and that's Shaq, and that's this guy, and that's this woman. and that They're not doing that. They might do it in L.A., and they're not doing it anywhere else. Okay? You know what I'm saying? This is a completely different monster. 
And Bruce Sherman bought a team that he doesn't understand that. Why the hell do you think the Moss brothers and this messy ass story continues to fester? Because I, you know, I'm like, this will never happen after the World Cup. No way. This guy's going to get European money. He'll stay. Well, guess what? It's still alive. He doesn't have a deal. Maybe he doesn't want to go to the Saudis because it's kind of bad PR. So maybe he is coming to the MLS. But the Moss brothers know, brother, if we're going to have a home run here, we need to bring home run talent. And if we bring Messi, <laughs> we can raise prices. We can sell our suites through the roof. They will all sell. Guess why? Messi. So Bruce Sherman, you're competing against the team in the summer that wants to get messy. Which, by the way, will make your situation really messy. Wake the hell up, dude. This is South Florida. This isn't some schmuck town that has nothing to do. And it's got two events and, and you know, a couple of uh, uh, amusement parks. And, yeah, we, we live off of that. No, bro. No. No, 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 no. The world comes to South Florida. The world comes to party. The world comes to visit. The world comes to play. The world comes to live in South Florida. People all over the United States and the world that have money have homes here. They don't do that in every other city in the United States. There are very few places. If people are buying something somewhere, they're using it as an Airbnb. Okay? Now, these are people that buy homes here to live here part-time. That's the kind of place we are. That's the kind of place that is envied by most of the country. And that's why... They show the, uh, show it on TV and all that, and everybody brags about while they're freezing their asses off, they're mother effing you because you're showing them you're hanging out on the beach in a T-shirt, and they're in seven foot of snow. Those are the facts, man. So you want to build a baseball team here? Oh, my brother, <laughs> you, you need you need to go out and get Devon White and Darren Dalton and Gary Sheffield and Kevin Brown. And, you know, it, that's what you got to do. And then you'll have millions in your ballpark. And if you win, then you have the chance to build. And then the, the millions will come back. But if you crap on us, like you've crapped on us for 20 years, guess what we're going to tell you? Brother, go play in 995. Get lost. Get out of my face. I'm not going to go see your baseball team that has no stars. I'm going to go see Inter-Miami that has the star in the world named Messi. So that's the thing. You got one summer team that's trying to hit a grand slam. And then you got the other one that's still learning how to bunt. <laughs> not going to get away with it, man. So when Bruce Sherman did that yesterday, I was like, brother, what is wrong with you? Why are you doing this? Taylor Luan released. Did he get another fight or was he injured? Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, uh, love listening to you and Mandich back in the day, late 80s, early 90s. Well, not late 80s for me, early 90s for me. Mandich, late 80s. I started in the early, early 90s. 91 was my first year. Uh, are the Rays going to split time in Montreal? Oh, I don't know. 
what's going to happen with the Rays. Another another team that does a great job baseball wise, but they don't put enough money in, so they don't get over the hump all the time. They never get over the hump, unfortunately. If they actually spent money with their baseball people, that would be the combination. And now they want to build this whole new baseball facility and stadium and everything. And and it's like, well, wait a minute, why would you build it for a team that doesn't spend money? There's no guarantee they're going to spend money. That's why I'm never leaving. Oh, born and raised down here. I get it. I never want to leave. Even as a lifetime, uh, even as a lifetime of misery of Dolphin fans, this past year was the most exciting of my lifetime. It's going to get better, man. The, I I hope the kid, you know, figures out that he's got to get rid of the ball quickly, and they'll be all right, man. Big O, that's not normal Marlins style. We normally spend money, build a team, then trade or release everyone the next year. I know it's it's uh. It's ridiculous. Marlins is an overpriced art gallery. Shaking my head. Bring back the OB. <laughs> well, that's you know that's ridiculous. That's that that you you got to turn the page and move on, bro. There's no more OB. It's over. You know, it's like uh, the 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 person that wants to sit there and complain about two, and it's like, bro, stop being an idiot. The guy's the quarterback. Shut up already. You go wait till the end of next year so you can complain and all that. But complaining now, like, oh, trade this, trade that, cut them that. They're not going to do that. It's just to complain, to complain. The OB is gone. Move on. Okay. What we need is an owner that actually gives a shit about really winning in baseball. Although Inter Miami must like this because it's like, okay, we never have to worry about them and we're not competing with football and we're not competing with basketball. We're in a completely different season. We, well, although the beginning of your season kind of competes with uh, basketball a little bit, but it's only one day a week, basically, so it's not really that big a deal, you know? The stadium is quite is is actually quite uh, pretty and uh, and a place to watch a great place to watch a game. Sadly, the product is yeah, it's Kaka. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It is a it is a hell of a stadium. I love Marlin Stadium. They did a great job with the stadium. It's just ownership never does a great job of getting it done. That's the problem. Uh, let's see. What else do I have to talk about? No, that's it. I'm pretty much done. Uh, let me see. Remember, you can make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show at Cash App or Venmo. And I just want to make sure before, because Ho Yoon, by the way, thank you. I saw your donation. Uh, on during the during the um during the uh crypto show yesterday so thank you very much and by the way we we recorded a new crypto show yesterday so if you missed it you can uh check it out and uh i do have some stuff i want to talk about crypto but i'm going to probably wait till tomorrow maybe and do some stuff then anyway uh we are out of here we uh thank Ira Winderman, Kurt Heelan. If you missed the Red Recover Inside the Paint show, well, you can rewind right here and go back to check it out. Or you can also download it on our one of our audio uh, um, platforms out there. We thank Matt Verderam, Andy Behrens, and Omar Kelly. And all of those will be up on video and will be up on audio as the great Sean Stanley, who masters this program every single day, gets it done. We will see you guys tomorrow 
live from Hialeah Park, baby. We'll have some fun over at Hialeah Park. You all be good out there. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place, same bat channel. Have a great one.